Welcome, fake nerds. It's Halloween season 2022, and we're here to get Wiggity Wiggity Wendell wet and wild in our review tonight as we dig into the latest of Henry Selick's films. I'm quite excited. I'm Sparks Witty. I'm, of course, joined by Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm here to get moist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Brandon T. McClure. <laughs> we're off to a good start. And, of course, Ben Magnet. I am bewildered, and well, I am a little afraid. Good. Good. I have a lot. Happy Halloween weekend. We have a lot to dig into because we were gone for two weeks and uh, a, a whole lot of news happened. But good news. You know what? Is it all good news? The Witcher changed? No, I mean. DC's heads changed? I mean, it's good news to digest and talk over. I was, I was about to say, most of, the, most of the news happened this week. And honestly, I think it's actually going to generate some pretty good discussions. I think the audience is in for a good show. So let's get into it. As someone Uh, pops open a cold one. Happy to be back. It's been a couple of weeks. We're back, gentlemen. Been such a cold one. It's ginger ale for my tongue. Zero sugar Canada dry. (laughs) But is it cold? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. It's a cold one. Well, why don't we pop into some links in the description? Because there are a few. Really? (laughs) What? Sparks, the madman he is, has been working like an insane madman. I don't know where I was going with that. I completely derailed. Um, Basement Arcade Spooktober. We've been talking about it all months. It's here. Five episodes, correct? Four? Four. Four. Very many episodes that Sparks put up day after day after day, leading to today. Uh, They are Layers of Fear, Resident yes. Evil Village. Yes. Five Nights at Freddy VR. If you want to see Ben rage quit. Yeah. Five Nights at Freddy VR. <laughs> that was very funny. I watched I watched the Layers of Fear episode. I finished the Layers of Fear episode in its entirety today. And so I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have a lot of time. I watched the short one, the, the Five Nights at Freddy VR. And Ben's like, I don't want to play anymore. I did not. VR, VR is like just I, another level. I really love the shot that we have the capture of, of Ben in real life and the game for that yeah. one. And you see uh, the shot where something is walking outside the door and it takes Ben a moment to realize that you see the panic set in. Yeah, that's great. Um, Honestly, and- I think one of the best shots of that is just Emma looking up at me like, what the F is he doing? Yeah. And the one that dropped today, Slender, The Awakening. Uh, okay. The Arrival. The Arrival. The Arrival. Uh, Sorry, thank you. By, by the way, Screw you for making me play that game because on my because dr- the next day after we recorded that episode, the very next day, Fanny and I went to ha- Universal for Horror Nights. And as I'm driving up the 57 freeway to turn on the 210, guess who I freaking see on the goddamn foothills? The hey, Slenderman. 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 Was he next to the anti monitor? <laughs> he is. He is up on a hill. He is up on a hill. I'll tell you, Ben. If I knew Slender would have effed you up that hard, we would have played that for year one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, year one that was a good one i'm really I, I i'm looking forward to you getting to it brandon because slender the arrival is i think actually scary. our best of the season yeah. um uh and our best in a while i think honestly since outlast yeah um Real for scary. scaring ben uh yeah. really enjoyed it definitely gonna make him do it again yeah it definitely did not help that fanny was next to me as well because there are mm-hmm. parts where the two of you were yelling at me and then she was yelling at me and then yeah. i was freezing up yeah. And I actually had to turn to Fanny to tell her to shush so I could listen to you two. And then that, 
that's it, honestly it, part that's honestly part of the phenomenon of slender is the that it became such a like that became a game that people all sat around watch one person play and all shouted big stream and game, had yeah. big reactions as they were playing it i remember those days like yeah. that that that's that's a big part of the stress of the game is everybody else weighing in i remember playing five nights at freddy's last year i believe we ben was playing five nights at freddy's the first game and uh the, the three of us the four of us all on the couch just yelling close the door, close the door, close the door. yeah fanny too all five of you were screaming at me telling me to actually no four of you were yelling at me to, to close the door and i couldn't hit the button fast enough when that stupid fox was running down the hallway that was very yeah, fun. I'm excited yeah. to watch. I've, so far, I've only seen the two. The Layers of Fear one um, was 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 really fun to watch, Ben. He was really stressed, but I kind of figured out the game mechanics for, after a while. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. This is actually kind of kind of chill watching Ben just freak out about every painting flying across the wall. Yeah. 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 Um, Brandon, if you liked the Five Nights at Freddy's one, you're going to love the Slender one. Well, I can't wait to watch it. I'm sorry I wasn't you're, there. You're, you're just going to love. You're gonna sit there. You're gonna. It's like every time freaking Slender shows up, you're just gonna. I can hear you laughing now, essentially. And just I love. My, just at my reactions. The best thing about it is like this game is almost ten years old at this point. So like, when you see what a Slenderman like on the hill, it's just like a black JPEG of a dude like this. <laughs> but because of like where it is and positioning and the lighting, like it's really spooky. But like when you really look at him, it's just like a blob. I'm like, man, video games are great. I love it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Sparks, shout out to Sparks for, for putting those episodes up, uh, and the quick succession that he did, um, highly recommend watching all of those if you want good, if you want good spooky watching on your Halloween eves yeah. or your Halloween days. They are there. <clears throat> um, there's more though. There's more stuff that, that were, that were done, such as a review special for Black Adam. We were not here last week, so instead... Uh, you guys did a review special for Black Adam. I did not get to the theater in time to do it. Um, uh, so what, do you want to talk a little bit about that, or that's there. the review? It's, the review special's there. For it's our there. Baby. It speaks for itself. Does Ben Ben came out swinging? Oh yeah! If you want to know how Ben feels, just watch the first thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, ben, ben nails it at the opening real hard. That that is a video and audio uh, in the description that you can find. So check that out, of course. Um, then there's a couple of Fickner's watches for, uh, there's one for Andor five through six. I'm actually on that one. <laughs> um, Fickner's watch for Andor, uh, is that great show? Four Love that six. show. Sorry. Four through six. Four through six. You're right. It's there in my notes. I read that wrong. I missed, I missed out cause I'm catching up. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. No, it's for real. It um, was very fun. Uh, putting the photo together for that one. <laughs> like, I, I, I think this is episode five. I think they're this all, they're all in my episode. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Lord of the Rings, Fickner's Watch for five through eight. Yeah, that was also uh, 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 Sans Brandon, sadly. Um, but we we got it out. We had a lot of thoughts. I'm excited about that show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need yeah. to. I still need to catch up. I haven't yet. Um, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the Basement Arcade Pause Menu Quarterly for the third quarter dropped. Uh, audio and video once again in the link below do you guys want to say anything about that uh 
I think this is getting getting much closer to the kind of quarterly show we wanted to do. I think we were much more like diving into the discussions that we wanted to have. It helped a lot that we we talk uh, at length about Cult of the Lamb because all three of us played it in that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just having something like that has been really nice for us. So yeah. I'm, I'm very pleased with the way the quarterlies are going. Yeah. So check not it out. Only, not only that, a gentleman, at, a friend of mine at work actually approached me and told me that he listened to the quarterly. And first, and he's like, yeah, and I started listening, watching. I haven't got through the whole thing. And then when he finally did get through the whole thing, he comes up to me and says, yeah, you're right. Those NFT consoles are stupid. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. All of it. Preaching, preaching the good word. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I almost asked what the hell you're talking about, but then I remembered I don't care. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's there. You guys can check that out. But, uh, again, audio and video as well. Um Normally, I wouldn't put this in the description, but look, our 300th episode was very long. Yes. Uh, it was a very long episode. So that uh, that went up at this week, I believe, or last week. This it week. went up this or earlier this week. Earlier this week as its own video. Uh, so if you just want to check us out talking about the rebuild of Evangelion films, uh, that's linked below and you can find it on our channel. I uh, highly recommend that. That was a fun conversation. Yeah. It's and got, there's and the time for it. It's got the sick intro at the beginning. Ben, have you seen that intro yet? Oh, I've seen it all right. Okay. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Intro. Thanks for, to Jerry Bellucci for everything he did for that episode. For those of you who don't who, who don't want to just click play on the beginning of the video, uh, which why wouldn't you? It's right there. Uh, it's on our Instagram page. Sparks was kind enough to upload that really awesome intro uh, that he and Jeremy Bellucci created on our Instagram page, and you can check it out now. Benny forced me to pause it at Sparks's name because she could swore it said Sparkle. <laughs> sparkle yeah um cool so that's all the that's all the um yeah that's all the all the show description notes so all those links below you can check them out look there's a lot of really cool stuff in there we put all between the last time we saw us and now we put up a lot of stuff and we think it's all really good and we want you to check it out and support it and give it a like or a dislike i don't care it's all engagement no, don't dislike it. Yeah, go with a like. I'd rather you not. <laughs> notably, uh, notably, also our Halloween ends review is also up mm-hmm. as its own individual thing. That is true. Check that um, out. Ben, Ben didn't get to be part of that, unfortunately. I, I was not part of it, but I did see the movie. Did you like it, Ben? No. I figured. Oh. I honestly, God, I, damn. I was hoping it would be the opposite, but it was either going to be you love it or hate it. And ben, yeah, yeah. have you have you listened to our discussion about it? Not yet. Okay, I really want you to do that and then tell me what you think about it. It doesn't have to be on the show, but I'd love yeah. to hear what you think after you listen to us talk about okay. it. Okay. I All did right. listen to your, I did watch your uh, video on Black Adam, by the way. After I oh, watched yeah. the movie. After I watched yeah. the movie. Are you, are you kind of, kind of with us? Kind of I will get us? to it in my week. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the hierarchy. <laughs> the hierarchy has to wait. Oh. Um, so, One okay. So we're we're gonna we're gonna so so now these are kind of like personal links because there's a few personal links also that I want to highlight. Um, I'm gonna go with my, fir- my my things first, and then uh, Ben has has a few things in the description. What? My screen my screen rant work is in the description as always. Uh, there are two new articles that were published. Uh, one about Henry Selick's films on uh, ranked according to IMDb. Interesting list. Guess what the most popular movie is? Surprising to surprising no one. Um, <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, and um, uh, and Ahsoka, and, and there's an Ahsoka list that I put up uh, based on Tales of the Jedi, which I will get to in my week as well. Um, but what I really want to highlight are the ones that I'm really proud of, and I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you guys. I'm sick and tired of doing lists. I hope Screen Ant's not listening. I'm tired of lists. I want to write 
features. I want to write the things that I'm going to talk about next a lot more. I love them. I've put a lot of work into them. I'm proud of them. So first, what I want to highlight is End of the Arrowverse, which is, a, which is an article that you can read on AtomicKingdom.com, where I talk about why why it is disappointing that the Flash season nine is ending the Arrowverse and kind of what we've talked about on the show a lot, which is kind of how it just kind of fizzled out uh, after Crisis on Infinite Earths. And that's a bummer. And so that's, I go into my thoughts on that. And of course, I, li I loop in the news on, on, on all that. Anybody think Justice U is happening? Probably not. Um, so you can uh, read that. I'm really happy with that article. I worked really hard on it. A lot of research went into that. Um, there was one thing I didn't mention, right? I didn't mention the Armageddon crossover and I kind of felt like I should have, but it's already published. So, oh, well, um, then there's the, there, there's one I was working on for so long. It became so irrelevant that I had to overhaul the whole damn thing. Um, I was writing a piece called Schrodinger Superman, uh, Warner Schrodinger Superman. And I was writing a piece. I was writing that for so long because I'm, I get distracted very easily that as the weeks got closer to Black Adam, it became more and more irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So I overhauled the whole thing, and I think it's great. I don't mean to toot my own horn. horn. I'm really proud of it. Again, it's called I can, vouch, Superman. I can vouch for how great it is because I read it, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, I got to read this. I And he, yeah, it is a good piece. I'm really happy you feel that way. Uh, so it's Warner Schrodinger Superman is let out of the box, and I talk about what the like what hamada was doing with superman and talking about the two african-american superman uh, movies and shows that were in development with tana history coats and michael B. jordan and kind of how the, all that was putting fans in such a weird limbo and then of course talking about henry cavill's triumphant return as the man of steel um so that's that's in the description again i work really hard on those pieces i really like them i got one coming out tomorrow that <laughs> That is three pages. I'm gonna be honest; probably shouldn't have been three pages, but I, you, you're getting the whole unfiltered notes, baby. Um, I'm I'm happy with that one too. But that that'll talk about next week. Brandon, I will tell you, as someone who likes reading, the longer the better. Oh, I'm glad. I I'm want you glad. to die. I want the second you write a 20 page like thesis, I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna like. I'm going to like go to back to college. I'm. I want that. <laughs> I love when you write long things. Yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, this is, I'm not citing you, but like mm -hmm. maybe by comparison of, of your contemporaries, like nothing bothers me more than like wanting to read, uh, something that looks like it's an opinion piece and it's like, it's their opinion is here. And then the rest is like, this is the news that happened that led to this thing and this thing and this thing. And it's like five paragraphs of things I already know. Yeah. And this is the part of their opinion. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so so again, if you if if people could go to those go to those articles in the description below, put some eye put some eyes on them. I don't get paid for those. I want to. Those are the ones I want to do. Those are what the ones I want to get paid to do. Those are the ones I want to do for the rest of my life. And I, I really hope that you guys check those out. I'm very proud ones. of them. The fun ones. The fun ones, exactly. And of course, uh, my revisiting the Infinity Saga series is back uh, temporarily. Ooh. It's actually going to be taking another break soon. But I've got three pieces in the hole for that. The first one was number 31, and it's about the snap. Um, major moment in the MCU traumatized audiences across the globe. Um, so I talked about I talked about that. I think it's actually one of my better pieces, personally. Um, so you can check that out in the description below. And next week I'm really excited for that for that one. So wait for that. That's all me. I'm done. I'm done blustering. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Link in the description. Find those. Ben. Yo. Talk about Dan Dark. 
Yeah. So D and Dark is a uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, fifth edition inspired podcast, but instead of your regular fantasy characters, we are instead playing famous Universal movie monsters. I myself am playing Frankenstein's monster, uh, Grayson, friend of the show. He is playing the Invisible Man. We have um, uh, Jordan, who's playing Larry Talbot, the Wolfman. And also we have Dan and Aaron playing the Inmotep, the Mummy, and Phantom of the Opera, respectively. And it's really, really, it's a really fun podcast. I've been abs- having an absolute blast uh, playing D&D and recording this with these guys. And it's just a whole lot of fun. So if you like spooky monster shit with a bunch of funny antics thrown in there, you're going to love it. So the first two episodes are linked below. Episode one and episode two are down in the description. Uh, they dropped uh, the first episode dropped last week, uh, the week before, and then so now this one. Um, you've been working on this for a while because we've noticed that you were playing D and D a lot with this group, and we had no yeah. idea that you were recording it. Yeah, we start. Yeah, because when Grayson approached, because Grayson was the one who approached me about this. Great mm-hmm. when I would record uh, stuff with Grayson for his YouTube channel, which by the way, more stuff uh, on that is coming out eventually. Um, we were, he, he mentioned about how badly he wanted to play in D and D. I tell, I lament to him how badly I wanted to play D and D, but there's only a certain time of the week where we could play. And then he told me about this campaign that a friend of his is doing. And then it's like, oh yeah, we're also going to try and turn it into the podcast. And I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. I'm because honestly, the second he said podcast, it just went over my head. Cause I just want to play Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, yeah. I just want to get some dice and roll and play and have a good time. And the fact that people are enjoying this, like when Brandon, you texted me and said you really were having a good time with it, I, that just made yeah. me super happy. I, I, I look, I, I don't mean, I don't, I, I don't mean to, to, to hype you up more, but like I was driving on the road down uh, from Monterey and I was going to listen to it anyway. So I just figured that was a good time to listen to it on this long road. I, I really enjoyed the first episode. I, I, I listened to the whole thing. I, ca- I wanted to call you after and be like, hey, man, I really <laughs> like that. Now, Which- admittedly, I have never heard it. The, I had never heard of the indie podcast. I have never had even a passing interest in D and D. So, like, take that as you will. I really enjoyed the show. I am. Oh, yeah. I really hope you would like the second episode too. I did listen to the second episode. I also enjoyed. It. Yay! Uh, but you can find those episodes linked below. Yeah. So yeah, new episodes are coming out. Uh, as of right now, we are dropping those on Wednesday. And if you want to know, find out more about my character as, uh, or what I did in my process into creating the, the Frank, this version of the Frankenstein monster, head over to Grayson's channel. He has a playlist of talking with a bunch of people and I'm like the first episode where I'm playing, where I'm getting my ass kicked in ghouls and ghosts or ghosts and goblins, you know, the really hard super Nintendo arcade game. And I'm just talking about Mary Frankenstein, the character I play in D and dark. I had no, I had no idea that episode was there. I'll, I'll link that in the description for the to the after party people. It's, it's totally fine, bud. But yeah, Dean Dark, I'm really excited about it. I'm really happy about it. So yay, Love cool. It. Who wants to go first of the week? Sparks, pretty much everything I did, I did with you. Okay. So you can, if you want to go, I'll bounce off. I was about to say, do I want to go? Because I think I have like the most, the most shit. Because I don't know if we've been together Good. since I came back home from Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. That was really fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Yeah. Um, you can check that my Instagram. There's like a bunch of uh, pictures there. Um, I just recently recorded an episode with Donnie G Retro of the Gamers Week podcast for Base Market Pause Menu. That episode is become be coming up eventually. So I won't talk a whole lot about Portland here. But one thing I am going to talk about really quick is um the most surprising purchase that I made. 
and it's the game I've been playing the most since I came home from Portland, and that's the Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color. Oh, okay. Normally, I don't like uh, card game video games, but this I saw this at Portland, and I've been thinking about getting it on my uh, on my 3DS because the eShop's closing soon. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'll get it physical. I started playing it. And honestly, I am upset at myself for not getting this game when it came out in the late in the early 2000s because that game is the perfect way to learn how to actually play the Pokemon trading card game. I had it. Full stop. It is. It truly tells you from start to finish how to play a game, how a turn works, and all the little nuances there. And I'm like, this is incredible. This is a great tool. And I even looked up the commercial for the game. The commercial and the advertising strip says, hey, kids, want to learn how to play Pokemon TCG? Buy the video game, learn it there, then own your, your older brother at Pokemon train card game and kick his ass. It is, it truly is a great game and honestly, one of the best train card games I've ever played. Um, and also, I'm writing a piece about it for GoNintendo.com, so woohoo, look for that in the future. But yeah. That is the most surprising one. I mean, I bought Fire Red as a serotonin buy. I also got a lot of other great games. The games I bought are on my Instagram. And yeah, besides that and other news in my week, uh, Dean Dark dropped, so woohoo, already gushed about that. I went to Universal Halloween Horror Nights this week. Blah. And it was fun. I had a good time, although I'm a little sad because I walked into the wrong line for one of the mazes. Because it was at the very middle of the night, and there was these two mazes right next to each other, Halloween and Scarecrow the Reaping. Fanny and I went to the Halloween maze because we were, it was partially, we were kind of joking. It's like, man, we really want to have like some good Halloween stuff after we were very disappointed by Halloween ends. And oh, yeah, we after, after the movie, yeah, we did not like that movie. I'm sorry, Brandon. Wait, did you, wait, did you see the movie that same day? No, we didn't. Okay, because I went to see a movie the day that you went to, to Universal I, Studios. <laughs> I know you funny. did. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, so we, we wait super long in line, and then after we get off the maze, it's like, oh, man, you know what? That's the same maze they had a few years ago. We should have gone to Scarecrow because there were some really long lines throughout the night. Even It was really busy even for a Thursday. Um, but the line that the, – the maze that I think was my favorite one, and it was really cool, especially like in the line itself, the experience in the line itself, was the weekend after hours nightmare. We got inside the park around six o'clock, so there's an early entry for us, and we went straight to the weekend, which also made this little nerd stupid happy because the line was right next to the opening of Super Nintendo World. <laughs> I got to look, I know this sounds dumb, but for me, this was awesome because I got to like look through the crates. I saw the pipe that they are gonna use to walk in, and I saw the inside of Peach's castle, and I'm just like squealing like soon let Bro, me all in to my Peach's castle. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you say <laughs> he's just over here getting moist don't worry, don't worry about oh it. my god <laughs> moist boys over here yeah moist boys. but but yeah um yeah so far super nintendo world looks great i'm just stupid excited obviously i, I bought a hat from uh, from the store every time we saw any type of merch spot i'm like i want to go look even though it's the same thing all around i don't care Maybe um, it'll be different going, this time. Ben pretends he's going for the spooks. He's really just going to scream, let me in. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's us in a few weeks when we go for our birthdays, gentlemen. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, out there like, let me in! Real quickly, um, Mag is in the chat. Oh, hey, Mag. Uh, uh, Halloween, Mag. Happy Halloween, gang. Uh, you too, Mag. Happy Halloween, my friend. 
but yeah, so the weekend one was interesting because while we were waiting to go inside the the maze, um, it was right next to the Transformers ride. But the cool thing was is that they were blasting music from the weekend. And it wasn't just like one or two songs. It was like four or five. And it was in a good loop. And there are times where it would slow down, get you fill the ambiance and get a little creepy. But there's also music videos playing up. And it was just it was just a good vibe, to be perfectly honest. Like we're wait- it was a long line. It was about a 90-minute wait for us to get into the maze. But the whole time, it's like, we're actually enjoying our time. We're, like, bobbing our heads. There's people dancing. There was a um, a Universal team member who was selling sodas. He was dancing around when he wasn't uh, selling items. Everyone was just having a good time. And even when we got inside the maze, or not the maze, but, like, before the maze, this really cool um, – it looked like an album cover with a record coming out of it. But there's a part where the music where the music would like slow down and then these creepy glowing white eyes would appear on all of the weekend's faces. So yeah, it's like, remember, you're having a good time now, but it's going to be scary as shit when you walk inside. It, and yeah, it definitely got scary. There were def- it was I was telling Fanny because at, um, at a former mazes, like music mazes, especially the Black Sabbath one, I wasn't really scared. I was too busy having fun with the music. Yeah. And then we go into the weekend one. The weekend one was like, oh, no, you're going to get scared now. There are, like, notes of the music from the album that would be playing. But at the same time, it's like, no, you're here to get scared. And it, it did its job. It did its job very well. So the weekend maze was very fun. I highly enjoyed it. Um, I liked another another maze I really enjoyed was the Universal Horror Hotel, which was um, essentially like a haunted hotel. That a bunch of people died. That was re- That was really interesting um universal creatures collide that was that was a fun one um other than that there were a few mazes i missed unfortunately due to like the long lines and it was just we were getting tired yeah we're not we're not not spring chickens anymore but all in all it was still fun i had a blast and i mean just being back this is my first time back at horror nights and actually back at universal since the pandemic Mm -hmm. since, since 2019 so just being back there it was like man i can't wait to i was like anxious as much as i was having fun for horror nights i was anxiously waiting for our birthday trip coming up and i was like man i just can't wait to go back with my friends and go on the rides and have fun again and also blow a lot of money at the super nintendo store because i made a list of course you did (laughs) yeah uh related to that did any of you see lupia nyong'o share that she was a she stood in one night as a scare actor in the us maze yeah yeah, and nobody recognized her yeah really that's funny yeah, oh. I thought that was really cool. She like released it now because it's like years later, and she's like, "Yeah, by the way, I was there." And it had like some <laughs> video clips of her in the maze doing it, and I was like, "Man, that's that's, that's so good." That's that funny. the us maze. I remember going through it. That maze messed me up. Oh yeah, yeah that us maze was scary, and I'm like, she, you know, it's fair. Like, it, it it's could have been her. Like, yeah. it could have been her. I would have never known. <laughs> You're running well, through that thing, absolutely. Because but, like, you are you are trying not to focus on her. No, that's exactly kind of like what uh hugh jackman did a few years ago or years ago at comic-con he dressed up as wolverine no one recognized him and no one recognized they just thought, him. oh look random wolverine but the thing is but the thing is like because she's got her full face you know like visible and she got right in people's faces with everything mm-hmm. you're you're just expecting scare actors you're not gonna yeah. be looking for a celebrity Wait, in that, that scenario. it's not like it's not like the rock where like you know that's the rock yeah it's like if it's dark and like if the rock if the rock stood in at the us maze i would recognize this huge hulking man yeah in an or in a red jumpsuit with scissors tiny scissors in his hands yeah Uh, Yeah. 
Speaking of, they actually did a really the Terror Tram was interesting because it was like half a original Universal story involving this Kudos the Clown character that they created, and then another part of it was um it was part it was like Nope and Us but mushed together. Okay. And the cool thing about it is that I still haven't seen Nope yet, and luckily it didn't like spoil anything. Like I knew about um. Like I knew about like the old Western uh, side attraction or whatever, thanks to the trailers. But when you walk into that area, they had people playing the characters of Nope, but they also had a bunch of people from us running around and like going at you. That's cool. There's a crossover I'd watch. The it was universe. It, it was definitely a it was definitely a crossover. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, my only mistake was I probably should have waited in line for Scarecrow the Reaping instead of Halloween, but oh well. They've had that Halloween 4 maze for a while. I'm actually really well, surprised they haven't updated it. It wasn't Halloween 4. This was Halloween 1978. Was it this one? Yeah, yeah. this year was Halloween the original. Oh, okay. Which is why I'm yeah. bummed I missed it because I haven't been through the original like, version. I don't think I have. Yeah, yeah, I where they I, have like they have the shot where he puts Annie's body on the bed with Judith Meyer's grave. No. Oh, that's cool. yeah, that's yeah, like a room you go into. I've seen a couple of images from it, and I'm like, man, that looks cool. Yeah, it will. I, that I, part I still, I still, cool. I still lament that I missed the Alien vs Predator maze some years back. That was a good maze. I had fun with that one. I I lament that I was never going to Universal Haunts when Alice Cooper was doing his mazes. Oh, I was there. That was the first year I ever went. Was when Alice Cooper did uh did his maze. Yeah. I really love, like, no joke, love the fact that we have all mentioned things that we lament not being able to do, and Ben's like, I did that! <laughs> Wait, am I the asshole for saying that? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Ben, what, what else in your week? Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I've been playing uh, Pokemon TCG quite a bit. Um, I'm just getting ready for, I have two weeks off coming up from work. I just have one more full week of work, and then I'm free for two weeks. Um expect a lot of basement arcade pause to be recorded in those two weeks and this upcoming week I expect a lot of writing stuff for me because i got some homework and your boy wants to enjoy his vacation sure hell yeah so yeah that, that, that those have been my weeks yay lovely yeah I'll, I'll piggyback off that ryan and i also went to a haunt we went to not scary farm we did i won't say a ton about it it was just nice to go back to a haunt because also had not gone back since the pandemic so yeah. i love spooky um, shit it was great yeah that was really cool we had we had some pretty good experiences mm-hmm. a lot of good uh two friends in our party were afraid of clowns and clowns became very quickly aware of it <laughs> that was good good stuff um i'll uh i'll mention this real quick just because i i kind of want to just touch on it i watched all of roots in these oh, past sure. two weeks um the the original main series this was a class assignment um not that i'm putting it down uh it was it was interesting the things that like stand out to me about so um i've always heard of roots as i've always kind of like extrapolated later slave related media to roots Mm -hmm. and thinking like roots really pushed the envelope and that's why all these things are able to do what they're able to do that's true but i was not prepared for how much apologizing for whites there was was it made by white people do you know yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's it not not like solely. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's made it like the show is generated and created by white people working in collaboration with the guy who wrote the book. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is also not 100% based in truth. Um, but the, the thing about it is that, like, even the most, not all, but most of, like, the slave masters in it will be, like, well, yeah, they're slave masters and that's bad. But I mean, like, they don't want to break up a family 
they they promise that they'll never sell off anyone in a family kind of thing. Like they're they're not the worst. They understand what the they're worst righteous. Is. We see the worst, masters. but we see the worst in glimpses. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ones that we the white characters we usually have to stick around with, they're not so bad. They're not so bad. They kind of get it. They, they own they own it. people. They own people. They own people. But they're not that bad. Yeah, it's it's really that same. Oh, God, like nowhere nowhere does that hit harder than in like the first chunk. You have Ed Asner as the captain of the ship that's been hired by the British royalty because this is before America's independence at the time um, to go and collect slaves from Africa. And he finds out that's going to be the cargo of his ship. And he's right away, like physically uncomfortable uh, with it. And he constantly is protesting to it. And, and like, you can see it weathering on his face and his soul and like some really terrible makeup that Ed <laughs> Asner's character is like, I object completely to the idea of slavery the money is good, but I object yeah. completely. This uh, this aberration will haunt me. For I'm my still gonna life. do it, and I'm like, just man, like it. no way, yeah. <laughs> like no way was there a captain of a ship who was just sitting there like writhing every single day that he was dead <laughs> on the ship at how they treated them and went, I can't believe I'm here. They looked at his, his coin purse and he's like, Shut next up. time. Roots is totally worthwhile watching. It did do it did open a lot of doors. I was just not prepared for the amount of like making whitey look good too that okay yeah that's fine um i'll talk about green room we've been gone for a while so i've had that class where i watch a movie and someone comes from the film to talk to me uh and the rest of the class not just me <laughs> that'd be weird um i see a man in a room <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> all right sparks sparks if you could please come up here everybody leave sparks can you just uh, uh, uh better uh, better yet it's a, okay you're all gonna have a turn so first on the list is sparks sparks you go first everyone else wait outside so two weeks ago was green room um we had the director and writer in and that was really nice uh for those not familiar with green room green room uh came out about 2015 2016 um with anton yelton and patrick stewart um very dark this was a big turn for patrick stewart i uh, love this movie i i love this movie too this movie i was insane. really excited when we were watching it especially because like i was filled with an audience i had never seen it yeah, yeah um and our teacher really loves it and then uh the 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 person who was coming in was the director and writer i'm like oh this is gonna be a great conversation um and it was it was really cool um, i am so jealous because that dude also directed a movie called blue ruin and all his movies are like color-based so we talked about he talked a lot about blue ruin and I'm he so jealous about, he talked about how um the guy who plays worm is the lead from blue ruin yeah and he had to like smuggle him into the film because he had cast uh like he was like we literally cast like everywhere we could uh, in all of portland like we saw 300 people and none of them were right to play worm <laughs> and he's like and if worm doesn't work the movie doesn't work so i flew in my friend and just pretended that like he was actually living in portland at the time <laughs> to, the, to the studio for the money reasons i love it um so that he could cast him it's super good um Patrick Stewart talked a little bit about having Sir Patrick Stewart in the film um that uh constantly what he had to work on is he's like he was very open to like Collab collaborating on the idea of how Real to Real quick, play if people this. don't know what Green Room is, yeah. Patrick Stewart plays a neo-Nazi. Yeah, the leader of a neo-Nazi. Yeah, it's it's the most villainous he's ever been in his life. It's um, insane. He was at a point in his life where he really wanted to do something very different, and the script had been given to him, and he kind of chased it down. Mm -hmm. It was very lucky for them because like they were they were just a little ways out from not being able to do pre-production, the movie not happening. Oh man. Um, but they needed someone to fill the the, the role that Patrick Stewart took on um he constantly had to tell patrick stewart to like play the scene quieter bring it down bring it in and he's like um 
And he's like, and he'd really get there. And I think uh, it's clearly been working because if you look at a lot of his work lately, he's adapted it to pretty much everything he's done since to be more reserved and quiet. And I thought that was a great point. He got great direction and took it for us. He also had some really, he had some really um, excellent, I really love this movie. So I'm trying to find what's useful for this podcast to talk about because I loved everything that I heard in the conversation. Um, uh, he has that director has such a specific vision of how things need to be that they could not find a location that works, so they had to build the set of that entire place. The bar is, a, is they the built whole that thing? the whole band thing and that everything was, like, was yeah. built from his design. He sketched it out and then they just made it because he had, he knew the measurements, he knew exactly what it needed to be, how it needed to look because he knew it when he wrote it, Damn. and they just created it. And he's like, that was wild for me because I never worked on a studio movie, so I didn't know they could just make it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> a small town in the middle of the right. desert. Yeah, right. Like, that's crazy because that looks like i thought those was gonna like yeah so everyone old. did like everybody was thrown they were like wait that was real Man. yeah he was like it very specifically needed to look like this it for, is in the middle of the for woods, so all the makes, pieces to good. to work um brought up some ex- excellent points uh in how he makes the film he says um he'll he'll show violence but he doesn't like um glorifying death so if you notice whenever a character dies on screen you're not seeing the character in the moment of death. You yeah. are looking somewhere else that's really important to him that you you live in the emotion of the reality of someone dying rather than uh, glorifying it for the seeing camera, the but the violence leading up to it or, or post he'll show. Um, and I thought that was just an interesting touch. And the last thing I'll touch on is uh, he had a lot of nice words to say about Anton Yelchin. Um, who was very passionate about being on the film. They, he, they both came from a punk band background, so they related a lot on that. Uh, they had come up with um, what his favorite desert band was. And uh, it's something that they shared together privately. And he says after he passed, he decided he was never going to say what it was to anyone. That's it was just going to be between the two of them. We got very emotional as he was talking about him. It was very, very sweet. Um, just he... Things you've already heard, Anton Yelchin was one of the best dudes in the industry for sure, 100%. He's like, I, I will reiterate what everybody seems to already know, that he was just the best. Yeah. Just mm. pure-heartedly the best. And he said that whole cast was, honestly. Like, the whole cast was very, very good, very supportive. He said it's, like, one of the best best times he's ever had making a movie. And um, it's, like, about the, the most miserable worst people <laughs> yes, alive. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, really like Green Room. Um uh, highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. So that was that was a thrill for me to get to watch it again and uh, under those circumstances. Last week was Malignant and we had the set decorator there. Um, and that was super cool too. Uh, I won't talk about that one as much as um, I will tell you that the set decorator made specific choices with designing the look of the house to constantly find mimicking items to put in places. Um, the most notable one that you could spot easily is uh, the scene where she's being um, told to go back into her regressed memories. If you look behind her, there are two chairs that are the exact same, but they they turn like they're, they're opposites, like they're rotated the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they parallel each other perfectly. And she specifically like sought those things out to nod to what's going on in the movie um so there's a ton of that like just tucked in to every nook and like cranny dual, dual but like thing, but yeah. that was the sec director decision not um the director wands yeah, yeah uh so that was something she was looking for in all these places because they had to fill that house because that house was a full set full two-story set basically a house because of that one shot Juan wanted to do is why they had to do it <laughs> oh yeah uh, because he wanted that one overhead shot they had to make the whole house look like a house, a good, a good shot, shot. Um, she says, James, James, 
We can't do that. Aquaman made a billion. You let me do whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. What movie did I make? Make a billion for DC? Aquaman. Also, you bitch. He can just do whatever he wants. Uh, yeah. Malign- Malignant was beautiful. Um, a lot of this, uh, Ryan and I are going to uh, tag team on. So we watched Werewolves Within. You guys might remember. Um, yes. That- yes. Uh, yeah, that's the one werewolf. with the that's the one the 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 one where then nobody knows what the who the werewolf is in the house. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, uh, technically a game adaptation, even if not a you could call it a video game adaptation, but like it's coming from a card game first. Still a game adaptation film mm-hmm. and super good. Yeah, like if you hold it up in the ranks of Clue, a plus, a plus game adaptation movie. Really funny, just really funny, terrific ensemble. Every single like character is a great character actor, and they're just having a ball. Um, it it like it presents you with a twist, and then like plays a reverse card on the twist. Um, and it it's pretty wild how it does it. Um, really, really, just an incredible cast of super quirky characters, mm-hmm. um, and very distinct. Really recommend it. Had a great time watching it. Very glad we did it. Yeah, great, great, like uh, 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 funny, spooky movie. Like not not really scary at all. Very, very fun. Good, good atmosphere. I really uh, wanted to see it. I got, I got to get on that. Highly recommend. Um, School of Good and Evil just came out on Netflix. We also watched that. Uh, really liked it. Yeah, really liked it. Thought there was a lot of cool stuff there. There's um, some really surprisingly very good humor. Um, I mean, Paul Paul Feig comes from from comedy. And then, like, he... It's just not the kind of film I no, thought no. would have those kinds of jokes. No, that's what I mean. Like, I I think he's really evolving as as the as what the type of filmmaker he wants to do. Because, like, he's he does regular comedies. He's done dramas. He did Ghostbusters 2016, which, you know, I think is a fine movie. But, like, him making bigger movies. This is a big budget ass, like, big high fantasy movie. And he has the chops to be, I think, a really great blockbuster director. Realistically, this film should have been in theaters. This should have been in theaters. It looks so... The special effects are so good. Like, it it definitely looks like a Netflix movie. It's like a two and a half hour movie. And it's long as shit. And it's full of famous people. And, like, it's so fun. And, like... That makes me really happy. Yeah, go ahead. That makes me really happy. Because I really liked A Simple simple Plan or A Simple Favor or whatever it was called that Paul Fake did a number of years back. And the movie Rules. And I really wanted to see him follow that up with another really good movie. So I'm excited. Yeah, and it's and it's again. This is like the biggest movie he's ever made, um, and and I think it I think it works mostly the entire way through. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's long and like it feels like epic, and it's part of like a young adult series. So like, if this one does well, he wants to make more of them, which I would love to see. I really love our main characters like a, a lot. I yeah. think they're I think the two leads are really great, and they have a great uh, chemistry together. Um, yeah, I I I am I am super interested if he, if he makes more of these, I'm fine. But like now that he's made a big fantasy movie, I really want Paul Feig to like push it further because i think he's got the chops to like do something he like that we didn't know he was capable of yet yeah uh because he's he's a great comedic director but like this is some like like oh man you can make like a big ass movie bro oh shit like really stepped it up like i opened my eyes to paul fag a little bit like oh i'm excited for your future bro it knows when to be goofy it knows when to be dark um i think it balances tone exceptionally well it's very well paced yeah very well for a long movie yeah for a long fantasy movie very well paced um oddly brutal at times too for yes. like being a kid like being like a harry potter-esque movie there's some serious brutality that i'm like is this pg-13 but like even if it is or isn't like like it's for kids like it's that, sometimes it's sometimes it's not to... brutality necessarily in the visual you'll see it's brutality yeah. in the concept of something yeah and you're like wow that's like nightmare fuel to an extent um it's a type of, it's a type of like like spooky kid shit where like you know like adults it's not scary for adults but like if you're a little young it might be too spooky for you. like it's it's around that range of like 
do you watch this as a young person and like it molds you that kind of like scary uh like 80s type scary that i i really liked uh the more i thought about it the more i really liked it. really really cool really colorful really well made um yeah just really really pleased with it i thought it was very good Charlize theron kills it she's yeah, so silly um Hellraiser, the new one on Hulu. Ryan and I both watched it. Oh, <laughs> it's a good, good. It's good. good it's year. very good. Good year for horror, my friends. God. Um, I think it captures a sense of despair uh, over the situation better than the original. I'm only comparing to the original. I'm not thinking of no, yeah, yeah, any sequels. Um, and uh, I think it, I think it has a pretty good story, um, really good cast, really good characters. I didn't say before, but um, the uh, our main guy who makes it to the end, he's from uh, Everything's Gonna Be Okay, which I've yeah. talked a lot about being on Freeform. He's very good, um, so it was it was great to see him there. Um, some chilling moments, really great design. Yeah, um, this movie is like it's also like thirty minutes longer than the original too. Like it's yeah. definitely it's building more of a mythology. Uh, it definitely expands on the lore in a in a new different way, um, where it almost feels a little more video gaming, where it's like you have like you have to do these steps to get to a thing, whereas the original it's a little more vague on what actually happens, which I prefer to be honest. I prefer some of the originals just mythology building, but in terms of the way this movie shot, the way it looks, the way it's acted, this movie is awesome. Uh, I think it looks so good. Great score. Uh, great score, and it's in like it does this great thing where like <clears throat> it doesn't use the original score. All, all that often until the end, until we start getting more and more Cenobites, and then it's just a full-on score hardcore. Uh, I love it. Uh, Hellraiser is all about like addiction and pain and pleasure and all that stuff, and like like where's the lot? Where's what's the line? And like this movie is such a good example of like what people do, what they will go through. Uh, they like our main quote unquote human villain. Uh, I think is awesome. I love I love that like all these Hellraiser movies, like the real villains aren't the Cenobites; they are just people who who happen to be in the story. That's what's so fun about Hellraiser. Uh, kind of like a slasher movie, like they become Cenobites become more prominent when really that's not the point of the story. It's about the people who call the Cenobites, right? Um, but I'm I love this movie. I thought it was great. I'm so happy, man. We got like we got a new uh, we got Prey, we got this, we got so many so Barbarian and Nope, like all of these incredible acts. horror. This movie, so, this year is so good. I can't yeah. believe it. Um, yeah, uh, just uh, yeah. I don't. I won't <clears throat> spoil too much about. Um, how the the film goes but they do something where a character is able to kind of like weigh the offer of what the cenobites have to give and even in wanting to reject them the cenobites are still able to kind of say oh yeah well you know f you here's here's something for you to think about for the rest of your life goodbye <laughs> um and it's it's pretty good it's pretty sharp um i think they do a good job of kind of like catching some characters wise to the cenobites whole deal mm -hmm. um really really very good very good liked it um my best friend's exorcism. I liked yeah. it. I liked it less than anything we've talked about here so far. Um, it's not anywhere near as funny as the trailers made me think it would be. Um, it's a lot more sincere and dark than uh, it is funny. It's not bad. It's it's actually pretty good. It's I I would wonder if I would think of it a little more highly if I readjusted my expectations of what I was going into. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, one of the characters gives this incredible performance in a scene where she's playing the girl who's trapped in the possession, trying to say she needs help without the ability to say the words, I need help. 
Um, and it's really good. It's one of the better of those I've ever seen. Um, so shout outs to that. I think that performance is exceptional. Uh, it's just weird because when the, um, I forget the actor's name, but when the actor from How I Met Your Father and Glow, uh, who a lot of the comedy in the trailer is based around, well, a lot of the comedy in the movie is based around him too. So whenever he enters, it feels like the movie suddenly kicks into like a fun zone mm -hmm. that it doesn't exist in when he's not around. Okay. Uh, and so when he's not there, which he's only, he's not in a ton of the movie, um, like a third. Uh, so that other two thirds is not in that same fun zone. So it feels a little jarring uh, the way it moves around the movie he's he's like he's from another movie yeah yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> with the way that he functions into the story uh but i i liked it there were there were cool ideas it's it's worth a watch i'll check yeah. out um and then i watched the frighteners for the first time yeah i saw that yeah uh really liked it i'd never seen it before i thought that was really cool um it's very cool to see like the progressional step for peter jackson from indies to what will be Lord of the Rings after this. Um, I watched the director's cut and at the beginning they have an intro of Peter Jackson talking about it. He had a very funny note where he's talking about like, we had all these computers for the CGI and it was too much computers. And I was wondering, did we just waste too much money on all these computers? So I was trying to think of what my next project could be to actually make these computers worth having. Um, <laughs> how we get to fantasy CGI Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> which I thought was a really funny anecdote from him. Yeah, uh, uh, the the... Corridor crew, they the special effects people on YouTube, they actually just did a special and they talked about the Frighteners. And like the Frighteners is like one of the first like fully real CG characters of the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Coming out of the, the mirror. Right, yeah, yeah. Specifically, it's like one of the first times that CG has ever done something like that. And it looks so good. And it was just a couple people on a computer in a in a workshop. Yeah. And like how they revolutionized <clears throat> CG without even knowing that they did. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so impressive to think that like we just needed we needed to make a Grim Reaper, but we, we couldn't make it real. So we just had to like make it out of a computer. And it's just like how special effects were. And like that's just insane. It is insane. It, you can feel like kind of the the jerkiness of trying to figure their way through CGI in a lot of the performances and um like placement in frame uh that they're trying to kind of figure out well if they're not really here where are they what is going on here mm -hmm. and you can feel that it's a little clunky in some ways but only in a way where it feels like they're trying something new not in a way where it's like it's badly made yeah um it has its age obviously but uh you can feel them kind of workshopping as they go uh which is pretty interesting i i really enjoyed it um i i like the story i think the story is very unique it's spiritually very in tone with beetlejuice ben i think you'd like it a lot i love the frighteners i've seen it many times over the years um it, it is kind of it's one of my one of my like halloween go-to's uh i'm really happy you saw it and liked it i i think the movie rules yeah and then um one last movie that uh we did because we were able to cram in a lot of spooky movies um last night we watched deadstream if you guys remember this was the trailer we watched a bit ago it's a shutter original it's the one where the guy is it's like he's doing his youtube live and he's going in a haunted house and it's going wrong um it's incredible for how well it captures being a youtube live stream it feels like if you told me we just pulled up a YouTube live stream, if I didn't know about it and I just walked into the room and said, yeah, we're watching this live stream. I would 100% believe from the way that they write it, the formatting of it. I'd be like, yeah, totally. This is 100% one of those. They did it. They knew it exactly. The, the way that they have him interacting with the chat throughout the film is just perfect. Pitch perfect. There, we, we've seen so many movies where, or like big budget <laughs> movies where like, 
people don't know what social media actually is, how people talk to like how influencers actually are and all this stuff. And like, this is the, again, this movie is made for like $7. It's made by like literally three people. Like, and it shows, it's really just one guy on screen the entire movie. Yeah. Um, they, it, they know exactly, they, they are such internet people. Like, it's insane. Like, this is the most authentic, like YouTube movie, like streaming, whatever you want to call it, ever made. For it's, until until a big budget company makes something like this, like this will be the gold standard. It's very interesting because this was a film where I'm like, this has just changed movies. Like honestly, I don't mean to like that's too broad of a statement and too big. For no, but, but for for the independent film dead stream. But what I mean is that film has never successfully made the crossover. I think in blurring the line of format between a film in media something you'd watch on your tv on purpose and something that's created on social media yeah and this blurs that line so incredibly that i'm like this this almost doesn't obey three-act structure it does but it's very very thin um it it's so it's so well crafted that it is changing the idea of what we can do with the format it it you're not wrong the way you say that because like when you think of the Blair Witch, like the Blair Witch is also a low budget movie that was doing something new and that changed horror movies for, for that generation, right? Like this is the first time we've had something like this where it's like, yo, this is like a live stream movie. We've had like, like the horror movies where like they're on Zooms and stuff, but that's not, that's, that's not what this is. This is just a dude live streaming and it's all one cut. Like it is so impressive how many long takes this guy has to do. It's like a, it's like a theater play. It's just one guy streaming. And all the lighting and everything and the equipment for the visuals of the camera all feels in tone of like what a guy going in creating a live stream would feel like, what it would look like. Mounted it, stuff, arm stuff. Going, all that shit, yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's just very impressive. I will give a, I, th I think it's a good uh, reference point of how well they captured the internet chat and everything is that you're pretty deep into the movie there the the ghost of one of the ladies has shown up and um we haven't seen her for a while but then you'll just get someone popping up when he's checking the chat there will be one comment that just pops up and it's like yo anybody still think that ghost was hot <laughs> yeah, yeah just be focused on that like other horrifying shit has been happening and it'll be like yo but like is. where's she at because like when you have a live stream like when you have a live stream, like it shows like he has a live stream of like 3 million people, right? The chat is just nonsense. It's just like, yo, was that ghost hot? Or like, yo, are you here, Johnny? What's up, man? Like just the most insane, like real life comments up that just happens. Um, Somebody sent me 50 bucks. I'm in trouble. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the trailer, but someone's asking me, hey, are you still with that girl? And he's like, am I still? No, we're talking about ghosts. What are you talking about? Like, it's so authentic. And there's also like my final thoughts on it, like, there is like an arc with the character and like it's not in the trailers but like we're following a dude who's done some shit and like he feels bad about it and there's a whole arc of his character with the live stream and i'm like and he that feels... didn't even need to be part of it and it just makes it even better and he feels authentically crafted as like a youtube social media type influencer personality very very true to the way that he like acknowledges and recognizes his own marketability in in his stream and what he's there to do and how he's there to continue followers but in acknowledging it is like isn't that more authentic ha 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 then acknowledging um, that i'm a racist and then and then his authenticism comes into question in the film when things are really actually happening to him mm -hmm. uh really really good really really like good. such a surprise again like you know like paranormal activity was made for like five thousand dollars like this movie was made for nothing it was made by like a, a husband and wife team and their friends like this feels like i'm so excited for for their future of like Man, what are they gonna do next? Like, this is such a genius idea. And it's so it's so 
I think the other thing that's so cool about it is because like I, it'd be easy to lump this into the found footage genre, and I'm like, I don't think you can do that. I you don't... have to keep it into this live stream it's genre different. because an important difference is that it's it's continuous. It's not found footage; it's live. <laughs> once, once, like he has an intro that he does at his home, and then the live stream starts, and it doesn't stop until it's over. So you are just in time with him the whole time. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's and yeah, Shutter original. Like it's uh, uh... obviously, obviously, they're able to cut from the different cameras he set up. So like, it's not like it's a one take situation. But the film structure is designed as one continuous narrative that is unbroken. Yeah, that's cool. Love yeah. it, love it, love Halloween, love all these movies. That's all I have to say. Ryan might have some other things. Um, uh, nothing that I really like want to talk about in depth. Like I've been playing a lot of Star Wars games on the PC with mods, and that's just I like, know. hey, uh, like there's this one uh, mod for Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, and it's called uh, Star Wars Movie Duels, and it's basically just like, hey, if there's ever been a Star Wars character that's been in a video game, we have it here. We have its model. Every single lightsaber you've ever wanted, it's all here. You want to build your perfect lightsaber? It's all here. Uh, you want to duel anybody on any stage on any planet that Star Wars has ever had in a video game? Because all that's how assets work. You just plug and place and stuff like that on PC. That's what it is. So it has every character, every every place, every model, all that good stuff. Uh, you can There's like missions where you're like, oh, what if you want to play as Palpatine and he actually kills Yoda? What would happen in the Senate? It's stuff like that. So like, just really great stuff. And the Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy combat which is 20 years old at this point, is still the best lightsaber combat we've ever gotten in a video game uh, in terms of being, like, uh, fighting multiple people and multiplayer shit. So, mm -hmm. like, uh, it's just fun. Just, like, I spent hours just to be like, what if Kylo Ren beat Rey? <laughs> like, I did this for hours, and it's just fun to play. Uh, and when you have, like, uh, there's also mods for Star Wars Battlefront 2, so, you know, uh, you play that game, you know, you have dozens of characters. What if there was an Ultimate Apocalypse mod where you had hundreds of mod, uh, hundreds of characters on screen? So the Battle of Geonosis feels like the Battle of Geonosis. And luckily my PC is good enough, so a 20-year-old game runs decent when there's 400 people on screen. Uh, and that's, that's I just spent a lot of time in Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Bring back Mara Jade. All right. <laughs> it's Luke's wife. She was, she was an assassin for the Emperor and they fell in love. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, my turn. Um... I have quite a bit, so we'll try to run through it as quickly as I can. Let's start with Black Adam, though. I watched it. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on. Now, well, here's the thing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I know you liked it. Oh, I liked it. Okay, here's the thing. I, I agree with all of you. I watched the whole thing. You are absolutely correct. I don't even have a butt to that. Yeah, yes. Watch their review. They're right. There is there, There were jokes that I laughed at. I liked the brutality of it. Um, I think there's a really solid like 20 minutes, honestly. Like, I think there's like a really solid 20 minutes where I'm like, heck yeah, this is the movie I want. And then that's it. Uh -huh. um, I think the action is really good. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think the brutality of The Rock brings us as Black Adam is good. I was, I was surprised at how many skeletons we saw in this movie. Uh -huh. um, and I, um, I really like the visual effects. Just how everything's designed, how Dr. Fate uses his powers, how Cyclone uses her powers. I thought that was excellent. Um, and, uh, and Pierce Brosnan, I, I loved Pierce Brosnan. Um, there, is, there is a note, though. Um, I don't know why this just popped into my head. But, Ben, you asked uh, Ryan and Sparks whether or not the helm of Naboo was from a different planet. Like they state in this movie. And that's really weird because it's not. Yeah, that's no. That's one of the things I was talking about with a friend of mine because they were 
because I was like, the helm of Nabu is not from another planet. It's an Earth-bound thing. So I don't know why they said it was well, from. So so Nabu, real quickly, Doctor Fate, Doctor Fate is possessed by Nabu. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. not Doctor Fate. Um, Kent Nelson is is possessed by Nabu, who is the like the Lord of Order and Chaos. Maybe it was just Lord of War, Order. Um, and so like, what's weird about this version of of Doctor Fate, which I figured they would because you cast Pierce Brosnan, you want to see his face. Kent Nelson doesn't take off his helmet. That he is he is possessed by Doctor Fate. There is no one. There is no Kent Nelson until Doctor Fate lets lets that that host go. Yeah, and there is kind of a line in the movie is like, oh yeah, he's possessed by the helm of Nabu or whatever, and like that's not really present in the movie. Nope. Um, there's one moment where Pierce Brosnan walks on walks on set in a robe, and I just clapped. I was like, bravo, <laughs> sir, <laughs> rocket. Um, I, I I liked Pierce Brosnan a lot in the movie. And not the best portrayal of Dr. Fate, but I was happy to have it personally. Um, that's pretty much it. I, otherwise, I really agree with what you guys said. It's it's kind of an it's kind of whatever. It's kind of nothing. It just kind of walks a line of being an enjoyable superhero movie, but not being as good as it really should be. It feels it, to me like I was watching, I was like, this feels close to a better movie. Like they rubbed up against a better movie and said, nah, but I kind of wish they had gone like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that's really all I have to say about Black Adam. It's fine. Um, I watched Halloween 5. Which was very boring. I didn't care for it at all. Um, I liked Halloween 4. I, I talked about it last year when I watched it. I liked the ending of that one specifically. I was happy to see this kind of like bounce off the ending of the last one. But it's it's just kind of boring. I spent most of the time bored out of my mind. Some We haven't even done the cult stuff yet although it's set up in this movie with the man in black just walking around the town doing whatever oh yeah um so i don't know well i'm i'm at six now so we'll see what happens at the end of this franchise um i watched jennifer's body for the first time never seen it before megan fox amanda seyfried really liked it um amanda seyfried is great. Megan Fox is great. Um, I'm kind of preaching to the choir. I'm really I'm late to this movie. I'm I'm late to the the resurgence that this movie had in recent years. Um, I uh, but yeah, I dug it. It's a lot of fun. I love Megan Fox in it. Um, cool, gnarly kills. Um, Adam Brody is in it. Chris Pratt is in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they make Adam Brody into this like like kind of like cool guy rocker in the beginning and i'm like you can't i'm sorry i'm sorry adam brody you're the you're the cute nerd you're not the cool guy rocker i'm sorry he's an actor he could be anything he wants he's no, the cute nerd it's for real. <laughs> <It's true>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, i liked it i liked it quite a bit i'm glad i finally watched it um uh okay i watched tales of the jedi so this is the sixth uh, this is the sixth episode uh, animated series from Filoni. Oh, that came out. Yeah, it came out this week. I thought the Ahsoka episodes were fine. Like, there's some good. There's you know what? <clears throat> there's a there's a really good Ahsoka episode. It's the middle one. It's it's her training against the clones and and how she was kind of like prepared when Order sixty six happened. If you remember from the Siege of Mandalore, um, and it's it kind of like strengthens the relationship with. Anakin and then Shanks' relationship with the clones. It's good. I really like that one. I kind of wish the other two were of that quality. There is talks about the third one having um, Brett Conda, a queer character. That's unfortunate. I don't even think it was kind of worth it, personally. Um, the Inquisitor is cool, though. The Inquisitor in that third episode is really cool. 
but the Dooku ones I really liked. I thought those were really good. Um, Dooku is a character that I've always been really confused by. Um, because of, I don't know where he places with Master Saphidius. Um, like, did he pretend to be a Saphidius and did the clone thing? Did he kill Saphidius after Saphidius did the clones? Why did Saphidius do the clones? Um, I don't think George I'm, has the answers either, bro. <laughs> I'm sure someone has answered those questions. I don't, I doubt it was George. Uh, uh, isn't there a Dooku book? Yeah, you I was going to say, the, 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 Dooku, the Dooku Lost yeah. uh, book has a lot of a lot of the answers to those questions about his relationship with Saphidius. Um, so the first episode is where he's training Qui-Gon. Um, he, he's training Qui-Gon uh, as, a, as a Padawan. I like that. What I realized early on, though, is that it, it is Count Dooku leading to what happened, to why he decided to become a Sith Lord, why he decided, why he became, decided to side with the Separatists. Um, and it, this first episode is like he's like he goes to this town to rescue the senator's son, and they're like, and and Qui Gon and Qui Gon is like, okay, we did the mission, master. Let's go. And Count Duke is like, why did you kidnap your own senator's son? And talks about like how the senator has betrayed the planet and taken money from corporations, and you know, going into what the the corruption of the Senate that we know from the prequels that all, is all about the that what Palpatine was playing off of. And you see Dooku start to be like, okay something's really wrong. And then that goes into the next episode where he starts to lose faith in the Jedi order because of a mission he does with Mace Windu. The third episode is set before and after Phantom Menace. Really good. Highly recommend uh, just those three episodes. If you don't want to watch all, all six episodes, this short, you can get through it in like an hour less. Um, just watch the Dooku episodes because I think there's a lot of value there and I really like them. I have, I have also heard from the internets that half that show is pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the thing the is, like, we we talked about it when we when we found out that those would be the two stories. Ahsoka, how much more can I really do? I really want to learn about Ahsoka that I don't already know, especially in this time period. I don't care to see her mom, I, her as a baby. Yeah, I think the thing is, like, those parts of her story can be interesting, but not in this short of a format. Mm. You know, sure. like you're not you're, you're not, not you're not really fleshing it out. You're not illuminating short. a lot of of things we don't know about her by it being that short. Yeah, there's uh, someone made a someone made an interesting comment that I saw, kind of about that. So, like in the mm -hmm. end of that episode, of the first episode, when it's when the the like the priestess says Ahsoka's Jedi, uh, the parent her parents have like a moment of oh shit, like they're not they don't want her kid to be a Jedi. And I kind of really wish the short was about that, how they don't want Ahsoka to be taken by the Jedi. And then someone made a really cool comment about, like, I wonder what happened to the, how the parents of the Jedi who were taken felt about Order 66. Because, mm -hmm. like, they now lost their child again. And I'm like, that's a short. Yeah. That's how you build a rebellion <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. No, it's true. Like, there, there's, a, there's a still kind of a... Star Wars has, oh, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too hard. Star Wars has a very loose concept of like the way we employ child, uh, children will to bend to power and to be um, weapons yeah. for our design future. And you can see it in uh, the Jedi. You can see it in the clones. You can see it in the stormtroopers. And you can see it specifically in the first order with the actual literal abduction of the children into the stormtrooper uh army mm -hmm. so they like 
they all they're always playing on the rim of that concept. Andor not, will touch it. Not, well, Andor is the only show will touch anything. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but they, but they you know as of yet are not diving into like wholesale and even if they are they're not diving into it for like our main forces right like we're not getting a whole lot about how the empire or the first order went about abducting children and what that meant and who instilled that and who okayed it and how people reacted to it we're not going into too much we're starting to about how the jedi took children and how they kind of started to see them as like you know space cops and and how that became less a noble thing for a child to go do as we got closer and closer to the prequel trilogy Mm -hmm. um just an interesting idea of of star wars in general that should be explored i was also going to say that i feel like the ahsoka episodes are also kind of lacking because i think honestly genuinely their only reason for existence is they're there for an audience that didn't watch clone wars and didn't watch rebels but watch mandalorian and wants to they want to watch the ahsoka show and they're yeah. like get to know ahsoka here's a quick down and dirty get to know ahsoka if you like it go watch clone wars that's but true. we need you to like this character a little more that makes sense it's for the yeah, audience that just got to know her from mandalorian yeah that's fine um it's great to hear Ashley Eckstein back as Ahsoka, though. I was happy nice. about that. Sure it is. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I guess, okay, Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, I, Star Trek Lower Decks finished its third season this week. Um, I did not do a Fake Nerds Watch the Cookie, if you guys hadn't known. Um, shit in my life went to shit. So I, uh, we just decided to not do it this week, uh, this, this go around. But I do want to talk a bit about it now. Because I thought it was excellent. I think it's the best season of that show so far. They're constantly improving in the writing and the animation. Um, and it's... If Strange New Worlds didn't exist, it would still be the best Star Trek show on the air right now. But because Strange New Worlds exists, it is unfortunately the second. Um, but that's good company to be in because it's a great show. And the characters are evolving in a really natural way. Um, there's payoffs. There's kind of this little bit of serialization with payoffs that were set up in the first season going into this season and then payoff, you know, vice versa. The end of the season, not to spoil what happened at uh, the end of the season, because I think Sparks is going to watch it soon because of the strange new worlds crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of the season is, is really cool. Especially if you live in California. I, so, yeah. the, so the idea is, the idea is that the series takes place on a California class starship called the Cerritos. And it's, and it's what, what, the, what the California class starship is. The entire line is built for support. It's built for second contacts. It's built for basically anything that the hero ships, the Titan, the enterprise, the, any, any of like the, the higher class ships are too busy to do. We send a California class ship and the show never loses sight of that, especially when like major events start happening to them. They're still the support ship. Like it's not all of a sudden they're becoming like the Enterprise. Um, they uh, they're the Enterprise of support ships. It's, it's I love that. I, that is that is awesome. I'm I'm gonna start watching the show eventually. I promise. But like the fact that like they don't do the thing where like oh like the the smaller guys have to rise up and become the heroes. Like they could just stay the side the side characters and yeah. they're still important. That 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 is fantastic. Yeah, and and so like the so something happens where the Cerritos is in trouble and in order to save them all of the California class ships showed up and I full disclosure, I did not know the Cerritos was a city. Um, every, <laughs> every California class ship is named after a city in California. So oh there's the Inglewood, the West Covina, the San, the, the San Diego, the, oh, the San Francisco, the, the Burbank, the yeah, Oakland. Cannon, baby. And and like, the, <laughs> honestly, Brandon, have you have never heard of the Cerritos auto square? No, I haven't. So the idea is like, Finn, let me finish. Uh, so uh, there, there's also the um, 
like the 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 San Fern- the 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 San Clemente. Where do I live? Where do I live? I live in the San Fernando Valley. Recording. Sherman Oaks. The Sherman Oaks. Um, and so when, when like those names started coming up, I was honestly cackling. I thought it's the best joke. It's wonderful. There's so many California class ships. And I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's really funny. TikTok spoiled that for me. And I Did watched they? it. And, well, I mean, I, I was scrolling through TikTok and it had just the scene where all the California class ships were coming out. And well, one of my cast is going crazy right now. Bloody hell. Uh, yeah, all the California ships come out and they're starting to say all it's like it's the Inglewood, the San Diego, this uh all these different cities. I'm like, that's great. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> wonderful. It's it's wonderful. Um it, it's it's like kind of about California while also being about Star Trek. It's wonderful. Great season of the show. I love it. Um I'm so happy it had another solid season. I can't wait for the fourth. It's so awesome. Um let's talk about some audio stuff. Aventasia came out with a new album. I forgot the name of it. Something about Moonflower Society. Yeah. Um, listen to that. Really like that. I especially like the first five tracks. I think the first five tracks are great. Um, especially the self-titled one, Moonflower Society. I think that that track rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Aventasia. I've mentioned my love of Aventasia before on the show. I, they're a great band. Oh, side project. Happy to get another album because I never know when it's coming. They'll just be like, yeah, we might retire after this one. And then a new album comes out a couple years later. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. If we're talking about music, I'll bring up that Carly Rae Jepsen also put out a new album. And it's yeah. and it's it's a radical. So to Taylor Swift, but I don't care as much. But they dropped at the same time. And it was like, who who's the real music official? Unfortunately, uh, Taylor Swift is going to have in the first time in like music history, uh, all top tens on the top 10 uh, billboard. So yeah, every really. every song in the top ten is going to be hers. So sorry, Carly, I'm listening, but you're not making the money. <laughs> sorry, Carly. Um, I think the 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 last five track, the last couple tracks. Um, I forgot how many specifically. Didn't like as much. I think the 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 album is is front loaded with some really good tracks. Um, but yeah, all in all, happy to get another album from Avantasia. So happy oh, yeah. about it. I'm guys. I'm a Whovian again. It happened. <laughs> Um, I watched the Doctor Who movie that I've seen before. I own it. I love it. Um, I'm talked before about my interest in the Eighth Doctor. I really like him, Paul McGann. Um, so I saw a spoiler for this for for the latest episode of Doctor Who, and I was like, oh shit! Uh, I want I want some Paul McGann in my I want some Paul McGann in my life. Uh, so I watched I rewatched the the movie he is introducing. You know, that's a pretty good movie. It's actually kind of wild how like. They pulled a, a, a decent Doctor Who movie out of their ass from a production company that had no idea what Doctor Who was. Eric Roberts. Yeah. And Paul McGann uh, is a really good doctor. He like shows up. He Sylvester McCoy regenerates into uh, a fully formed character. Paul McGann knew exactly the kind of doctor he wanted to be from the moment he walked on set. Uh, and it's really a shame that that show never happened. He was yeah. meant to get a show and it didn't happen. But he has a bunch of audio adventures, many of which I haven't listened to before. And I've listened to a few here and there. One specifically I like a lot. Uh, Spark shared it with me, An Earthly Child, where he goes to meet his granddaughter again. Um, I noticed on Spotify, Big Finish has a lot of their library on Spotify. You can just listen to it. The first five or six Paul McGann audio adventures are there. So I, I listened to the first three from his, from his, his run. Brilliant. Love Paul McGann. Love Doctor Who. Um, he in- he's introduced to a, a new woman named Charlie, 
uh, and they go off on adventures together. The three I listened to were the were the uh, Storm Warning, where he goes on a zeppelin that meets an alien ship, and he has to figure out how to stop this from happening. Uh, he meets Charlie, uh, which is his new companion, and then I watched. I listened. Sorry, listened. Audio plays. It's their theater for the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Sword of Orion, where the Doctor finds himself on a spaceship, and the, the there's a human android war in the future and the androids want to recruit the cybermen who at this point should be extinct uh into their war against the humans and the doctor finds out that the cybermen are not as extinct as he assumed that they were um and has to uh, uh figure out how to defeat these new cybermen uh that was cool have you guys ever seen like an old cyberman they look in- they look insane uh, and then the Stones of Venice. I, will, I finished today, actually. Stones of Venice is, uh, he shows up in the 23rd century Venice, which is sinking, and it's not supposed to. So he tries to figure out why an entire city is sinking while also dealing with like magic cults and things. And Paul McGann's a really fun doctor. I like him a lot. One of the things that I really like about him is how completely and utterly he just does not care about the situation he's in. He's always just like, I've already got this figured out. You guys are boring me. Um, and he's 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 whip smart and he talks really fast. And he's got this really interesting uh, sense that I think maybe all classic Doctor Who Doctor Who's doctors had it, but I don't know for sure. Um, where he like can look at a person and he like, just instinctively knows their entire future. Um, I think that's that, that's kind of fun to play with. And then he's always distracted, and, and so like they're running in the first episode of, of Stones of Venice in the first track of stones to venice it starts with a it starts in media res and they're running away from like laser fire and charlie's like i can't believe you got me into this doctor and the doctor and the doctor's standing there, i was like i'm sorry what were you saying maybe you should go to venice after this just running from laser fire and i was like this is fun i'm i I, today. I liked listening to these doctor who audio adventures i really like paul mcgann and i watched a couple of doctor who episodes for peter capaldi i'm going to catch up hell yeah that will eventually also catch up we are also going to catch up yes that is my week. Great. Uh, hey, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're not watching Andor, you're, you're a fool. You're a fool. Yes. <laughs> we will be fake nerds watching the next arc, but I just need to let everyone know Andor, now that other shows are over, Andor is the best show on TV. Yeah. This latest episode rocked my world. I can't I haven't seen it. And there's a character who shows up that you will not effing believe it. You will not believe it. It's insane. I it's haven't insane. caught up on I haven't caught up on the latest year arc of Andor yet, but now I know to buckle up and get ready. Buckle up, Buttercup. Same with same with our audience. Shall we go into our bread and butter? All right. So uh Grayson's in the chat. Yes, Hi, he Grayson. is. <gasps> right when he mentioned right when uh, you guys mentioned Andor, Grayson's all like Andor is absolutely one of my favorites, and I'm all for it. Oh yeah, Grayson. Hell yeah. Very cool. So let's go into some bad news. Oh, shit. All right. Leslie Jordan mm. passed away at the age of 67. If you don't know who he is, he's a wonderful comedian. Um, I saw him, I saw him in Boston Legal, where he has a fun story where he kills his mother uh, with a skillet. Uh, he's brilliant. Sorely missed. Uh, I only know him from when I grew up watching Will and Grace and my mom. I'm not super familiar, but um seemed like a lovely person. Yeah. I unfortunately was not any I was not aware 
of this actor. I was not aware of this comedian at all until the day he died. And um, I mean, I know there are fans of him and I'm bummed for them. Yeah. And then Jules Bass from Rankin Bass, the stop motion animated shorts passed away this week at the age of 87. Um, you know, it, look guys, I'm sure our audience knows about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus, there's a few Santa Claus shorts. Um, love those. Importantly, importantly, also like a lot of other animation work, like those are probably the most famous. It's easy to refer because it's called the Rankin Bass animation division, like all those stop motion, what Brandon's mentioning above. But um, Jules was also involved, <clears throat> excuse me, was also involved in um, creating the Hobbit animated picture. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings. Tons of, tons of all these. Oh, um, that's the Ralph Bass, you know, that's different. Um, uh, all of these kinds of things like very very influential animator um outside of the disney bubble for the time period that he was uh in the industry she super super important sorry yeah she sorry uh yeah uh, she's she's wonderful i love her her animated rankin bass's animated shorts uh the christmas specials will live forever and eternity is just Truly. some of the most iconic yeah. things it's it's a go-to Disney Plus is coming out with their own in that vein, that mm -hmm. design and style stop motion animation holiday special this year. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'm into that. So like it, that that is everlasting. That idea that that is tied to like a, a form of special holiday time thing um, is iconic. Elf, Those, Elf the beginning of Elf uh, references it heavily. Yes, very important. No, that's, I mean, it's a bummer the animator passed away because I remember for a good three or four years straight, it was a tradition in my house with, while my parents were prepping the Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve. My brother and I, we would try to help. And then when my parents shoot us away, we would go to a turn on ABC Family because it was just a marathon of all the Rake and Bash um, films and shorts, like the one with Heat Miser. I forgot which one that's called, but you got Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph, uh, Happy New Year, Rudolph. That was one of my favorites. Um, Mr. White, Christmas. Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. Yeah, I loved that one. Frosty, and just, it's Frosty and Rudolph, Christmas in July. Yep, that, that one. July. Heat Miser and Snow Miser one, yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember watching one specifically for years, and it's, and it's the, and as Frosty and his family are are going to die when the last firework goes up, and like Rudolph that's, is trying to stop it. That's that's Christmas in July. That's yeah. Christmas okay. in July. Yeah, I remember. I remember that scene specifically. Yeah, and just, we would just watch those the whole way, the whole day until family members came over, and then we did our Christmas Eve traditions. And it was like during the day, it was either we rush out for Christmas shopping or we just stay home and try to help our parents with the Christmas dinner preparations, or we would just watch the, all those classic Christmas films throughout the whole day. To this day, I cannot picture little drummer boy. When I hear the song, little drummer boy oh, the little and not guy. see the little yeah. Rankin bass figure yeah, yeah. of little I, drummer boy. It's, it's just too iconic. Even when yeah. they say Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, I always think of the Rankin bass Rudolph. Red -Nosed I don't care yeah. what else yeah. is on that screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rankin passed away in 2014, so she was the last of the old guard. Yeah, yeah. Will be missed. Wonderful mm -hmm. legacy, iconic. Will live. Oh yeah, yeah. They they kind of are, are, are like they are the Christmas look for many generations. Yeah. So like. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So last week, a bit of last week, uh, the rest is mattered into the other into the rest. 
Uh, but Percy Jackson, Sparks. Percy Jackson is coming out with a new book. Well, Percy yes. Jackson, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Chalice of the Gods. Yeah. So um, this <laughs> Percy's been in stuff. Um, it's not like we haven't had Percy around after the last of the Percy Jackson and the Olympians books came out. Um, there was a five book series that followed up that Percy was heavily uh, present as a character. And even if not a main character, and I think except in one, um, is he a main character? Uh, and he's had some short story appearances, a couple of references and some other pieces of the Ryan universe. Cause that's a very big universe at this point, very sprawling and everything, but this is a true sequel follow-up um, focus entirely on Percy and Annabeth and uh, Grover um and uh in the vein of what those stories were uh it is coming after the heroes of olympus series which makes total sense because heroes of olympus picked up very quickly after the events of percy jackson 5 so it'd be weird if they were trying to squeeze something in there so we're we're further along and this is percy heading up uh into the into the into the real world into the unknown yeah into the college life um this is big uh I'm very excited. Riordan, uh, so the the fun thing is Riordan said like um, he had been thinking because of the push for the live action show, a way to like sweeten the pot with Disney was he's like, I'll tell them I'll write a new book. I'll make some new Percy Jackson books they can sell. So I'll come up with some ideas for that. And so he started generating ideas and then they were like, no, we just want to make the show. And he was like, oh, Okay. But I'm, but I'm writing the book. Well, don't worry about it then. And he had like his other projects that he's been working on and everything. And then uh, they were like, hey, you know, um, how do you want to promote with the show do you want to do you want to release something to go with tie in with the show well it's like you know now that you mentioned it <laughs> so, so it's not clear um he said that he's generated a few ideas for for stuff to 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 happen here this was one he really was passionate about he he is at this moment like i don't know if i'll do another percy like i don't know that there's going to be a percy jackson 7 a percy jackson 8 that kind of thing like there's a lot of other things he's wanting to do right now but this is uh he's very excited about this so i'm i'm very excited the next about chapter this. that's ryan's ryan's universe is exceptional i think he's truly one of the best young adult authors that we have um both because of, i think he really captures uh the voice of for speaking to the youth very well i think that he is constantly trying to be very progressive and inclusive and changing the way that the characters interact with the world to reflect uh the confusion of what young adults will be facing in the world today and that uh he constantly is instilling that he's got the other book coming out soon that's um focused on nico who's a queer character um and uh we've had other main characters who have been um trans in their identity um, because they're literally like a child of Loki. Um, and so that's how he adapts the trans narrative, but it's very important to those characters that they constantly are fluctuating between genders. Yeah. Um, Riordan's incredibly great at this, and I think he's a truly talented author. And one of my favorite things that I'll love him to death uh, forever for is that he's expanded his universe to be like, I'd really love for something to be done about this, but with Mandarin um, mythology or no, well, he did the Egyptian. Oh, he, he did, did, he, he did oh, the okay. Greek, Egyptian, Roman, and Norse. Gotcha, okay. And that's kind of been his wheelhouse. But anything that went beyond that, once he got to um, some, let's do something like this, but with Mandarin, let's do something like this with um, uh, Indian, let's do something with this, with all these different mythologies. He's outsourced to people who are familiar with those mythologies, who are part of that background, who that's culturally relevant to do these stories. And he said, I will support you. I want you to create this story. I love it. And I think that's exceptional. That's a king. <clears throat> uh, so this book will be out 
September 26th, 2023. Which, you can kind of guess right now, that's their intended release date for the Percy Jackson show. Yeah. Less than a year? Yeah. Yeah. The Conjuring 4 was announced. The sequel to The Devil Made Me Do It is happening. David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, who wrote the second and third film, will return to write this film. He also wrote Aquaman. I didn't know that. James Wan guy. Okay. All right. Yeah. He wrote so the like third a, film, though. So, like, a, this could go either way. But also, it was a different director. And so, yeah. like, I won't give him full... Because a good director can turn a bad script into a good script. So, like, right that... Now, right now, we don't know exactly who's directing, but it is pointing to the guy who now runs The Conjuring, who's doing... Who did Conjuring 3, The Nun, might also do this one. And I hope that's not the case. I hope they get a different director. Yeah. Is he also the guy who did La Llorona? He is. Mm. I hate that movie. The movie's bad. Yeah. La Llorona. Uh, so, uh, Silent Hill happened. There's some Silent Hill stuff. I assume you guys talked on the quarterly. A little bit. We did. Yeah. A little. Yeah. They announced like five games, which is... David David Konami has not touched Silent Hill outside of Pinchinko Machines or any video game in the past decade, and they just announced a plethora of like five games and then mo- stuff we could talk about on this podcast. A movie, the third movie technically, uh, yeah. but it will be a sequel to the first. Right. Um, that's Return- not that's not even the most important part though. Return to Silent Hill will be directed by Christoph Gans, who directed the first film. Yeah, and could this not is- direct the sequel. This is a wild get. I this is so unexpected. Um, I I like we we talked about it. Like yes. we talked about all the all the video game movies. Like we I love I personally I think Silent Hill. I mean maybe Sonic stuff like that. But like in terms of being a video game adaptation, Silent Hill is the best video game adaptation ever made. That is you want you want to know what the game is like. This is it. This is it to a T. It is it literally it. The people the people who made the music for the game made the music for the movie. It's, it's, it's that that into it. it. It's absolutely in the upper echelon. I'm I'm really glad that we watched it last year and did our whole reappraisal because Silent Hill had had fate. I remembered liking it, but it had faded into my memory. Like I guess it was bad because most people talk about it. Like yeah, it was bad. And then uh, we we watched it. And I'm like swings all the way back up to like this is one of the best video game movies. Yeah. This is wild. I think and even even if maybe you don't like the movie, the direction of the movies is, is so good. Yes. It is insane. It is it is for being a Silent Hill movie, it's almost flawless. So yeah. like having this 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 European ass director come back to make another goofy ass Silent Hill movie. It's the best, it's the best possible outcome because you could have got some some like no name Brett Ratner to do it. And like, no, they got a guy who actually loves the shit. And I'm so thrilled. So thrilled. Do you think it's possible uh they ignore the sequel and just uh bring Sean Bean back yes. and pick up the story? Yes, they are. They, if, they are. They are. Yeah. They said specifically watch, they are uh they are they are ignoring the sequel that exists already and making this a direct sequel to the first film. Yeah, uh, if you watch the presentation, they talk about Sean Bean and how it's going to be a different, a different perspective. And uh, Jon Snow is in that second movie, and I don't think he'll show up for this third movie. <laughs> Sorry, Jon Snow. Uh, so it's going to be a, a, an adaptation of Silent Hill 2. Um, Christoph Gans uh, wanted to do the sequel originally to Silent Hill because he directed the first film. Um, and he really wanted to do it, but couldn't do to something that actually didn't happen. Um, so that's why he didn't come back to direct this one. This feels like him being like, I should have I should have always done the sequel. Now I'm going to finally do it. Yeah. God, that's so like all the games can be bad. Like this is incredible news. Yeah. This is this is I hope they are. Truly unexpected news. Um again, a lot of those games are being outsourced to other developers. So like I already have more faith in Konami. Um so like 
just like yeah, being in the Silent Hill world for the last two weeks has been like, oh man, it's it's back, baby. Movies and games. Guys, I'm just excited to go with you in the year of our Lord 2024 to the movie theater and see a Silent Hill sequel. <laughs> God, pray, pray it doesn't go straight to streaming services. hopefully it just stays oh, no. in theaters. That'd be so great. I think with all the with all the popularity that Silent Hill has been getting now with the announcement of the remake for the, of the game and this new film, I'm pretty sure it's gonna go to theaters. That's probably a good point, because, yeah, that Silent Hill 2 remake is going to be huge. I also oh, think God, horror, yeah. I also think horror movies have been hitting harder at the box office this year than ever before. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of faith in putting horror movies into the box office. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe, and I could be I could be adding this into my memory, um, I do believe they said in, uh, exclusively in theaters. Oh, I I, I, they, I think they did, but I'm just like, it's still far enough away where something shitty can happen. And like, oh, now it's just coming straight to Hulu or something. Uh, and I would just, if you could be in the theater, I would just let's keep it that way yeah yeah uh they showed some concept artists online check it out it looks pretty cool i'm excited i'm excited yeah i i Silent hill is a very unique gross place and i i would love to return to it on the big screen yeah all right some quick stuff from this week uh saw x socks i hope um well uh tovin bell is coming back surprise surprise guy died in the third saw movie and he's still coming back for these movies yeah, he's been dead for a decade, but they keep bringing him back. That's fine. Like, honestly, that's, I have no problem with it. Like, I have no, I am now officially, like, done with Saw. Like, I used to like it, and then the movies got bad, and they got good, and the bad. It's like, I'm just over it now. So, like, if it's good, that's cool. But, like, I'm not, well, Jigsaw's coming back in a Saw movie. I'm so shocked. I think, I think the reason why they did this because of, because of uh, Spiral. Um, I think Spiral really missed a mark and not just being like, yeah, Tobin Bell's voice is a voice synthesizer now. Like you know, the, like they do with Ghostface. Like yeah, yeah. I really felt like they should have just been like, yeah, it's that we can just use his voice for everything now. And the fact and, that they didn't do that, I think really ruined, really hurt that franchise. Yeah, and it being Saw 10 now, like X, that's like the perfect, like it's, it's it, whether or not it's the end of the trilogy, X is like, it's the big one. It's mm-hmm. the, we're going to space. Oh my God, Saw in space. Jigsaw in space, hell yeah. Venom 3. Uh, Kelly Marcel will step into the director's chair for this film. Uh, she was the writer on the previous two films. So this will be her directorial debut. That's great. That's cool. Uh, we like that second Venom movie. Like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say the script is necessarily the reason. I think a lot of Andy, Sir- true. Andy Serkis brought a lot to that movie. Um, I definitely don't like the script for the first one. Absolutely. So, yeah. like, I'm... I am. I'm not like super stoked, but I am. I am stoked that a director is giving is being giving a first time like to try something. Sure. So like it's it's even though it is her first time directing, she wrote the movie, so she knows the material inside and out for this specific character. Yeah. So maybe that can translate, and she'll be a big time director. Who knows? Yeah. Everyone's got to start somewhere, and like Venom That's very true. could be worse than starting with Venom. That is very. That is very true. Like if yeah, this were like her first time and she's directing the next Avengers movie, then I'd be like, "What the hell?" But it's Venom yeah. three, so I don't care as much. Yeah, yeah. Although I will admit, I was kind of bummed that Andy Serkis isn't coming back because I did enjoy Carnage quite Absolutely. a bit. Sure. But sure. But at the same time, well, right? Exactly like you said, someone's gonna start somewhere, and this is the writer of the first two films, so cool. Yeah. No, it's time for no. It. Do you really want I don't want one of these Venom movies? You know what? I do. Because I don't want to see... What's the guy who becomes the dude at the end of the movie? Who's become another gloopy gop? Another gloopy gop? His name's Toxin. Yeah, I don't want to see that again. I've seen it three times. No, I, I I am I am in agreement with you. I don't want just like another another symbiote. But like, 
this is a case where like Noel is so big and to do it in a Venom movie you really have to scale that shit down like mm-hmm. hardcore because I don't think they're going to do giant dragons invading the world when Venom is like the only hero in the world well, well Spider-Man, he's not but Spider-Man's not going to show up no he's He'll he's uh, uh Morbius and Vulture could show up and <laughs> Craven you're asking for no a... no no we need to cancel this movie you're now. asking for a Blade 3 I'm telling you no yeah uh I I I'd rather them do Noel in a, in a Spider-Man if 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 at all possible. I prefer that. Sure. Noel is an Avengers villain. I mean, he's big scale and like that's like there are ways to like make that's how we get to symbiote early. Like, I know it's like not like that's like 30 years later but like I would rather him be tied to the Spider-Man Avengers world than just the solo Venom world even though mm-hmm. he is a Venom character. It's... All all I really want from Venom 3 is Tom Hardy like constantly having moments where he's talking to random people trying to explain the other universe he was at a bar in for like <laughs> six hours you guys don't understand like the lighting was kind of the same but very different <laughs> everything was like brighter yeah okay uh more colorful the flash why is this here i don't oh. know who wrote it this shouldn't be here. We'll talk it here anyway. I'll forget later. Um, <laughs> it should be later. Whatever. The Flash TV series. Um, Javicia? Javica, Javica Leslie. Her. Uh, has been has been cast in season nine of The Flash. Now, the official outlets are saying a mysterious role. So, I've seen But it's been leaked that she's playing the Red Death. Cool. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. I, I I love I love me some some Dark Knights. I love me some Dark Knights. Give me an Evil Flash. That's fine. I really like her, and it's a shame the way that the Batwoman stuff really played out against her um, specifically. So it's cool that she's getting kind of at least another opportunity to do something. Yeah, in some related vein to the character, and it, and like it, it makes it works for me because you know instead of Batwoman, like I know like Batman exists, but like you'll have a Batwoman and like the, the multiverse of evil Batwoman or Batwoman. This is, this is that version. So like, I'm cool with that. So. I wonder if they'll acknowledge that she looks like their Batwoman. Yes. They, I mean, they've met her. They have yeah. met her. So yeah. they, they should. I have to imagine they will. Well, I mean, we've had, they're we've playing had, with um, the... I would say like, cause we've had uh, Ray Palmer play Superman. So like, it's not the first time this kind of thing has happened. So yeah. like, I expect that hopefully that will happen. I'm sure that's the reason why they cast Javi, Jiv- my God. Javika Leslie. Javika Leslie. Uh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why, why I can't say this name. Um, I'm sure that's why they did it because they wanted to do like, oh, Batwoman instead of Batman becomes the Red Death in one of these universes. And I think that's, I think that creates some cool drama. Um, you know, they did the same, kind of the same way they did like, Black Canary, when Earth 2 Black Canary showed up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I thought that, I think that's, I think that's a cool idea. Why not? You got the one, we got one more season. Go with the Dark Knights. Yeah, go out with a bang. Swing hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fix, uh, fix it with Batman. Right. <laughs> uh, a sequel. Did you guys ever watch Sausage Party? I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, a sequel series is happening, an eight, an eight episode TV event sequel series to, to Sasha's Party. It's coming to Amazon I'll tell, Prime. I'll tell you what, like I I, I think Sasha's Party is a really funny movie, but like I don't I don't need this show. It's not a show yeah. I, I ever expected to hear. Uh I, I, I think that movie's pretty pretty stupid and like if you want really bad like hot dog, uh hot dog bun into like hot dog pet, like sex puns, that's a perfect movie for you. I think it's like smokeable, watch that movie, real funny. It is it is definitely really a stoner raunchy movie. Yeah, Seth Rogen, yeah. De- 
it is definitely something you want to rip the hardest hit to go see. Uh, but like, but like low hanging fruit, Seth, Seth Rogen. No, I think right. it's a good movie. No, I. But I'm saying like the 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 joke material. Is oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's every joke. It's like how bad can we get because we're making a movie about food, right? Like they yeah. have a food orgy. Like it's it's it right. is a completely unserious movie on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sure I'm sure this will be funny if it got if it's getting made. I'm sure it's good, but like I just. I have no uh, desire to see it. But what I is mean, the eight episode arc of these sausages? Of the, of the sausages banging, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I, I'm ex- I'm, just exactly what Ryan on this. I was like, really? You need a, a show about that movie? Okay, I guess. Well, we'll see. Yeah. All right. The first big thing of the night, <sighs> The Witcher. Oh, hey, So... Good news, James bad news. That the got canceled after three seasons. Only three seasons. Of That's the show. A shame. Three seasons. What? What? This damn shame. Anyway, it's been renewed for a fourth season. Yay, more Witcher. Yeah, it's great. I thought this was a lie. I thought, I thought this, this was, was disgusting. Like, like, like an hour. This was a joke. Liam Hemsworth. The, the, I will say, like, definitely the first source I saw for it on Twitter was um, discussing film. And, but I thought it was one of the parody accounts Debussing, that I, that I yeah. blocked to get rid of because <laughs> there's like two out there, and I, I blocked both of them <laughs> to not get tricked. And uh, and I had to like really look at it. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, legitimately, the same thing. I was looking. I because I had blocked. I had blocked the the joke ones, and I'm looking at that like, and I'm I'm reading the name really carefully. Like, am I missing something? D-I-S. There's no B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No B. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I saw um, uh, 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 like the official Instagram where I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> yeah. So Henry Cavill has left the show. Will leave the show at the end of season three, which is I think done filming, or currently filming. Um, and will be replaced by Liam Hemsworth. Why? Man. So, real first off, I'm so sorry, what? Liam. I'm so sorry, Liam. That like, I'm sure you're a nice guy. Like, you're you're a nice actor. You got a great family. Like, I'm sure you're a great dude. So, like, he's getting a lot of shit online right now that isn't totally his fault. He's just an actor who took a role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But replacing Henry Cavill. A man who's like nine feet, eight hundred pounds of thick boy, <laughs> with the guy who's like the lead from the second Independence Day movie. It's just it, that's a downgrade. I'm sorry. It's just like holy shit, no way, dude. I have I, I can't believe it. I have seen a lot of people being like Charlie Hunnam's right there. There are a hundred other actors I saw. Why not him? Why not him? Why not him? And I literally like, saw you know, that. I literally saw that real quickly, Ben. I really I saw that and I was just like, you you couldn't even get the second most interesting Hemsworth. There's a Hemsworth that's on Westworld who's barely in the show, and he's better. He, I love that dude, Luke yeah, Hemsworth. He's, he's, so he's, he's like the oldest Hemsworth. He should be the new. He should be the champion. You know what it is? Is I think no offense to Liam, I do think he's in that category where like they don't feel the same like complication about taking the role from Henry. No, like uh, uh, some higher some higher professional grade actors won't want to take the role from him. This is a th- th- for. For Liam, this isn't this is an upgrade for his career for sure. This is the highest profile thing he will ever. He's leading. It is until no one's watching. Until this. no one's it will it will get canceled after one season. There's no there's no doubt. <laughs> uh, ne- like The Witcher, somebody put it in perspective. Like The Witcher is Netflix's big Lord of the Rings. Like they're big. They went hard into The Witcher. There are multiple spinoff shows happening that have already happened. Like they like there were seven seven seasons planned with Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, like they went really hard 
and like i i feel this is all about to it's all about to to come up like yeah a lot of the animated stuff will probably still happen some of the spin-off uh, stuff yeah yeah but that they're just they're gonna have to there's no way they get the viewers i i don't know if like i don't know why part of me when i saw this is part of me was hoping it's like so they're doing a prequel season right this yeah. is like a oh. prequel of young Geralt, and then henry cavill's gonna come back yeah, yeah, um, I freaking hope so. I know that's not it, but at the same time, it's not. Yeah, you, Sparks, you said Charlie Hunnam, and I didn't even think about this because I was just too shocked that some that Netflix is this dumb of taking away Henry Cavill. I'm like, well, you know, okay, we'll, work. we'll we'll get there, but yeah, but it, but no, 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 just just no. Because here's the thing: no, it's, it, it's not just it's not just we're getting Liam's Hemsworth. Henry Cavill left after being the most committed to this out of anyone on that production team. This dude was oh. so, dude, he is so into The Witcher. Like, it's, it's, he was ready to be the, sh- the the Witcher for a decade. He got hurt. And then the director was like, I hope he didn't get hurt just so he could go home and play video games. It's more, more so, than that. Well, yeah. so he, so he, he loves The Witcher, as, as Ryan said. Now, there are people online, and people are starting to kind of correct this, saying that is this because of Superman? It's not. What it sounds like is this is stemming from the, God, the showrunner for X Men 97. He was on yeah. The Witcher. I forgot the guy's name. Yeah. yeah. Um, he mentioned that unlike the witcher he says specifically unlike the witcher i wanted people who worked on the show who actually liked the original show and that's kind of where everyone's wondering like wait a second with all the things we've heard behind the scenes about how the how the writers and showrunners don't like the source material henry cavill loves the source material did he just finally have enough there's there's a great thread uh i i whether we tweeted it or not, i don't remember but like it's all all the different times that it's been online of like henry cavill talking about how he wants the show to be more like the source material and like he's and there's like one it's like literally every season it's literally every season and like season three is like don't worry guys like this one like you, you love the books this is the one baby and it's like it's and again I'm, I'm behind like i've only watched the first season which i really like uh uh but like the fact that like behind the scenes stuff has been so like tumultuous and like this was his this was like this was, I think, this was some. He small campaigned. Part as well. He campaigned for this role. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He chased this role. I don't think. I don't think. I honestly, there is a world where he can be Superman and Geralt at the same time. Right. Yeah. Like only Easily. two projects a year. Actors do way more than that in a year, right? Like, it's it's the behind the scenes shit of like it's just not worth it. It's just not like yeah. like they don't want to do what I. They don't want to make the show that like I think the fans deserve. Right. Uh, and even like again, I'm not I'm not caught up, mm-hmm. but like the second season of The Witcher is I don't think as popular as that first season was. So like, I, I, I this just feels I, like writing on the wall. I definitely, I think I can attest to the second season of The Witcher. Now I, when I was watching it, I was loving it, but unfortunately, the second season it fell into the trap of something came up, and I completely forgot about it, and I yeah. never, and I have yet to go. I still, there are things that pop up. It's like, oh yeah, I need to go finish my season two of The Witcher, and then, ooh, something else. It's like the it's like Doug from Up, where it's like, oh yeah, I gotta do this focus on this one thing. Something shiny sparkles. I go squirrel, and I go to the shiny thing. Yeah, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, go please. Well, I was gonna say, I think I think a lot of that honestly also has to do with the fact that Netflix has been burying a lot this year. Um, Their release schedule this year has not been well thought out. I'll just put it that way. Um, And I think The Witcher probably also suffered from that, having come out at the end of end of last year um like december-ish i, I believe mm-hmm. um so like i think that that probably hurt but also like the first season was like the most popular that show ever was yeah, is, is ever going to be honestly. the hype the hype for that first season was so big yeah mm-hmm. and then i feel like the second season like there was like almost none yeah and, and like 
the thing is, I love that first season. I have not gotten the chance to watch the second season. I will. I, I will. I want to. I'm going to now. <laughs> I really like Henry Cavill as Geralt, and I was. I really enjoy that performance. I really like him as an actor. Um, the. <sighs> I look the thing is I look at Henry Cavill and I see a man. Like I see him in that in that Geralt makeup and I'm like, that's a man. Yeah, yeah. Oh declare uh, when you see Liam, you see a boy. I did declare <laughs> like and when I see Liam, I see a boy. Like, can yeah. you imagine Liam in that white wig? He's going to look like he's doing cosplay. And and here's the thing, like there are pictures online mm -hmm. of like people defending Liam and like if you look at him now, that dude does work out. He is thick, but he's not Henry Cavill. He's Henry Cavill has a baby faced. Yeah, he's a baby faced. He's a baby face, 100%. Yeah. Um, They're not even that far apart in age, but Henry Cavill just looks like he's got the the decades longer wisdom. Liam Hemsworth looks like he's a pretty boy who just came up from his daddy's yacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it is... The the real question is, I was was he the first choice? Honestly. Yeah, that's a good question. Was Liam Hemsworth the real first choice? Because if it no. was, because if it was, we have bigger issues at hand. Yes. And if he wasn't, then who said no to this? And where yeah. does it go down line? Because like that's where I start to feel bad for Liam. Because like, what if he was like fourth or fifth? Again, again, I go back to, I'm pretty confident that they. I'm sure they approached a few other people before they got to Liam Hemsworth, and they probably said no. I for a myriad of reasons, but I think prominently among them is they didn't want to take over a show that Henry Cavill didn't want to be part of anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And again, his passion for this character, for this world, for the source material, for doing... Like, he heard about this show immediately and, and chased it. He took a pay cut to be in this show. I still couldn't... Like, when we were... When, the, like, it was talking about happening, I still... Like, I didn't believe it. Yeah. Like, like Superman wanted to be Geralt. <clears throat> like, get out of here. Right. And he's good. I even and remember I, when they we saw that, that leaked test footage of his makeup, and we were... We weren't super hot on it, and then the trailer dropped, and we were like, never mind. Yeah, yeah. He, he's Geralt. I just can't see. I'm I'm picturing I'm picturing like a deep fake of Liam Hemsworth in the first season of, of The Witcher, and I'm like, I can't. You're a child. They, it is online. They have done it, and it does look bad. He's he a does child. Look like a baby. He looks like a baby. Unless they do, unless they give him bearded girls, um, because like Geralt, like he, he has a beard in like in, in Witcher three. But... They looked at they, they I look at the list. I'm thinking about this list that they that they picked Liam Hemsworth from, and I'm wondering like. How many actors were above him, and were all the Hemsworth above him? Yeah, right. <laughs> Can we get can Chris call Hemsworth? Brother, call your other brother. What about your other brother? <laughs> again, like, like, I do feel I do feel bad for Liam because, like, well, do I though? Because, like, have I ever liked anything he's been in? Honestly, it's like picking the worst Baldwin. I don't. Um... The only thing I've ever really liked him in, like, thought he did a good job in, was that Rebel Wilson rom com he was in. Okay. Oh where, yeah, like, she, it's the one where like she knows she's in a rom com. It's not romantic. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, and he's also a character who's kind of like playing up rom com cliches, and he works. He, okay, cool. it's, it's funny. Okay, and cool. that's the only time I've ever thought that. Certainly not something where I would go. You know what he should do? Fight monsters. Play Geralt. Yeah, it's yeah. who like who knows? Maybe maybe he'll be all right. But just like I don't, I just can't. I can't imagine. I I can't see it. No, you're gonna get a big. You're gonna get a big audience boom for season three because of all the people who want to see Henry Cavill do it for the last time, and then you're gonna get a big drop off for season four. Yeah. Yep. Really curious how that how that spinoff show coming out this year is gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Probably okay if it didn't have to have Gerald in it. <laughs> That's true. Michelle Yeoh's in that. 
Looks like yeah, yeah. Looks so that'll probably be okay. Oh yeah, that's been like thousands of years in the past. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the house yeah. of the Dragon Witcher. They're probably gonna have to focus more on that and just say, you know what, the Witcher story with Geralt is probably done at season four. Yeah, the best the the best thing that I saw someone say is like, what they should have done is just end Geralt's story and then and then continue with with, with Siri and the other great side characters that are on that show. Because yeah, Geralt is great. Geralt is great. There's also a bunch of other great characters that we can follow along too. Like the Witcher is is about it's like supporting cast just as much. So like. Having Geralt like unfortunately pass or like go away and have to follow like like his his daughter or like daughter uh, or, or whatever. Um, Not a surprise. That'd be that'd be great, but no. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Not for season four anyway. Not for season four. Disney. D Dog. Ironheart. Uh, I thought this would be kind of fun. Mm. Uh, rumor has it that Sasha Baron Cohen. There's chatter on set that Sasha yep. Baron Cohen is playing. Mephisto. Yeah, we're we're actually here, guys. It's finally happening. Mephisto? It's actually, it's actually happening. We did it, guys. All it's that all, all that speculation did it. It's is Ironheart the show? I would think the devil would show up in. No, but also I didn't think the hood, a mystical a mystical Avengers villain, would also be the villain of Ironheart. So like, uh, the hood is a dude who gets a hood from a monster from a demon, and like, there you go. So like, just make him Mephisto. Just, yeah, that's totally that's totally fine. Um, I I hundred percent don't think he's like the main villain. Like that's it's it's the hood. But like this will be setting up more of the my, mystical dark shit. Um, it is so fascinating that Ironheart is a tech ma- tech versus magic show. Like that is I I cannot wait to see that first trailer and see like what the story is because like that is generally not magic. Like Final Fantasy shit like tech and magic like it's not something that happens in the comics a lot. Karen Gillan did an Iron Man run that is not good. It's the one Karen Gillan thing I don't think is very good. It's his first arc of Iron Man where he does Merlin, like Merlin Camelot shit, and it's awful. The magic Iron Man shit is bad. So, like, it takes a real stern hand to do that shit right. So, like, I'm so stoked. Uh, also, Sasha Baron Conan, great choice for Mephisto. I was about to Incredible say. choice. So charismatic, so charming, so can be creepy and, and un- unnerving when he needs to be. Love it. I'm thinking, about his, I'm thinking about his performance in Sweeney Todd, and I'm like, just yeah. do that. Absolutely. Sure. Who was he in Sweeney Todd? He's the other barber. The rival barber. Oh, okay. I think I Yeah, he just seems to be like really charming and like in like I'm gonna get I you was, sold. I was thinking more about his performance in Les Mis. He's fun in Les Mis. That's not well, very Mephisto y, but sure. No, I don't know why that's the because I didn't see. The one see him in I I didn't see I didn't watch the second Alice in Wonderland movie, so I know he was the one of the antagonists in that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like time guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's I mean, that's the only other Sasha Bear Cohen film I can think of was um Les Mis that wasn't him what doing going or that's not gonna show up in Ironheart. Yeah. My hood. <laughs> what if though? <laughs> My what if all right. Vision quest. Yes. Uh uh, this was this was a uh, speculated on on a YouTube channel. I forgot the John Roca. Uh, I believe first said, first said this, and then and then Deadline uh, confirmed it with their sources. There is a Vision Quest series, um, uh, in the development for Disney Plus. A writers' room is being assembled, and it will be about the White Vision trying to regain his memories. I love the title. Uh, Jack Schaefer, Jack Schaefer, who um. Uh, worked on WandaVision and is also working on Agatha Coven of Darkness, House of Ag- Agnes. That's all wrong. Coven all those of are Chaos. wrong. 
Coven of Chaos. Um, um, uh, they're doing this this show as well. Cool. Um, I uh, it's nice because everyone's like, "What happened to Vision?" <clears throat> I'm like, "He'll show up, guys. Be patient." Like, yeah. Wonder Vision wasn't that long ago. Yes, it was. How long ago was it? Two years ago? A year. A year, a year and a half. Where's White Vision been? Is he going to show up in Eternals? Like what? I mean, like a year and a half of the MCU has happened. No, but like, where is he going to show up in the movie? Is he going to show up in, in Shang-Chi? Like, I'm not mad that he hasn't shown up. She I don't, care, I don't care much about White Vision as I do about other characters not showing up. Well, um, he did show up in Multiverse of Madness. Why would he show up there? Because of Wanda. I know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, Fantastic Four. Um, the uh, same report, same guy reported that Doom. I thought, oh. I thought this would be interesting to talk about. Doctor Doom will not be the main villain of the first Fantastic Four movie. Good, he shouldn't be. Yeah, good. Yeah, make it Mole Man. Make it, make it Diablo. Make it the Dragon Man. Make it, make it anybody else besides his the guy who's been in all the other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably also points to bigger plans for Doom. Yeah, yeah, especially. Should. Especially because a lot of MCU villains, I have a feeling, especially the big time ones, when they show up in a movie, they don't show up ever again. Well, I think with, with, with the thing is like, Ryan talks about Doom. This this what about Doom? He needs to be around. He yeah. can't just be a one off villain. He needs to be a force. No, yeah, they're, they're they they are not putting out. Despite what everyone wants wants to believe, they're not putting out a Secret Wars movie where Doom is not the main antagonist in that movie. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how much Kang is involved. There's a movie called The Kang Dynasty that comes out before Secret Wars. Doom is Doom is the end game of this phase, y'all. I promise you. Come back to this moment, two years, three years, four years, however long they push that Secret six Wars years. movie. Six years from now, this is the moment. It's Doctor Doom. It's not Kang. He's got a whole movie called Kang Dynasty. Je- Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, this is the moment. This is the moment. Star Wars news. Uh, Damon Lindelof is developing a movie. He's writing and producing this movie. Um, Sharmin Obeyed Chinoy is in talks to direct. Um, So reportedly, this movie will be set after the Rise of Skywalker, but will be unconnected from the Skywalker saga. Cool. Uh, The last thing thing Damon Lindelof worked on was Watchmen. So I'm okay with whatever that fool wants to work on. Yeah. Whatever you want to touch, sir. If you want to bring some of that Andor politics into this movie, please, please, baby. I will give that. If I was Disney right now, I'd be like, blank check, have fun, and just sit back and let the man do his thing. Yeah. Uh, They've given blank checks to many creators that have not released a movie or a TV show. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy to see David Lindelof do this. he's brilliant um now i don't think he was always he's there's a few duds in his in his in his filmography but he'd been after the leftovers the leftovers is one of the greatest shows ever made yeah and then Watchmen, and then this i'm happy to see this hell yeah yeah um especially if we get some sequel sequel uh trilogy characters in it like poe dameron or ray skywalker yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. how how much Oscar isaac needs that second house he said he'd come back you do it. Yeah. He also said before yeah. that, when I need a new house, I'll come back. Yeah. Um, this could pay for it. Do it. Yeah, exactly. Oscar yeah. Isaac. I don't think you're gonna get John Boyega back. No, I think uh I think you get Rose. Mm, I'd watch that. Uh, can we yeah, I'm not redem- complaining redemption? about it. I just, no, I just redemption think, for Rose, yeah. I just think yeah. that's probably more the vein that we probably go with if we get anybody from the sequel trilogy. It's gonna be characters like Rose. Yeah. I I do really love that we are still at this point where we're talking to 
uh, Ryan Johnson about his trilogy being like, so it's happening. And he's like, yeah, we're talking. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, Honestly, dude. That, that's, that's great though. Like as long as he's not saying it's done, like yeah. if it takes five, 10 years, like as long as you get another last Jedi quality movie out of you, I'll be happy for real. Got to make a couple more Benoit Blanc movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a TV show. And a TV show. Um, Doctor Who. Ooh. It's come around. Doctor Who had a big week this week. Um, the, the, the Doctor regenerated. The 13th Doctor regenerated into the 14th Doctor. That's kind of where the news begins. David Tennant was officially revealed to be the 14th Doctor. So at the fi- final of the, her series, she regenerates. Jodie Whittaker regenerates and is David Tennant once again. And it's supposed to be that's not supposed to happen. What? Um, what? What happens to the new Doctor Who? So, Shudi Gatway um, reveal, is revealed to be the 15th Doctor. So, David Tennant and Catherine Tate, as we know, we're coming back. They will star in three specials starting in November of 2023. Um, they will re- they, they will do those three specials. And at the end of the third special, David Tennant will regenerate into Shudi Gatway. And then he will take over the show from there. That's, that's over a year away, man. Yeah. That's... This is this is. I mean, I know you announced things early, but this is pretty early. Yeah, and the 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 these three specials are already filmed for Doctor Who, so it's like, well, we got to wait a while to see those special that you already did. Why? Because it's, it's because it's the 60th anniversary. Oh. We need to drop it for the 60th. That yes, that's true. Fine. Um, I'll try not to die. I I hope the I hope the 60th is a multi Doctor adventure. There's no reason to believe it up to be otherwise, but I hope so. I believe it. They haven't said one way or the other if other doctors are returning for the 60th. I believe it. Yeah. Eccleston showed up. Um, oh, man, I'd love it if Eccleston showed up. He's in a good uh, state of mind with it now. I believe he will. Yeah. And then um, uh, Colin Baker, the fourth doctor, he recently talked about his returning for the day of the doctor, which apparently didn't go well. That sucks. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. The other bit of news for Doctor Who was that BBC has made an international uh, a, a partnership with Disney Plus. Disney Plus will become the exclusive streaming home day and date. It sounds like that's not confirmed. That's just me extrapolating. It does seem like that though. Yeah, for Doctor Who. So when it airs in Britain, it airs in, on Disney Plus. That's crazy. Internationally, dude. so Disney Plus is actually taking the license over from the BBC America, which has had it for decades. Wow. And are partially funding the show. Disney Plus Disney? is partially Disney funding is? the show. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that budget's going to be sick. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. But and what's really cool about the deal is this is a win-win in my book because like what's really cool about the deal is Disney has no creative control in the in the show. That's all going to re- that's all going to be BBC and Russell T Davies. Disney is just footing the bill. God, this feels like feels like a feels like I'm coming home. And Davies yeah. Davies worked to get the was part of what worked to get this deal yeah, going. Yeah, that's do we know if the all the old Doctor Who stuff's going to show up so, on, on, no. on Disney Plus now? It doesn't look like it. Mm, I no. suspect that it will in the future after the HBO Max license expires. Yeah. So there's also the case of BBC iPlayer being the only place where you can stream the classic Doctor Who. I wonder if that license will also expire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both of those license. I think both of those licenses because that one's BBC iPlayer. I think they'll just change that over when they get the chance. Yeah. But as far as like the the Eccleston and on stuff, yeah. that will need the HBO Max. I just I don't I, I suspect. just don't see a future where you start putting Doctor Who on this thing without trying to get the old stuff on it. 
you know they will eventually yeah, yeah. eventually yeah. expect all of doctor who on disney on disney plus what a world we live in guys that's nuts i'm okay with that honestly no, i would love to I mean, watch the classic doctor who i mean like, no no i'm not i'm not saying that's nuts isn't a bad thing i'm saying that's nuts is like wow okay no, it's, I remember... it's crazy that we're at this place right over here so. yeah I can't... I can't wait for the Disney Plus Doctor Who animated Christmas short where they get all the doctors back. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> Disney, Disney again being like this big, like super evil, like evil, like just, just bigger than life corporation. And like, and I look at decisions that other big movie studios make and this Disney makes the right ones. Like Disney made Barbarian. And I just, I have to, I have to keep shouting that from the rooftops because like it, it got bought and then it came in and, and Zach was like, hey, Disney, I know I got this weird movie. And like, we're with you 100% of the way. We're putting this movie out. And pray and pray exactly like every fear that everyone had about disney buying all these like they are the best at turning shit around yeah. and like i 100 see like man doctor who being on disney plus doctor who's never gonna be more popular in the united states than it is gonna be on disney or internationally plus. or internationally like this is so this is gonna blow up doctor who again like that's, after that first resurgence that's their hope and goal that's incredible uh, the, i love it i i agree with all of that i also can't wait for the lisa simpson meets the doc the 15th doctor short that'll eventually get made oh hell yeah that'll <laughs> be great the interesting thing here is this is so this is like so strategic by the way like this is insanely strategic like the idea that you you've got disney plus which is one of the most popular streaming services on, on, on in america certainly um for families for families you're gonna have new doctor who on there it's david mm -hmm. tennant who's already the most popular uh america uh, in america and they a, a logo that harkens back to the previous the previously most popular era of doctor who so you got everyone being like, "Oh, Doctor Who, hell yeah!" I can already see like you look at the Disney Plus like homepage Previous of like, "Look who's here!" And it's just like David Tennant, like, "It's me, I'm here." Previously most popular era, which the Colin Baker, the Colin Tom Baker, Tom four, Tom Baker, got it. Okay. Tom Baker, he was the most popular in America for decades. Okay, so uh, I, I get you now. I get you. I, the the previous most popular area was confusing because I knew where the logo was coming from, but I got yeah. you um yeah i'm i'm super stoked i'm catching up doctor who i'm excited to be able to watch it especially if this is if it's true that it's day and date hell yeah baby it is game it, changer it is it, on one point it is sad that it's over a year away that gives me so much time to catch up yeah, yeah. so that's a good thing that is a good thing and it's just crazy that we're at a place where like we've always wanted to be at this place where we will watch doc we got doctor who like a year after it would air in in in, in britain and like they kept trying to shorten it as much as they could but they couldn't now if we potentially get a day and day sparks is right game changer like man mm -hmm. we're gonna be part of the conversation with the people in britain oi it's insane they're gonna hate us they will hate us they already <laughs> do so what's new <laughs> we already left you can't take us back uh i'm really excited for that though yeah me too cool especially because i got david Tennant back I don't care how long it is. Three episodes? I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers Discovery. This is uh, uh, mostly good news, I would actually say. So, uh, I just want to preface this with uh, uh, audience, if you want bad news for, for Warner Brothers Discovery, look up Lord of the Rings NFTs and leave me alone. Um, mm -hmm. We did right. talk about that briefly on our, quarter, on our quarterly, That's actually. True. So there you go. That, that also got announced the morning we recorded. <laughs> I legitimately almost put that in there. I'll put that in there. And I was reading the articles like, yeah, I can't be bothered to talk about this. <laughs> Don't give it the light of day. Yeah. No, no. I, uh... Don't so, get Ben started. Don't you get Ben started on NFTs. Hold me back. Hold me back. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right. 
so for a while, David Zaslav, we've been talking about it. David Zaslav has been looking for his own Kevin Feige. It was revealed this weekend that he actually approached Kevin Feige for the job. That had been um, rumored before, too. So. It had been rumored. I thought I thought he didn't approach him. I thought he knew better. I honestly <laughs> thought he would have been a smarter man to actually ask. Guys, the moment like the Zaslav stuff started coming out, I was like, he definitely did that. He definitely went I to just Kevin wanted, Feige and thought he could pull it. I don't know why I was trying to give him the benefit of a doubt. Yeah. But like, no, you are just really bad at your job. Well. He did a move that I'm actually really excited about. Mm -hmm. um, so, realizing that he can't uh, that he can't find a Kevin Feige figure because he's very... Kevin Feige, I've talked about, is very unique in producing a world. It's very difficult to find one. To, people have been trying for decades. And he decided to go with a Pixar route for his new newly formed DC studios. So James Gunn and Peter Safran have been hired as co-CEOs of DC studios, which is an insane to me. Yeah. This, uh, the Pixar analogy is great because this, a, a filmmaker getting a boost, like getting an upgrade like this in the studio world is almost unheard of. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not, it's unheard of in live action. It's yeah. never been done um, in live action. And Again, this is one of those news stories, like like the Witcher one, where like for for like an hour, I was like, I don't believe this. Like until until like until James Gunn again posted on his Instagram, like, nah, this is real. I'm like, holy shit. I remember we were talking about the rumors that James Gunn would take it over, and we said no, he shouldn't take it over, and now he is. Well, the thing is, like, I don't. I, we all assumed he didn't want it because like he didn't yeah. want, like he offered a Superman movie and he said no to it, and like that's awesome. That's like baller. The fact that he said no to a Superman movie. And then was offered, hey, do you still want to run this shit how you want to run it and like do what you need to do creatively? It's such a baller move. And he is like we all love James Gunn as a filmmaker. That dude has he has such a a a craft of character. And that is what Warner Brothers needs. It's someone who knows character. And someone who can trickle down all the good shit that like comic book people like. This is they they couldn't have picked a better person, honestly. And I wanna real quickly bounce off of what Ryan said, <clears throat> um, which is like, you know, we we he had never expressed interest in doing this and when he turned down that superman movie was during hamada's run this is how quickly like dc like warner Bros. has changed in the past like 10 years hamada approached him with a superman movie he said no and got the suicide squad and a different regime offered him to run dc films that's yeah crazy and, and the thing is we know oh sorry you go first yeah oh, i was just gonna say to ben's point like if uh, i will say that if this was still if this was just James Gunn taking over, I would be trepidatious about it. Not because I don't have faith in him or I don't like what he does, right? I, it's purely from a, I feel like that would be too overwhelming for yeah, going yeah. to that position solo. Yes. I, I feel like James Gunn would, would hold it, but he would ultimately back out of it. Yes. Um, Getting help, yeah. Yeah, but I think doubling it up allows James Gunn the freedom to not be responsible for every single piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, uh, Peter Saffron... Um, yeah. has been working with James Gunn for many years. Uh, before he was a producer, he was a manager, and James Gunn was one of his clients. Um, he's produced many James Gunn movies. He's produced tons of movies, great movies, honestly, Conjuring, the Conjuring films, um, the DC films up until this point. Um, he's been producing those. Um, and so he'll handle the business side of everything, and James Gunn will handle the creative side of everything. And what I think is really great about this, kind of going back to the Pixar model, is that not only will James Gunn be running the business, co-running the business, 
he will also be able to direct his own projects such as Peacemaker or an upcoming movie that he's been kind of rumored about recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the fact that he's like, cause that would, that would also be a huge bummer if like he got this upgrade, but he stopped making movies Yeah, and that yeah. would be a disaster. Cause like, I don't want, I, I'd rather you not <laughs> become a businessman and please. Um, the thing that I am most fascinated by is for the past month or two, we've talked about how awful Zavzlaw's regime is, how awful the new Warner brothers discovery, how all this shit, I don't think James Gunn would have took this job unless he had true freedom under Zaslav. There's no way someone like James Gunn would take this job, especially as after coming from Disney of all places where they fired him. God, knowing, biggest mistake they could have made. Holy shit. And knowing James about Gunn. the Batgirl stuff. Like yeah. there's no way he wouldn't have something in there that says you can't pull a Batgirl on. Absolutely. Like I, can, I there, there must be clause after clause in his contract. Or like, you are not canceling any of my shit. All right. Like you want me to do this? You, I'm going to do it. You have to let me do it my way. Because look at like Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker, two of the best things that DCU's ever made. And I'm like, oh, this is like, I, I, this is such good news. After that, all the Zaslav bullshit, I'm like, oh my god, the DC like they actually have a future. Wow. That, that contract, just to, sorry, Brandon, just to jump off what Ryan's saying, that contract has to be ironclad, where Zaslav cannot interfere and pull off any of his bullshit. Yeah. So about the hierarchy of the DC universe, um, the uh, so David Zaslav will be at the top. And then James Gunn and Peter Safran only report to him, but they will work independently with the other department heads of HBO Max, Cartoon Network, uh, sorry, Warner Brothers Animation. I forgot. Sorry. RIP. Um, and uh, uh, Warner Brothers Studios um, to work on everything. So James Gunn and Peter Safran will run everything. Animation, TV shows. Everything. actually kevin feige like yeah. not not like a fake like oh we need to find our own kevin feige they are running dc entertainment like that's insane In, i can't believe it like yeah. james gunn i cannot imagine i can't imagine the conversation he had at home like like try, like weighing to take this offer because this is like the biggest offer you know he talked to kevin too oh yeah 100%. he definitely contacted kevin feige yeah. and said i want your in, your advice on this yeah mm -hmm. i'm sure kevin's like bro like this is also they need help to help them do it this is also I'll... how the marvel versus dc crossover film happens yeah, yeah. This... i also i want to say it sorry but i even heard like a quote from i don't know if this is real or not but someone asked kevin feige the second the news broke was like what are you saying kevin feige said i'll be first in line with anything that james gunn puts out i will be there yeah, of course. Yeah, he also one, joked for like he still has another year of his movies coming out, so he better get back to work. Lol. Once Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, so their job starts November first. Once Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three opens, James Gunn will be exclusive for DC. Um, he will he will not be able to obviously he's running the studio, so he won't be able to do extra projects. What I think is really great about this, so I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think this move by Zaslav is brilliant. Legitimately, yeah. I think it's brilliant, and I think what it allows is if this this is an experiment this is this is an experiment this is a gamble and i love it because of that what this can do ideally look you know you i like to think the best in people sometimes what this could do is open the door for more creative voices behind the scenes in these high level executive positions like we see in pixar um you know this is not done in live action and perhaps if this experiment works for these four years which he's got his four years exclusive contract if this experiment works maybe other studios start doing the same thing. And I think that's really great that we could essentially position more studios to have this, this structure. Yeah. And, and with Gunn coming to DC, he's going to bring a lot of his friends and like, and like not just actors, but other filmmakers to, to, to DC. Like, right. uh, like we, 
uh, uh, Batista, Dave Batista. Yes. He has said how much he's not. He's done with Marvel. He's done with Disney. He's not after Guardians. He's done. He's done with that. You know his ass is jumping over whatever James Gunn's gonna do. People mm-hmm. want to like Bane. That is the that is a perfect choice. Like that that is cool. Like the future is so bright. Like it's it's do we? Is, I don't know if it's on news, but is there is there Superman news? There is. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, the future is so bright with with the one two punch of Black Adam and James Gunn. I'm like, wow. Like we've been doing the show for a lot of years, and despite like even good movies coming out, like DC's always been kind of scattershot. Like this is the first time in in six years we're like, wow, they got. They got a plan. Whoa. Whoa. This it is does kind of felt good since BBS. Yeah. <laughs> it does kind of feel it does kind of feel like this is this is kind of like uh putting the money where your mouth is when Zaslov everyone says we got a 10-year plan for DC. It doesn't really look like it. Uh this does look like putting your money where your mouth is in that case. Yeah. I do hope that that James Gunn keeps Hamada's uh, kind of director first mentality. It does sound like he will from his, from just what he's been saying about doing this. He wants to work with the best people and let them be able to do their thing. Um, that's, I think where DC strength was in the Hamada era of just like, we're getting like distinct director led visions uh, for these movies. And I hope that continues because I think that's the best part. That's the thing I want to see continue from the Hamada era. Yeah. more than And anything. this is going to, this is going to sound crazy. It's like, uh, uh, James Gunn could never be a better producer than Kevin Feige, right? He doesn't have mm-hmm. this, he doesn't have the same amount of experience. But James Gunn, being a filmmaker and working under the Disney corporate umbrella of the MCU, taking that to the DCU, this potentially has can create something far better than what the MCU can give us in terms of like in terms of uh, uh, I'm trying to say this. Like every phase feels a little wonky. Like James Gunn now having been through all this can give us like here's the true trajectory for ten years. It doesn't got to be phases. It just be we'll put out movie after movie, then we'll get adjusted. Like he he has so much experience working on both sides. He can create something like truly great as like this mega producer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just so thrilled. And again, him showing up means other people are gonna want to show up, so we can see cool people show up. And I'm like, because like we talked about it, like with all this Warner Brothers shit happening like it was it could have scared off filmmakers and actors like their shit's getting canceled left and right like yeah. nobody felt safe this feels like safety for superheroes in a way uh uh and because we care about this shit so much like we want it to be good uh just you know make that justice league versus crime syndicate movie uh that's the that's the justice league movie i want more than anything be, people have been talking about online I, I, so easy. Oh, you got all your characters just have evil versions of them show up it's so easy they said uh someone mentioned that christian bale should be Owlman in a fan cast i think it should be george clooney i would much prefer george clooney mm. oh i want to be really him. cool I that was like i don't care about life let's kill everything i want to see that george clooney. <laughs> yeah because like I, this is kind of i had this fan cast when ben affleck was batman i was like you know what would be really great is george clooney as Owlman. just for some reason those two look great look great together i, I would very much be into that yeah um yeah, this is um this is an optimistic moment yeah a little little bit more about this um so james gunn and peter saffron will not direct joker folio dough and uh anything related to the batman um it is not clear who will take over producing duties for the batman most likely the same duo mm-hmm. who <clears throat> run warner brothers studios the film division of warner brothers uh michael deluca and pat and pam abdi will will produce the joker sequel and um everything else will be under gun um the yeah that's cool. love it i yeah um and like hey like however you feel about that that first joker movie like i i'm glad that it gets to exist because it is a unique thing uh i'm really excited for that that harley quinn musical starring lady gaga 
So like, I'm really glad that, that that still gets to exist while also having the Batman sequel also building whatever new DCU you're trying to build. Like, it just it just feels so so good right now. Like, yeah. it, it's, again, again, after the last couple of weeks of just talking nonstop shit about Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. like it's they finally did something right. Like, it's great. Yeah, it's very refreshing. That's for that's for damn sure. Yeah. The Green Lantern TV series has been radio silent for a number of months. Um, we finally got some news on it, though. It's going to be completely overhauled. Um, this came out in the wake of the James Gunn stuff. Might be related, might not. Um, Seth Graham Smith, who is the showrunner for the for the for the series as it was, Greg Berlanti was producing. Um, this is the one that was going to have like Jessica um, Cruz, Simon Baz, Alan Scott, Guy Gardner. Um, will now feature only John Stewart as the main Green Lantern of that of that series. Um, Seth Graham Smith, the showrunner, has left. They're going to look for a new a new showrunner, um, mm-hmm. and it will have a significantly less budget than the initial series. You know what I want for my Green Lantern? A low budget, <laughs> right? Because it's not like that's a show that needs special effects or anything. You know, it's not like it's a character who creates constructs or anything. Um, that's I I. Because the show is like not existing yet, I don't care. Like, I don't even know what what it could be. So, like, I like John Stewart. Like, maybe having a focus Green Lantern is a better better idea than like as as much as the core trying to follow a bunch of different people. Like, like I think it's a better first idea for like a wide non comic reading audience. Yeah, to, to, to establish try and, it, try and establish a character they can connect with before you expand into yeah. all these others. While I would love to see characters like Jessica Cruz, yeah, I think you do start a foundation before you launch into that because every. Uh, a large amount of the population's core memory of Green Lantern John is Stewart. the Ryan Reynolds movie. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. then, and then maybe the Justice League cartoon. Okay. But I'm talking people who wouldn't even watch those cartoons or aren't from that generation. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Honestly, like Green Green Lantern in the last couple of years, really, like not much representation, even in the comics. No, it's true. Uh, besides, like a like a Grant Morrison uh, maxi or whatever, but like, man, Green Lantern. I'll, let's, let's do something, Green Lantern. Come on. I am so on board for a Green Lantern series. Still, I just I don't want this to come out already. This is kind of getting ridiculous. This we've been talking about the show for like I feel like years at this point. Yeah. The Flash, the the, scri- the script for the sequel has already been written. It was turned in by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. That was okay. quick. Writer of Conjuring Two and Three and Aquaman. Well, that's a Warner Brothers guy. Um, here here's the thing, y'all. I am praying. And it's not. It's, this isn't looking looking likely because apparently just Ezra Miller's just free of all charges or whatever because that's how America works. Um, that that character that Barry would like, we he would get Doctor Who'd at the end of the thing because of like dimension stuff, and it's just a new actor. Because like I really, I want to see that movie for all the reasons that except that it's about the Flash that sucks. Because like I want to see Batman, I want to see Supergirl, I want to see I want to see that world. Uh, but it's just really hard for me to, to watch that movie when that should leave with that should leave. So. Mm-hmm. If they if they're making another one with the same actor, I just it's hard for me to want to be invested. I, agree. Yeah, I keep for, I also keep forgetting that we're getting a Flash movie. To and be appara- like I think they're pushing so hard because like those test screenings are probably true. That movie probably is really fun. It probably it might be really really good. It's unfortunately that the main act the main star of it is an abuser and that, and, and it's disgusting and, and like it's just it's, it's it's cult man cult of the lamb cult of the miller. It's just a bummer situation. I hope. He gets derezzed and we get a new actor. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 
I have slightly more faith now that it's under Gun and Saffron's pre- purview for the sequel oh, going forward. That, good point. That, that things can be better good or point. change. Um, so even if this script is shit, I think Gun will be like, this is bad. Pick something else. Good. New script. Yeah. Good point. New good Flash. Point. Having, um, having, yeah, having a, a good moralist person there is probably helpful too, yeah. Like James. Yeah, just get Grant Gustin to do the movie. I don't know. No, I just don't think he wants to. Let him, let him, let him sleep. Let him sleep. I his his daughter. (laughs) I will say, I do want a cameo. I did want a cameo. Do did I want to be disappointed if it wasn't? I'll still take a cameo. Sure, I'll take a cameo of him. And because if it's like a flashpoint thing, he's running through dimensions, and Grant Gustin's in there. Sure, and it only makes and it only makes sense because he showed up on the TV show. So it'd be a fun uh, connect. Like I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. Superman. Well, if you've seen Black Adam, you already know Superman, Henry Cavill. Or himself. if you just followed The Rock for the last three weeks, he's been spoiling it himself. Like, literally just spoiling it on national television. <laughs> Hold when, on, real quick. Grayson in the chat goes, hashtag faith in gun. Yes. I, in guns. I uh, yeah, it was really funny because, like, the, the leak happened. Like, it leaked that he was in the movie. And then, um, I didn't, I, I saw that after. But then he started being like, you know, Black Adam is the strongest person on the planet. But the strongest person on the universe has been put behind bars for far too long, and that's all I'll yeah. say. I was like, "Well, you just you just said it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, Henry Cavill's back as Superman. I'm happy about that. I love him. I'm so grateful that he can come back to that role. He clearly loved. Yeah. Um. And a new film is in the very early development of uh uh uh, uh for him, and I'm good. Good. Did you see Brandon? Did you see who the rumored front runner is? And it makes me want to vomit. Christopher McQuarrie? No, David Yates. Oh. Yeah. Uh. I made the joke to Sparks. Wow, you found somebody who desaturates color even more than Zack Snyder. Oh, no. That's that's not the rumor, and I don't believe it. Jesus Christ, please, can we have color in a Superman movie? Please, please, Jesus. I would, I I know Christopher McQuarrie. He pitched a Superman movie. He'll never do it. He'll never do a Superman movie. I I wished we lived in the world where he got to. Um, Yeah, I I just want a good director, man. Give, him, give yeah. that man a good director. I again under under gun, I have a little more faith because um, he'll he'll definitely get that get that uh, uh, boat on 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 the right track. Um, yeah, it's just really cool that he's back. You know, it's it is weird that like the last movie he was really in, he was dead for the entire part of it, and then another movie came out where he's even dead for twice as long, but he's still in it. And I was like, can we just get a f- fucking Superman? Like, what? Come yeah. on, come on. It's yeah, great. that's the, the yeah. I, I kind of wrote about that like. It, it having like a headless Superman and then a blacked out Superman like from Shazam and Peacemaker was always like, so he's here, but you just refuse to bring back Henry Cavill, who's like throwing himself at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, don't worry. Don't worry, Warner Brothers. They got Liam now. So you got Henry. It's it's optimistic just because like, well, I still wish we could see at least one, if not both of the black Superman projects, because I don't think that those were misguided or need to not exist just because we're getting this. Yeah. Um, I still think it's great for Henry Cavill because Henry Cavill is a great Superman for our generation who has not been allowed to have a great Superman film. True. I agree. Um, I did see in the same report of Henry Cavill kind of having this like this moment. He says like there is such a bright future ahead for the character, and I'm so excited to tell a story with an enormously joyful Superman. In one of these reports, it was stated that the Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman of the 1940s Clark Kent is still in 
active development, which could just uh, which could discredit the rumor that we heard way back that it was being retooled into a white Superman movie. That'd be great. Yeah. Again, like under this new regime, maybe James is like, no. How about diversity? Is yes. How about yeah? <laughs> there's there's the kind of thing like Hamada. Hamada was really chaotic when it came to when it came to DC. Like he was throwing darts at a wall, and he he just he wasn't he wanted this multiverse strategy, and he had this idea of all these different things can exist in everything. And so because we, we had that's why we had the Valzad in the 1940s kind of Cut Superman movie. Um, and so, so I, I do wonder if maybe James Gunn will, because he's not doing, he's not producing Batman or the Joker or Joker fully a doe. Uh, if he is going to pull back from the multiverse aspect of it uh, to, to kind of like rain DC, rain the chaos, the remaining chaos that Hamada put DC in uh, to kind of like rein it in and bringing it all back into like one, one vision. Yeah. So maybe there isn't room for uh, the Ta-Nehisi Coates or Valzad. I don't, perhaps I, there could be. I don't feel like that's true when we have the Batman because like e even though this would be produced by Gunn like if you can have a story that's about a Batman that's not in the main world that yeah. most of our other films are taking place we can do that with a black Superman too there's just there's no reason there's no real reason not to do it sure that's um, true I was just I was just spitballing yeah no and I, I I see what you mean Brandon like instead of kind of just doing like like we just make everything because we can like it like it is yeah. a more focused approach so I see I see what you're saying I think yeah. I think like you know the goal doesn't need to be, especially I think this was probably more likely with Valsab where you would get like a black Superman crossing over to the, to the other characters kind of thing from, from the multiverse. I don't think we need to do that, but I think you still can have just like Joker, a standalone black Superman in the forties. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and that be very effective and cool. I have to imagine because Marvel is just double, triple quadrupling down on multiverse stuff. Like that's literally what we're building to. I have, I want to, I want to believe that like, DC is probably going to back away from that because, like, the Flash, we know we're dealing with all that shit. But the Flash is the only movie that's dealing with all that shit. So, like, maybe if that could be the only one that's multiversal, we can James can do anything. But no, we can just keep it kind of grounded. But everything is still fun. Like, you know, uh, we don't need to be, we don't need to do the Marvel thing. We don't need yeah. alternate characters showing up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think an important thing to acknowledge is that it's nice that we're free of Hamada at least because like some good things have come out, but some bad things have come out. Certainly bad things happened under Hamada's reign. It was a scattershot. It was a shit show. To be honest, after BVS, I never, I never felt like he actually had faith in any project. Yeah. I think he just took shots and hoped that they landed. And when they did, he took credit. And when he did, they didn't, he blamed someone else. Mm -hmm. um, we know about all the Ray Fisher stuff. Like Hamada was a shit show in handling that. Um, and uh, he took I, over I, from John's. Which, I think it's better. I think it's better that he's parted ways so that something better can happen with these DC projects. Working. Again, like some good projects got made under him, but a lot of bad ones mm -hmm. and a lot of bad faith decisions were made with yeah. him. Yeah, I, I agree, Grayson. I I do I do want to see that. I do like Flashpoint Batman. Want your, you want your Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Thomas yeah, thing? I think that'd be fun. Like I, if he shows up with the Flash, like hey, it's a Flashpoint movie. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's cool. That, I like him. That has been the rumor for a long time that Zack Snyder was going to do a Flashpoint Batman movie or something or something. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan was even saying like, yeah, I'm definitely doing it, and we're all like, felt more like a threat. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Zack, no. Um, I feel like Grayson. If that is going to happen, it would have already occurred for the Flash film, and we'll find out when it comes out. Yeah. True. Because that's Ben Affleck's last appearance, so theoretically the last connection to. Oh my God, it's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. 
Oh, I hope he's and that is movie. Flashpoint. So I hope that's in that movie yeah. then, actually. <coughs> uh, yeah. So, man. All right. The Batman. There is other Batman news. Um, the Batman. Uh, a got the Gotham PD series that we heard a little bit about. Uh, we kind of heard it turn into an Arkham Asylum series, or it was just dead. Uh, it is still in development. It's a separate thing from the Arkham Asylum series. So there are now, I guess, three spinoffs in development. Including Penguin, Penguin, Arkham Asylum, Gotham PD, even though they said the Gotham PD actually became an Arkham Asylum because we thought that made sense. And now they're saying, no, wait, never mind. We're going to make them all. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right. I'll take it. Give me more Batman. Um, uh, Ant- Antonio Campos, who was the creator of The Staircase, I believe, TV series, um, will direct and showrun the Arkham Asylum series. So they got okay. a director for that. Cool, cool, cool. Matt Reeves is apparently meeting with writers and directors for spinoff uh, movies and shows that will be focused on the Batman's rogues galleries. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the names that are tossed around are, you know, Scarecrow, Clayface, and Professor Pig, which are... Uh, this, Professor Pig, Grant Morrison! This is all great. I am super thrilled about it. I would really, really prefer if going forward, the main DCU stuff that involves Batman is all Batman showing up in other people's stories. Sure. Or other members of the Bat family. Mm-hmm. I don't want more Batman focused media yeah, if we're yeah. getting this much in the Batman, which is great. Yeah. I want the main DCEU to not feel also cluttered with Batman. No, I, I, I'll, yeah. I will agree with that. We have that enough Batman. Words Professor Pig, and I'm just like, I'm selling yeah. we, <laughs> we have enough Batman stuff in the comics, and we know Batman is the most popular DC hero. I would be totally fine with Batman showing up in other well, people's was... films. What was really interesting, um, so in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, um, they actually couldn't use Batman as much as they wanted to. He was he's not in every episode of the show, he's in most, but like he's not in every episode. And his rose gallery is never in the show except for one instance. Um, and then the um uh and and, and that was because the Batman was airing. So we could be essentially seeing like a live action version of that, where like we've got a ton of Batman stuff. You get it, you know Batman, you get it. Here's a different Batman, though, in this universe, like Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I question, I question how much of these are like, well, like all, like four villains are getting four TV shows. Like, I, I wonder if it is more like a, and it just hasn't said it, it is more like a Marvel special presentation thing, where it's like a short film about Professor Pig. In I've this wondered universe. this as well because I, I, can't, I love Professor Pig. He's a crazy Morrison villain, but like. I don't need four four TV shows about random. Yeah, honestly, that's like, honestly that's I, a great way to go. It's like a lot of those nice tight stories, but just, but, but just making stuff. more of them because you can, and mm-hmm. just like really fleshing out the world of the Batman and and all the characters that we can get there in that whole cast. And I think that's great. And leave it in that pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it just seems I, like a lot of stuff. I think mm-hmm. I also wonder if this is what they did with the trench when it was revealed that it was actually a Black Manta movie, is this something, are these something else that they're not telling us? Are these like a Nightwing movie or a Batman oh, or a that, movie? That, or like a secret <laughs> James Gordon project that's right, just yeah. called Professor Pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually pretty smart. Like, Renan Montoya does this villain. That's actually, mm, we could be on something. Did you say James Gordon? Well, Jim is short for James. No, I know. I just, <laughs> I heard James Corden. Oh, God! So I thought oh. you were saying, like, Hello, he Professor Pig! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I would die. I, that was a nightmare scenario. Oh, I lived oh in my for God. a second. No, but James Gordon Jr., who is a serial killer son of Jim Gordon, has no reason he, that he couldn't show up and mess with his pops. I, I actually wonder... I would love it if... Look, we're never going to get this. The Batman is unfortunately too grounded for a, a clay-faced serial killer 
movie where he changes his face made out of clay. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, cool. If you want to pay $70 for a mediocre experience, you can see that in Gotham Knights out right now. Uh, I, I heard not great things about that. It's fine. I need to save it for God of War anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grayson's right. Uh, Batman doing a bunch of Stanley like cameos in a, in a ton of properties and then like yeah. having his, his Hulk like appearances in mainstay. Hey, pieces. Suicide Squad, bad movie. Batman just showing up to punch some dude, Harley Quinn in the, in the, in the river. I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah. And then, of course, Grayson has to talk about a Nightwing movie. Yeah. You know how much I love Dick. Yeah. I love Dick Grayson. We all love Dick. Always. 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 It's my favorite. Trailers. Oh. Wow, thank God. Uh, Sparks, why don't we talk about the Santa Clauses? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, uh, right. It, it just, it's just not what I expected them to give us in terms of a story. Yeah. I was surprised at how little we are getting to see. Um, uh, Calpen. Thank you, Calpen, uh, in this. Can I be honest, y'all? Even though I don't care about the Santa Claus, I still didn't think this was a very good trailer. Yeah. That, that's just me. I thought, I thought the jokes were pretty generic. I thought it was a generically shot trailer. Uh, Tim Allen's back. Uh, Wait, Cal Penn is in the Santa Claus movie? No, he's in this new show. He's in this. He's going to be like the new Santa Claus, but we don't barely see him. He's literally the guy in the first shot of this trailer. He's with those kids. He's not in in it a lot, which is weird. Okay, yeah, because I... It's it's confusing because everybody's assumed, though it hasn't been said, that Cal Penn is the person taking over Santa... At by the end of this, so that oh. if they did more Santa things in the future, it would be Cal Penn. Um, oh. They have not said that that's what's happening. So it's interesting. It in might the, be in avoiding trailer, that. In the it's trailer. interesting in this trailer that uh, he replaced, he retired and put someone else in the job. And I don't think it's Cal Penn. So I'm wondering who this other person that he puts in the job is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, oh, it nice. was interesting because, like, I had assumed from the first trailer or just from the idea of what just from like the idea was that he he was retiring because he didn't want to die you know like i don't think i don't actually think the santa claus series wants to deal with the fact that most of the santas that we know about have died before they passed on the 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 santa claus um and i wonder i thought maybe like that's what they were doing like tim allen was like hey i don't i'd like to live a life with my kids and not die so i'm just gonna retire um but the idea that he's retiring because like people are are stopping to believe in christmas well i think i think we're just just from elf that's a weird i think i think they're doing both brandon i think that it is that he wants to have that life now he wants to just be done he wants to retire um and and it is also him kind of being like i've lost the magic for this uh uh you know that's really when anybody wants to retire from the job they have right is the moment that it stops being what you wanted it to be you want to leave yeah um and I think that that makes sense. Um, I, I, just, I agree with Ryan. I just don't think it was a particularly well cut trailer. I'm still kind of in the dark on on how I'm going to feel about it. We'll see. It definitely feels like they're they're not showing Cal Penn on purpose. I definitely think yeah his story is more central to it, and there's they don't want to spoil that. That's what it feels like. But it's weird to not want to. It's weird to like the Santa Claus has the secrecy of a Marvel movie or. It's actually a big misdirect, and he and it's he's just I'm always going to be Santa Claus. Tim Allen's back, baby, and then we no, all. Cry. I think I think he's going to find out that like Cal Penn has more, uh, be, like because of his relationship with his kids has more of the spirit of Christmas inside of him than like anyone else Scott's ever met before. Yeah, even yeah. more than himself at this point. And so he's like, you should really. I just to... still lament the, the the future that that the Santa Claus was originally rated R movie, and that and those movies how different they would be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Well, we're getting Deadly Night. That's true. Violet. David Harbour. <laughs> Violet Night. Violet Night. Yeah, it's all. I love it. To be Hero X. Yeah, this looks incredible. I love this trailer. This trailer. I mean, this will blew me away. And it was a it was a decently long trailer, but the spectacle that I witnessed. It's not even like a trailer. It's like a short film. I don't care. Yeah, Sign like, my ass up. It, it like teases up the concept of the end because you get like flashes of the characters yeah. you're going to be in. Like there's going to be a tournament and contest. It's like a proof of concept. Hero. Yeah. Just I <laughs> love how it changes animation styles and it keeps and the and the way that X's uh, power is. I'm like, this is amazing and just how fluid. I don't, you know, I don't want to talk how about this trailer. This this is definitely one of those trailers that you need to see it to believe it. It's yeah, it's it's mixing two D and three D, probably better than anything I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, but like that's like that's the that's the goal of the show is to is to be mixing these together. But like having a character's power set designed around doing yeah that is really and like special. he's able to like turn the villains like when he goes back into like it, like the three D world like they are they they become locked in two D they become locked in two D on the wall like graffiti. Mm -hmm. uh, having that power set is so big it's huge so i'm curious how what the show is going to look like as it, who its villains are because right. like almost like a one punch man like how do you have any like threats when you can so, bend reality at your whim yeah so, i think that's exciting i think that is kind of going to be part of the gimmick is like you kind of you kind of can't beat x yeah um but but a lot of people want to strive to and it's a superhero uh, show they've got such incredible beats like i really want to highlight because like it's a it's a if you're not paying enough attention you won't catch it but when he traps like one of these dudes that he's fighting he traps in a plank and he flips back into the uh uh from the 3D world, he picks up the plank with the guy trapped inside of it. He flips back in the 2D world and throws the plank, but he's now throwing the guy at the other guys. Yeah. Uh, and that's how he can change between those things and change how they react in the physics of it. It's so uh, smart. This is also very notable because it's coming from a Chinese animation studio, which is rare. We, we usually are getting big anime ideas like this coming from Japan or Korea. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the, the premise for the show is in this, the really quick subtitles at the end, um, which is that it, the most powerful hero in the world or in the city is the one that the people most believe in. So if you, so it's like their belief is creating a more and more powerful person. So if people believe that X is the most powerful hero in the world, he is. And so all those characters we see in the kind of the flashcards that we see in the movie, in the in the in the trailer, are people who are going to be vying for that top spot to have people believe in them more than X. To usurp X, it's pretty cool. It is cool, and like there have been so many like superhero animes come out. Like my first one that I watched before My Hero and before One Punch Man was Tiger and Bunny, which is a mm -hmm. which is a a reality like a live <clears throat> reality television show about superheroes like fighting crime, almost like Big Brother. Uh, so like we're like every year we're getting a new superhero anime, uh, and the way that they're able to keep it fresh and it's not just oh we're fighting each other uh, uh, is really cool. And this just looks like wild and why and it's like so beautiful uh and just and and very special because like it can only be made in animation and it yeah. can be only be made at this point where you can master 2d and 3d yeah this definitely feels like a like uh like a, a arcane like this took six years to make so like don't ask for the next season as soon as it's out because <laughs> it's <laughs> to make. uh yeah. yeah this is incredibly promising yeah sonic prime yeah this animation looks really good um I'm hoping that this is not the whole story of the season. 
I don't want to only be in this place. Oh, he's an isekai? Where he goes to another world? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope that it's it's got something more going on than just that. Um, this, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it too. <laughs> um, even so, like, it still looks like a looks higher like level fun. Sonic show than than most. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a lot of underground vibes. Would you say also, Ben? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling that too. It's not a bad thing. Um, that is a that is a cartoon where Sonic had two friends who don't exist anywhere else in the canon. Two, nope, um, two siblings. Yeah. Oh. Uh, two two characters, and uh, they they were part of a punk band essentially that fought against Eggman, um, living in the rock underground. Uh, it, yep. it's it's cool. It has style. It, it's fun. Um, this this reminds me a lot. This place they go to reminds me a lot of trying to capture that idea. Mm-hmm yeah um i'm actually i like how it's a different universe where you see like the characters we know and love like amy has is has like is kind of like buddy rabot in a way where he has she has cybernetic enhancements um everyone's like a little tougher but they still want to go up against uh eggman um i'm i'm digging this to be perfectly honest i do i also kind of hope that this is like a one season thing so if we get more seasons of sonic prime we get more and this isn't where we're stuck the whole time so i don't want sonic x again but now it's in this underground world yeah yeah exactly you, um, you get I, me you get me yeah yeah oh i got uh, that i got you i got you. yeah i i mean i i'm still down. i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna have fun with this so i mean i'm still i'm i'm hoping it's good but i i so far i i'll enjoy this my my thought was that it seems like the other characters besides Sonic went somewhere else. So I'm wondering if we'll see those somewhere else's because he's I think he's meeting the characters of those versions of them in this world. Yeah. So his friends went to other places, and I wonder if we'll get to see some of those adventures as well. Oh my god! It's yeah. Just like it's kind of it's kind of, yeah 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 yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Poker face, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Um, really great that Ryan Johnson's doing it. This looks like a hell of a cast. I don't have a lot else to say about it because it's a very short look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. It is more of a look. I wouldn't even call it a good trailer because it's just like he's very making a thing. Teaser. Look who's in it. <clears throat> cool. Uh, I had to scroll through a few music videos to get to it, but it, it looks. <laughs> it's really. Cool. It's really cool. That's like you know what I like making murder mysteries. What if I do a whole TV show? What if I just do a whole TV show about about a detective lady? And I'm like, hey, yeah. Ryan, you found your groove. You like this your, show. You like this the show reunites him with Joseph Gordon-Levitt for the first time in years. Brought that um, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that. This is also going to be every episode is a standalone murder mystery. And I think also, that's really cool. Brothers Bloom because Orlando uh, 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 it's, got, it's got a very large nose. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody's in it. Yes. Adrian Brody. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like who we got on display. It's Ryan Johnson. I'm excited. This is great. Hell yeah. Peacock. Yeah. Okay. Um, 1899. Yeah. Yo, man. Yo, man, it's the past. We got a ghost ship? I saw the ghost ship movie, and I always wanted a better execution of that idea, so I'm stoked that we're getting one. Yeah, because that opening, uh, the opening of Ghost Ship is like the best five minutes of an opening ever in a horror movie, and then the rest of the movie happens. Is that the one with the wire that cuts off everyone's head to little girl? Iconic. Iconic shit. Uh, Yeah, this looks... So Dark is a show I have not watched. I've had multiple people recommend it to me because Twin Peaks is my favorite show. And people saying Dark is very mysterious and it's very... It is very Lynchian in the way it's made. And and it's, like, very spooky. So, like, I have to watch Dark. Uh, This looks awesome. I love the vibes. I love... Just like Dark, it is is both multi-ethnic. Like, it is multiple languages, multicultural. Um... It just seems like a really, really spooky, awful time aboard this lost ghost ship. I love the idea of a haunted ship lost at sea. 
Um, I, I've always kind of, I've always kind of liked the idea of that. I, this reminds me of something, but I can't for the life of me figure out what, um, but it, it, um, it looks really good. I was re I really enjoyed this trailer and I really love the look of everything, mm -hmm. uh, how they've recreated like the spooky ship. Uh, that kind of uneasiness there is really, really cool. Yeah, I, I like how, like, the first part of the trailer, like, you don't really know what's going on, like, with the ghost ship. And then some dude starts doing, like, a seance prayer mm -hmm. to, like, a demon or whatever. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, come on. You don't do that on a ghost ship. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very into it. Uh, Willow released a new trailer actually this morning. Minute, minute look. I'm still, it's still, still going to watch this show. Looks good. So it's, it a minute, good. it's a minute look, and the reason why I put it on here is because I was actually really surprised at how much new we saw in this minute long look. Like this wasn't, this felt like a, a, it could have been a longer trailer, and I was surprised that it wasn't. Most of the footage in this wasn't hasn't been seen before, and we get a little bit more about the plot, um, kind of what the what the actual crux of it is. Um, someone is missing, and Willow needs to find them. Mm -hmm. I um, my memory on Willow is from when I was twelve, which means it doesn't exist anymore. So I'm gonna rewatch Willow. We all then, are, and then yeah, we all are, and then uh, then we'll watch the show. Uh, good for Warwick Davis. Really cool that he gets to lead a big ass Netflix show, Disney Plus show. Excuse me. Maybe um, that's next week's topic. Is that next week? No, I'm just saying. No, it could but it's be. next month. Willow. When does Willow the TV show come out of the month? End of November. Oh, It'd be like good. good. I like that it. Might... Like to be closer to when that it, comes out. It, we'll talk but it would be a good way for me to watch Willow. But we're gonna watch Willow, man. Oh, we're doing it no matter what. <laughs> We just wouldn't have to do a review special separately. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, you know, we got, we could either do, man, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, yeah. I'm, really I'm excited. Creed three. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm real quick. I'm sorry. Back to, back to Willow. Uh, if Willow is a success, that is three high budget fantasy shows that came out this year that were all good. And that is, ne I don't think ever happened and, in the his history of the world. And two hits from Lucasfilm for Disney plus. Oh yeah. Look at that. Hell yeah. Creed 3. Yeah. Um, I saw the first Creed. Incredible movie. I didn't see the second one. I'm going to fix that because Michael G. Bo back with B. Jordan's great, and he's directing this one, and and uh, uh, Jonathan Majors is in it. Uh, I want to see the Majors. Looking just the most jacked I've ever seen anyone in my life. <laughs> it's. I want to say it's partially Marvel. because of the Marvel training, but at the same time, maybe not. No, he doesn't. No, this is the Creed training. No, he got no, this big for Creed. Yeah, he did this for Creed. The Marvel stuff is later. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, but he even like he doesn't need to be jacked for Kang. No, no, no. Um, like, yeah, Ant Man's screwed, but he doesn't need to be like this jacked half, for Kang. His suit's half CGI, and most of those people suits are CGI anyway. Have fun. But the thing that I love about this trailer is, uh, it you know you're making a third Creed movie. You know, like sequel after sequel. Like, what do, what do you bring to the table? The the first ones are kind of about family. And this one, it's about like about old, old, old friends. And like, do you do you stick with your friends when they've been through some shit and they might be a bad person? Like, yo, John Commander was in jail for literally half his life and he's out and you want to help him. But what if he's what if he's still the bad person that he was back then and he didn't actually grow? Uh, he looks so good in this movie. They both do, but Mike, but but Jonathan Major specifically looks so sinister yeah. and like and like I was in jail half my life. I'm gonna take everything that I deserve. And I'm like, you know what? You deserve it, baby. You deserve it. <laughs> Punch Jonathan, that man. Jonathan Majors is truly one of the most talented actors around right now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm stoked to see. Man, what him a one-two punch for this week or the past two weeks and whenever this came out for for that guy. But yeah, um, uh, this looks again like another exceptional. I don't care about sports, but I love a good sports movie. So I, uh, 
I love Creed. I really love the first Creed movie. I think the second one is is almost as good. I really like that second film. I think the stuff they do with um, Draugr is great. Not Draugr. Drago. Drake Drago um, is is really great. Uh, both him and his son. I think Sylvester Stallone is incredible in these in, in those two movies. Yep. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is 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 excellent. Um, I'm really happy that Michael B. Jordan is stepping into the director's chair for this one and i'm really really excited that he decided to go into a more personal direction with creed than what rocky ended up doing for his sequels yeah yeah. Um, and it's really nice to see that 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 character like continue to be in this emotional realm um i i I am super stoked is one of my one of my most anticipated movies of next year by far yeah and and michael b jordan being such an anime fan and like a sports anime fan he's talked in interviews how like that influences movie so like i am you can feel it i'm so yeah. ready for like anime fights in this movie and i'm like anime boxing mm-hmm. i'm like the way it does the setup framing of them when they're like in the trailer for their fight is like yeah that that's what's so fun about like big boxing movies is like the final boxing match is always like the most incredible looking spectacular show in like you've ever mm-hmm. seen like all the lights all the people like it, boxing movies never look better than the final act. I truly, I truly wish I could have gotten to see the the Rocky the musical. Uh, do you know about this? I mean, so I'm familiar. The, with so, it. so for the final boxing match, they built the they built the this theater specifically to do this. The audience curved around the stage, so it was like they were at the boxing match. That's incredible. That's pretty That's cool. cool. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really excited for this movie, guys. I, th- I, th- I think the Creed movies are great. I really like the Rocky movies. Uh, I totally understand why Stallone's not coming back for this one, but I also don't think he's needed anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, super cool. Hell yeah. Uh, which one do you guys want to talk about next? Guardians or Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Guard- oh, okay. Oh, Ant-Man. Okay. Because Guardians is less to talk about. Sure, that's true. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Okay, Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Okay, Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Jonathan Majors is in this one too. <laughs> we want to see the majors. Um. Uh, yeah. So this movie looks very large. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing actually, it's quite small. You're fine. This movie looks very small. Uh, uh, the thing that I am not worried about is, despite it being so big, the anime movies are always good about being small and personal and like, like you know, like bite-sized, fam- like good family shit. So, like, despite it's being you know the biggest in terms of like scale, any of these movies have ever been. Even even more passy anime movies like we're going like quantum mania baby. Um, there's a we see a Kang army in Chronopolis. Like we there, I saw a um a what's it called uh, a like a picture of like uh, uh, like somebody draws and like uh, uh, Jesus Christ art. concept art. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for being there for me. Concept <laughs> art of Ant Man fighting that big army. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're gonna have a giant man fighting a bunch of bunch of bunch of like uh, inner gang uh, bicycles. Cool, cool, cool. Um. I'm just really excited for Kang. We know the movie's about like Kang hires Scott to do a time heist for some for something, and we don't know what it is. That's exciting. Um, I hope it's just not a super MacGuffin. <laughs> I hope it's not like one of the nine rings. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I love the Ant Man movies. We all love the Ant Man movies. Ant Man and the Wasp is great. Um, I'm really stoked for this. I think this looks really great. Um, I love the setup of everything of just like, oh yeah, we figured out how we can like contact the quantum realm. Michelle Pfeiffer's like, um, excuse me, what? Why would you do that? <laughs> you probably should not do that. And then it all goes to bat. It all goes and to I'm, bat. I'm really excited to see more of the cast in, in, in the action. Like we get Cassie, of course we knew she was going to be in this, but like Michael Douglas 
and Michelle Pfeiffer are gonna are seemingly gonna be there for like most of the runtime of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's nice that, that they all got sucked in. Yeah, um, <laughs> kind of, kind of crazy that this could potentially be the first Ant Man film without any ants. I bet I no I there'll be quantum size ants. Quantum ants. I quantum think ants. They, I don't think they'll or we'll see ants before they go in. Yeah, so, yeah, it'll be the opening, the opening shots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm because it'll be like Cassie practicing with her suit for the first time or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited to see uh, Michael Douglas getting all butt hurt and jealous over Bill Murray. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely what that was about. Like. Yeah. Even if it wasn't like a real romance, it was definitely like they had a connection. Right. Um, we definitely see uh, 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 Janet. Janet has some connection to Kang, Kang in some capacity. Uh, she knows about him or something. We see what I what I imagine is is her seeing Kang fly into the quantum realm. We see a shot of like a ship breaking into it. Can um, I can I actually make my guess about what I think might actually be happening? Is that she has no knowledge of Kang. Oh. She has knowledge of Bill Murray. Who was running this space before Kang showed up, mm. and that Kang is a wholly new and other dangerous thing to her? Yeah, yeah. I think that that might be the case. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, I'm not so willing guys... to die on that hill. I yeah. just think that that might be part of the thing. Is like they think they know what they're getting into. What they're getting into is Bill Murray. No, Bill Murray actually made a deal with Kang. Kang's what they're getting into. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, 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 Kang. What you guys are suggesting is that Kang was stranded in the quantum realm in this time like this that's what, I, yeah. so I, I, that's what i imagine she i i think again just from the trailer we see kang fall into the quantum realm and then he's been here building up his own army doing his own thing and she either ignored it or or saw it and it was like it's not a big deal or something because like the way she's like i saw something and i didn't do anything about it and that's why we're in the situation now or something uh but again that's just uh yeah. trailer prognosis i wonder i wonder if time wise this might be where kang is before he gets to the tva it's interesting questions. Interesting like, questions. where it's is the, the TBA? Where is the TBA located? Because there was a rumor I, that it could be located in the quantum realm. Because the quantum the quantum realm is so big, it's like the size of it's like a universe in itself. So like, there's no reason that the TBA could not also be there. And I because mm -hmm. like let's let's just go with a, the notion that perhaps this is the same king that we will see running the TBA. Yeah. Let's say that those two are the are going to be the same one. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know we're seeing some other version somewhere at some point in Jonathan Majors doing all this, but let's assume that these two are the same. Yeah. Uh, I would posit that this is probably a Kang before he gets to the end of Loki season one, where he's got his statue in the TV and takes it over and everything. This is him before that. So when we get to season two, we've gotten some idea of this guy in progress. And that makes sense. Him being there. Does remind me, does he say the word conqueror in this trailer? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Perhaps the thing he gets is the thing that allows him to get into the TVA. Maybe that's hmm. what the time heist is all about. Yeah, it's yeah. him getting power over the TVA. They say some they took something from me or something. Yeah. So like, well, hmm. well the 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 man left behind or the man at the end or whatever he King version he played at the end yeah. of Loki created the TVA. I guess I just assumed that in a different in this reality that Loki finds himself in in the in at the end of season one, that King created the TVA is that it took took over it. Could be. I, yeah. I I figured that he rewrote he rewrote history he rewrote history and Loki was just getting back to it at the point at the point that matched for where he left yeah like King had already rewritten all of it sacred timeline yeah. yeah yeah well anyway I'm I'm really excited happy to see Baskin Robbins back 
Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I also love someone pointed out that they love the idea that like what's what's really happened is because people forgot who Spider-Man was and everybody didn't connect it. And so now like because Scott Lang has become so high profile, people will mix him up and say, like, yeah, he's Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, he's a Buckman, yeah. <laughs> like it's not just a screw up, it's like a genuine like people get confused about who Spider-Man is at this point and they're like, Well, Scott Lang's out there all the time. He's Spider-Man. Gotta be, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. I love Marvel's continuous trend of casting really funny actors from the television show. I think you should leave. There's the there's the bald old man in the in in this trailer. He's 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 an internet sensation. And then also uh, I didn't bring it up, but uh, the 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 best the the friend who's getting married in She Hulk. She's also from that TV show. So I like oh. that they're picking great comedians from that show, putting them everywhere. Love it. I'm I'm so stoked. Um, I I love the anime movies for being small. So I really, I really hope it can still feel that way while being big. And I did do that on Just purpose. As long as it feels intimate and personal. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, yeah. you can't get much smaller than the quantum realm. I think it. I think it'll. I think it will stay focused on prominently featuring a father-daughter story at the heart of it, which is Scott and Cassie. Yeah. Because like once you start doing Kang stuff, like that's that's like Kang's big boy, big boy time. So like it, it could take big away boy. big boy. It could take away from from like the small story, but like it, I I trust I trust Peyton Reed. Yeah, I have two, the two good Ant Man movies to tell me that you can deliver a, a third. I hope. Champ. <laughs> a, a juice box and a and a juice box. Do you have that? <laughs> <laughs> Those movies are good. You guys are mean, right? Those movies are great. Everyone who thinks Ant Man and the Wasp is bad is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Um, oh, William Jackson Harper has also been been added to the cast of uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Probably Another green. Green down the drain. Okay, like I'm, I'm also like Ryan, not convinced he's Reed Richards. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. It's weird that they cast him with all the fan casting about it him. Is, it is. It's weird that this is what he's showing up in. But he's, I don't think he's Reed. He's definitely but here, not. But here's the thing. I know you feel the same way. Yeah. I hope he's somebody relevant. I hope he's more than just a small appearance. He's such a good actor. I really want the, good the thing for that him. worries me is, and he's like, not a household name. The thing that worries me is like they felt like whether it's true or not like they know who he is and he's like he's he's some he's some shitty random quantum realm guy from the comics that's the fear no that's who he is how important he is to the movie is what i'm worried about right because i don't again i don't want he's such a good actor like i don't want him to be in five minutes of an ant-man movie i want him to be prominent i want him to get paid baby you know what i mean maybe he's doing the heist with him yeah but i just don't yeah i just don't want him to be a cameo what the hell what the hell is luis gonna recap if luis is not in this movie we riot i don't uh, that will we're gonna have issues no matter how good that movie is you do not i'm sure i'm out. sure they make an appearance because they already said that they're not bringing back um what's his name because of his abuse allegations the oh t- 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 ti ti yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not bringing back, him back so, Baba Yaga. so they, i'm assuming the other two are here because they specifically noted he's not yeah yeah Baba Yaga. what if they code to the quantum realm also oh they're screwed they're, don't don't start with don't the, that's, me with that's, that's, the, that's the beginning of the third act as they walk into the room where they all got ported and they're like oh what happened here oh my god <laughs> and, and baba yaga man have to save the world it's wayne knight at the end of space jam yeah 100 oh my god that would that would be a 10 out of 10 movie right there making kang have to sit in a room with luis is special oh my god that's <laughs> that's the end credit scene of my dreams just kang like so tell me about your history no no, no. well it started it's kang gives it gives him his history to him yeah. and Luis is like so let me recap that for you oh yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> i oh. need to make sure i got it yeah can i just real quickly circle back to y'all are mean ant-man and the wasp rules 
Ant-Man and the Wasp is one of the most unique uh, car chases I've ever seen in any movie ever, let alone a Marvel movie. Yeah, it's a it's a really good one. It has a major flaw in my opinion, but otherwise, it's really good. It's a fun it's a fun ass movie. They keep the cars in Hot Wheel cases. That's funny. The, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special Marvel twofer. Mm-hmm. Finding out that this is about kidnapping Kevin Bacon was such a joy. Right. I, this is exactly what I want these kinds of specials to be. I would be so happy to get like our big, like we got all the guardians here. Like I would be happy to get some of our main players more frequently for single one shot adventures like this. Yeah. So good. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. I, love, <laughs> I love the idea that Drax and Mantis actually care about Quill's happiness right now. And it's just like, mm-hmm. let's go get him a present. I love Drax's jacket, by the way. I think that looks great. Um, and 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 the whole trailer at first when you're like oh they're on earth that's crazy never thought i'd see that uh after endgame and then you learn i i thought it was gonna be david hasselhoff but kevin bacon is so much better yeah it's yeah, yeah. so good it's so much better yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> wonderful i it's so cute like oh peter sad because gamora's gone we gotta make him feel better uh yeah. let's go kidnap his hero <laughs> so silly I almost thought it was it was gonna be David Hasselhoff, but then the second it, it's Kevin Bacon, I'm like, oh, I'm in this. I'm all Groot, for this. Groot's looking like like mid like what is he like a like a like a himbo like a mid teenager or like like he's like what like eighteen now maybe. He's a oh, I think young he's adult. an adult now. Yeah. I think he's a I think he's an adult now. He's, he's like adult. a young adult. He's stocky. He does look stocky. Yeah. He's like lifting lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah this yeah, looks I... like this looks like a lot of fun. You know, an hour <clears throat> an hour more with the Guardians before we get their final their final movie or whatever. Like beautiful. Love. I really love the credits for this movie where it's just like Drax, Star-Lord, Rocket, Nebula, introducing Kevin Bacon <laughs> as if he's like a brand new actor. Yeah. He's a brand new character to the MCU. <laughs> just I'm I'm just so excited for that for to see that bursting into the window. It's like Kevin Bacon, we're here to take you to our friend Kevin Bacon. Uh and it's just like running away i'm really excited for this i thought this looks great yeah, yeah and it comes out in november not december yes yeah, so the release date was also really a lot earlier than i thought it would be november 25th Ooh. it's literally a month before christmas i thought it was going to be on christmas yeah. yeah so happy yeah that's it all right that's it let's talk about some demons that went well i really liked that news section but we are now here to talk about henry Selleck's latest movie wendell and wild on netflix check it out if you haven't seen it full spoilers you've been warned skip ahead pause it do the things that you do when we spoil about to spoil something that you don't want to have spoiled do that and if not well you've been warned what do we think about that i got a bad joke real quick guys you know how i know this isn't a tim burton movie there's people of color in it Ooh. And that's an original Riley office right there. And I like Tim Burton. Boy, put some people in your movies. You didn't have to murder Tim Burton on air like No, I, I killed Wednesday. Buried. <laughs> buried Wednesday. To be fair, Luis Guzman. No, no. This year. This year, he's changing. 30 years later, Tim, you're doing it. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Wendell and Wilde, uh, I had a great time. I think it's a. I think it's a not just a great new stop motion classic. I think it's it actually has a message that was completely unexpected yeah. and totally like hell yeah, this is gonna raise a bunch of liberals. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I I also 
had a really great time. I thought it looked very good. Um, I really enjoyed the character story. I was beyond pleased when I realized it was radicalizing the youth to understand that private prisons are wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm thrilled with it. I loved how this movie looked. I loved how um, Jordan Peele and King of Michael Key, they still they still got it. They, it never left them, but it, they still got it. Um, I really did enjoy a lot of the characters in this movie. And I also, uh, I liked how what you think one character, like um, we'll talk about it later, but how one character might go one way, but they actually go a different way. And yeah, this is definitely a good time. I liked it. I didn't love it. I was hoping to love it, but I liked it. I don't necessarily think I have anything really wrong with it. it just didn't really hit me the way I wanted it to. Uh, um, I really like the message at the heart of it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really incredible that he made this like stop motion family film uh, about how terrible the private prison uh, industry is. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like how Speed Racer is all about how how bad capitalism is, and it's wild that that's in that movie. Um, I, I I liked that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, I will say that when the um, very clear and obvious Donald Trump stand-in appeared, um, <laughs> I was a little nervous. Yeah, I thought same, like I thought same. like oh okay, what are, what are we going for here? This feels like maybe this isn't quite fitting with what we're doing with the film. But then when you hang private prison on him uh that character and his family i was like okay totally totally like this totally on board i i see it i see the vision there was no clearer more direct way to instill into people's minds the kind of person that is running this system than making the contemporary comparison of donald trump i get it yeah it works and and oh like we will we will see that right yeah uh subconsciously Kids might not kids kid they might not get it, but like they'll see that and then they'll see a picture of Donald Trump and go like, Oh, oh, oh the Batman. wait, yeah. connections, yeah. Right. media influencing me. Like yes. I love it. I uh, the- we don't we don't get many stop motion movies. I mean we well like we're getting more like like we get some stuff on like on on this, well, this year. This year's pretty good. This yeah. year's got a pretty good stop motion. Um uh, we got this in Pinocchio coming out later later this year. Guillermo, that's right, yeah. man. You know, sometimes Netflix are doing all right. Yeah. God damn, there's still a lot to come out the rest of this. Year. I know we only got two more months. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, um, I, I like the world. I think it's they give it is a really fascinating world where like there's like there's magic happening and like you know like and and like like packs and demons and like and cults and blah 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 and like they give you just enough where like I didn't need them to explain more. Like they're doing like they're doing some Blade stuff. They're doing like some Buffy stuff. They're doing some Beetle. They're doing some Beetlejuice stuff. Like there's a lot of other movies clearly in this movie. But it all feels of a tone, and like they don't. I I never felt like I was missing anything. Like they didn't have to go more into the Hell Maiden stuff. Like I got exactly what I needed. Sure. I didn't need you to go. Well, five hundred years ago, the first. I didn't need any of that shit. Like it just let me focus on the characters, and like you got the supplemental material as much as you needed. Uh, I really just I want to piggyback off that. I really love the look and effect of a lot of the Hell Maiden stuff. The mark on her hand. Oh, I when love it. Glows it. and it speaks. I, I think that's a, all very evocative. I do that. And um, the sequence where she's bonded and going in and attacking her memories that are restraining her. And it's like a big monster lady. And it's it's but but at its heart is the car. Yeah. And the car accident. I'm like, what incredible visual design that idea was yeah. to to base all of her 
problems that she's created for herself, her obstacles around this core grief. Her guilt. And the, the visualization of it, I thought, was so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I also thought it was really cool how, like, never went 100% to say that it was Wendell and Wilde. Yeah. Yeah, so I... It's implied. So uh, there's two worms that come out of her apple, right? And we see that happen multiple times in the movie. They don't show it once, they show it at least two or three times. So I thought it was potentially Wendell and Wilde who caused that accident to happen. Uh, like this was like a, a pre a pre destiny thing of that's how they get involved and how the story ends up happening. Yeah. Uh, that's just that's just we can read into that. They don't give you any more. Right. I I like that read because it makes it way more sinister because they end up helping her in the end. Yeah. Uh, so like I I like that. When you... Well, the worms the worms faces one has a long face, one has a has a short face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you I don't think it's any clearer than when they're they have that shadow image with the car and they they appear on the right and if you look their faces look a lot like Wendell mm -hmm. and Wilde's in that image. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the implication is that they were the worms. Um, yeah. We, we also get a note of like them mishandling something, but we don't know what it was. So I'm wondering if that's the thing, like what got them pushed down to the duty of like why they're a disappointment and yeah. working on, on their father's hair. <laughs> yeah. What, what just, again, like, incredible, just uh, the incredible design and unique design of like these two demons are, are 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 rejuvenating their dad's hair with like magic hair cream that also brings people back from the dead? Like there's so many crazy ideas. Also, like there's a Blade movie happening, but there's also Beetlejuice that happens. But also, like she's Buffy the Vampire Slayer and she has like magical abilities. And I'm like, so many cool cool things happening in this movie. I think um, sister, I forget the sister's name, but uh, uh, sister Helly, sister Helly, and her shadow powers. The cool that's the coolest looking thing in the movie to me. I anytime she showed up, and I'm like tell me more i want to know more about you i think i think something else i really value about the film is that um it so heavily and prominently features many numerous adult characters who acknowledge and try to care for her at turns like we've got the person who's driving her in uh we've got the sister like all these people who who are clearly as adults recognizing pain yeah and recognizing something is wrong they're not brushing it to the side they're not saying like get over it they're not ignoring it they are they are directly tackling it and trying it is, to engage with uh, it talk about an opposite of our book club of like how you deal with yes. a kid with dealing with yes. trauma holy yeah. shit yeah Ooh, that's well, a perfect compare that's a perfect uh and you yeah. and you get it and you get it, like obviously the parents for her are like that it's a lot of the heart for her in the film is that her parents were those kinds of people, but it's also it's also reflected in ultimately what they do with Wendell and Wilde's dad, uh, and even um, the guy I forget his name right now. Sorry, the guy in the wheelchair. Man, 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 bat, oh, fuck it up. Manfred. Oh, man, something. I think it's Manfred. The the way that he says like uh, I will I will hunt and contain Manberg. demons. Manberg. I oh, will Manberg. always be against demons, but I'm not against family. And like there there's this acknowledgement of like things that you lines that you don't cross ways that you care for other people um and i think that that's weaved into different character arcs in different ways very well throughout the film but the fact that like specifically like the the woman who drives her in and and the sister uh both look at her and recognize trauma yeah and try to find their own ways to give her not push her out give her give the resources her, but give her a hand yeah well, that, that kind of goes into one of the things that I noticed early on about this movie is that while, it, yes, it is very much heavily part of the, uh, about the prison industrial complex, um, but it, it's it's also about how the uh, 
foster system fails kids like her how it basically feeds the prison industrial complex we you can draw a direct line from it um and and that's deliberate that's capitalism trying to make that the case because those prisons need to make money they Um, low yeah low income uh communities often have prisons near them yeah Yeah. because it is it is a direct we know where you're going to go anyway you have that. Like, it's the shitty mentality, yeah. And you the have idea that. that, like, uh, sorry, real quickly. And and the idea that, like, uh, what you're talking about, Sparks, that people are trying to kind of move her away from that system um, at various points in her life uh, because they see that's the that's the tra- trajectory that 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 they that they want her to go in that pe- that the society wants her to go in, and so they're trying to like move her. They even say they kind of like blatantly say that how it's like oh yeah when we love your school when the girls don't work out in the school they'll come to prison down the street yeah yeah yeah. and i think they do that they they give you the visual cues of like what that life like and it's important that she comes back here and she gets that support system starting to reinstate itself and she thinks what she really needs is her parents but actually what's around her is enough yeah um but but it's enough only because she went back to this place right because where she was before was pushing her into that narrative that they wanted right was pushing her into that system where it's set up for her to fail and that's ultimately where she ends up killing the kid and uh that's really rough and ben you were gonna say something no i was gonna say like um the the whole the, the direct line from like the group home it even even we don't really see what was I, I had there was a point about the group home that might oh so in the memory flashback where she's finding her memories and you actually get to see the memories of what happens to her throughout after her parents die um when she's sent to the group home the i assume the group home the main owner of said group home her eyes instantly turn to dollar signs so you yeah, know she owned the- that's what the that's what the remake of Annie is about, actually. Um, which is weird. For, which is a weird poll, I understand. But like the idea that these group homes, a lot of the people in it are in it for the money because they get money from the government to help raise these kids, and so they mm-hmm. don't. It's meant to be for the kids, but they take it on as kind of a career. Yeah, yeah. like the uh, like the, the the adult we first see, the one who's driving the car to to RBC, you can tell she's like, I want this kid to be better. Like mm-hmm. there's a true sympathy there. Like this is the best shot. Yes. Let's get you. Let's get you out of that group home. And I didn't realize that she killed a kid. I thought she just severely hurt a kid. I didn't know she killed him. I don't think she'd be going to juvie if she hurt somebody. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that she's in juvenile in a juvenile situation makes me think that the kid died. Yeah. Mm. They might have ruled it still as accidental, but I think the kid died. I think it had to be yeah. severe enough where like, ooh, yeah. he he sprained his ankle. You're not going to juvie for that. Like, yeah, or, or at least paralyzed him or something. Uh, yeah, something bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something really bad happened when she defended herself and the kid and the kid suffered for it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you could definitely tell that this is def. This is like, after her parents died, just out of a pure tragedy, and she gets sent to this group home. She gets sent to juvie, and then she's in this home or she's in the school where she automatically detects like when she's talking to the headmaster. Whereas, like, your school's running down. You just want me for the money. Yeah. Also, also as a note, just talking about, like, the kid, the, the killing the kid thing. Um, it all shows up in, like, that montage of her traumas, right? And I don't mm-hmm. think, I, I think to Ryan's point, like, I also don't think that really shows up as a trauma if she doesn't severely injure or kill that kid. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a traumatizing moment it. for how she feels about what happened. Um, and I don't think you necessarily feel that if they just, like, break their leg. Yeah, because because mm-hmm. not that you wouldn't feel bad, but I don't think you feel trauma. You wouldn't be thinking about it the rest of your life of like you accidentally knocked something like 
I I feel like the way she feels about it, it has to be severe. You wouldn't feel yeah. that guilt about it. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, I went into this movie expecting Wendell and Wilde to be a smaller presence than what they were. Mm-hmm. And I liked how much they were in it. I do feel like it was maybe a little weighted away from our protagonist more than it should have been. There's definitely a lot of of the, the priest man, James, James mm-hmm. Hong, yeah. who's, who's awesome in this movie. I love his design yeah. of like, his head yeah, gets like head cratered gets down, in yeah. and he's just like, hey, hey, hey. I, that is like one of my favorite designs of a character in, in a recent while. Uh, so mischievous, I hate him. So that's my... That's kind of my issue with this. I don't think it's paced very well, especially in the beginning. I think it's very slow and a little hard and a little rough to get through. Um, and then, and then I think that once Wendell and Wilde show up, I think we spend too much time with them. And I, I, I kind of like what we're doing with like the priests and 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 them, but it kind of makes them feel like secondary characters. And I feel I felt like they probably shouldn't have been because I, w- I was much more engaged when we were with Cat. Um, yeah yeah i do feel like i i do feel like maybe it's it's just a little imbalanced and i do feel like the pacing is a little a little off um in parts not the whole time but in parts um the the way that they roll out the introduction of the klaxons and like giving us the information about the things they did is a little is a little odd i'll say yeah there was definitely a part where i paused halfway through the movie and then i realized i had an, an under an hour to go through i'm like damn really i thought i was almost done so there were some parts of the movie that did feel like man this is kind of is it over yet is are we almost there Mm -hmm. there's going to be some traumatizing young images for kids of the um the parents in the car oh yeah i think that that's a really that's a really effective scene um and the fact that we when we revisit it too um i thought that was really just like it really hits you yeah and and the Again, like the imagination of of this movie's Oogie Boogie, who is who is Buffalo Belt Belzar, yeah, who's Fink Rames, who has, who wanted to build a ghost like mini uh, amusement park on his belly, and his kids also wanted to do to be part of it, but like they didn't agree on it. But in the end, it all works out, and it's like that's. I thought I I really liked the the small story between like because like they're oh they're his kids. That's so silly. Why are yeah. you making yeah. them clean up your hair? That's so silly. I love they- it. They make a better dream fair a fair that where people aren't tortured the entire yeah. time they're on it. Yeah, yeah. and like I, the, the little mural of the dream fair is beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, th- I think this the animation in this is stunning. Just in general, I really love all the animation tricks he does here. The 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 dream fair is gorgeous. Um, I I think it ends kind of abruptly with like um, all my children were lost. Oh, here they are. Yeah, I felt that. Um, I did. Too. I did feel like it was a little abrupt, but I like it. I like that it happens. Like I like the the kind of payoff that those demons that were stolen, uh, that that those demons that were um, uh, that this person has are the kid are the other kids. I see. I like that too. And That's... again, like going back to like it tying into that idea of like connecting to a, you know, he's he's a literal like big demon boss guy, right? And mm-hmm. he has more capability of empathy for recognizing family connections and how important that is uh, than other characters who are bad guys in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Are real bad guys. And I think that, that it ties into the theme well. And I, I'd agree with you that it would be too abrupt if he was our villain, but he's not. He's just an obstacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like the way the way they ended it and the fact that they ended it while keeping with the theme of like family connections that they were going with, I think makes it work because they're not a real bad guys. The Claxons are a real bad guys. It, for me, it just felt like like setup and payoff. 
not yeah. some for more more than anything. Because yeah, yeah, he is is like a minor character. Mm-hmm. But I feel you. Anything else? Uh, it's really beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to remember some of the other more minute details of it. Um, I think I think the way the sister travels is super cool. Mm-hmm. That that's her power. Yeah. I really love the 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 thing she gets to do when her parents are there and she shows them the vision of the future of the town and everyone coming back. I think that's really nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like Whoa, the final. Like, I like the final battle uh, uh, between all the skeleton construction mm-hmm. crew uh, and our homies. Like throwing throwing water, throwing snowballs and shit. Oh, I really like our trans friend Raul. Yeah, I love the yeah. the fact that it that it's present, that it's something that one feels of, like it's there, but it's not like over over. One of the most subtle in, inclusions of that, because like there's one mention of of one of the bullies calling her Ramona. Oh, that's not your name. It's Raul. That's like, and it's done sincerely. It's sincere, too. Yeah, yeah, and it's and they don't make a big deal out of it. It's just and like it's that's the, just a character who exists. Yeah, it's like the mom on the phone, but you don't hear the mm-hmm. person screwing up. You just hear the mom saying, "No, my son. We've yeah. talked about this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all because it, it. even then, when I saw Raul for the first time, I thought it took me a second. I was like, "Wait a minute, that's a boy," but we're in all girls' school. Dot dot dot. Oh, yeah. yeah um, but it was actually going back to one of the characters that I actually at the end I kind of liked. It was uh, Siobhan. The yeah, yeah. Uh, the daughter of the Claxons, who because when you first meet her, you I automatically thought, okay, she's gonna be this this bully, she's gonna be completely insincere, and then as the film continues to go on, it's like no, she actually is sincere, mm-hmm. and then when she turns on her parents, it's like okay, I like when um she gets pushed into brick falls, I was thinking okay, this is the moment where she's like no, you push me, it's like hey, she just saved my life from this brick, it's like what character and even though she was calling her kk and then when cat said no i'm cat she instantly goes okay cat sorry and it's she's like, an, she's annoying but she's sincere yes. which it, it yeah. kind of it kind of throws you for a loop because her archetype is generally not and so when oh, you yeah. see her when you see her for the first time you think she's going to fall into the archetype of other similar characters like you, her immediately but she doesn't and it's actually a really nice diversion you meet her and you instantly think she's regina george yeah 100 you're like I, that's the Regina George, and these are the mean girls. But then, as the movie goes on, it's like, no, she actually does care. And when she finds out about how bad her parents are, uh, and they explains like, oh, that's our entire business model where we do the break the cycle program, but they don't because it's then then we come back into a prison. It's like, oh, they're assholes. Mm-hmm. Which which is also I think another intentional and important adult message, which is saying sometimes your older family members are wrong. Hmm. and the things they believe in are wrong and it's important to say i don't agree with that and yeah. stand against them yeah i th- i this is one of those movies where like i don't think it's like the greatest movie ever made but like i think its message is so good and it's so strong for kids and it's something that we don't often see where i wish this was like in big theaters like i wish this were a big more bigger profile movie because like it might have like a, a big weekend but like it's a netflix movie it's gonna get buried just like everything else eventually gets buried and I think this movie is better than getting buried. Right. It was but, number nine on the most popular Netflix list this week, but you're right. It, that's still oh, but low that's on the, the list. That goes back to what I talked about before when we talked about The Witcher, which Netflix's schedule this year has been awful. They bury so many things that they should Every single day, basically. And so like, so, like, something like this, stop motion films don't do well in theaters. Yeah. And for it's for whatever reason, they don't. And it's and I think this film had a larger chance of doing very well in Netflix. What? Because of Jordan Peele. Right. Putting this on Netflix, I think inherently wasn't a bad idea because if this was released with a good like lead with like a good lead room leading up to Chris leading up to um 
Halloween. Halloween. Um, you have uh, nothing around it. Like this could be your big reveal, but because there's other things that came out this weekend, like School for Good and Evil. Yeah. Well, it just kind of, just kind of, you just kind of lose it in the shuffle. I'm just, I'm just saying, like this movie coming out around October. This movie has Angela Bassett in it, who's about to be in one of the biggest movies of the year with Black Panther. Like Jordan Peele is the hottest horror director around. Henry Selleck hasn't made a movie in a decade. Like this has all the and writings people, for me to and, be in theaters. And people just like when Key and Peele get together anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. So like I feel like even though yeah, it wouldn't real quick, but it wouldn't make as much money in theaters. It's still it's still I think has a better chance with everything that's involved with it behind yeah. the scenes. Oh no, I was just going to say I was just agreeing with Sparks saying that I am one of those people who always get excited when Key and Peele get back together. Yeah. And and, and like and, and having motion. sorry, go ahead, Brandon. I was just saying, I really love stop motion films. I would have seen this in theaters. No, I was yeah, also I like, what? Sorry, Sparks, but what Brandon was saying earlier about how um, stop motion films don't get a lot of money in theaters, I'm like, that's a crime against humanity. Without all the people claiming to how much they love Never Before Christmas, go see freaking stop motion films in theaters. Damn it! To be fair, that movie is like 30 years old now, Ben. So yeah, no, but still, it's also see more it's, it's also super important that this is black people in stop motion, which. Mm-hmm. Exactly. is rare to yeah. non-existent yeah 100 um so i also think that could have worked in its favor for a theatrical run i, 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 I think jordan peele's name alone with nope this year like a new animated movie from nope the director of nightmare before christmas like it this feels like the, it could have it could add at least one good weekend yeah yeah uh i before we get down another rabbit hole about things i did want to say that i really like the use of just the, the council members the idea of them their their design the presence of them i love them um the whole cleaning them up sequence i think is fun them going in and turning the portraits around I, that's my, like, my favorite them, I moment is really great. i love that moment and them being like i i guess we have to let them <laughs> yeah it's like rah, 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 rah. yeah yeah no yeah. they're they're living there's um something i just want to mention that i think is really interesting about the animation so like a I talk about like all the time. I love them. Um, they pioneered um, stop motion with like creating different faces. So what you'll, what they do is they have like a, a line here and then different facial features. They'll like plug in different faces for different um, mouth movements. Mm-hmm. Henry Selleck adopts that. He mm-hmm. uses that because he used it in Coraline. He uses it in this one. But what I found was interesting. And I'm sure this is a stylistic choice that again, just interesting that, um, Leica goes in and digitally removes the lines and he from there, and he let and he leaves. I, pre- I noticed that too. I honestly like it. I prefer it because, like, yeah, if I I know they're puppets. It felt tactile. Yeah, like, it, it felt like you're gonna remove a line. Oh no, they look real now. Like I know they're puppets. Like it, it is. It, I actually I really liked it. Uh, uh, whether you did it or not, like it's the same good movie. Like I I like seeing those puppets. Yeah. yeah, I just That's thought that was idea. interesting because some of them have larger gaps in the in the lines than others. Um, I just I was so fascinated by that. I was like, wow, you can really you can really see how they re, so like replace the faces yeah. for, in the dialogue scenes. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and I know we've said it again and again, but like the stop motion is so smooth. Like it's like this is like some of the best stop motion like I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. it is it is like specifically like in stop motion when people are wearing like fuzzy sweaters you always see the fuzzy riffles and stuff like this movie was so streamlined and smooth it was whether it was digitally done and afterwards or not like it was so it was incredible uh uh flawless looking i loved it did you guys see the post credits i did yeah i saw it nope we didn't what is it there's a little there's a little clip at the at the end of post credits similar to what leica does but it's um someone a lead animator it doesn't look like henry selleck 
Um, but he's like, "Hey, I, I'm hearing a noise in the different in the different room. Like, like it's cell phone screens. I'm hearing a noise in a, in a in a room." And they go into a different room, and there and you just see the animated stop motion cat like look over, like look over the thing, and then walk away, kind of That's making cute. a little fun little skit. It's cute. That's yeah, cute. I just I liked all the concept art that we saw at during the credits. Did you did you catch Jack Skellington in the? Yes, in the, I did. In the credits, I thought that was yes, cute. I, yes, I did. Um, when, we're I, going, when we're kind of zooming through the when we're kind of zooming through all the skeletons mm-hmm. in the credits, one is clearly Jack Skellington. Mm, I didn't catch mm-hmm. that. That's awesome. Um, there, the one other thing I I really enjoyed about this movie is how different the soundtrack was. Um, even when uh when Cat's doing her transformation and she turns the school uniform into a punk uniform, I thought that was really cool. The Cyclops, the boombox, and um, oh, I love just, her big aggressive boombox. Yeah, Cyclops. I love that. I love that, and I actually I love her parents too. Even when they come back, um, I think how awesome would it be? Like different universe. Like if her if her parents survived the car crash, her dad owns a brewery. Her mom loves the runs the library. I would be living in Rust Bank, going to the Brews for Books thing the entire time because it's like I get to drink and I get to read. This life mm-hmm. is good. Yeah, yeah. They 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 were they were great parents and like. The moment where like you see like the skeletons like like start like discombobulating like oh no it, it runs out it runs out my parents and then they have a sweet moment I'm like oh man I know this yeah. is coming but it's still good and I'm, I'm, yeah. I really like her making the decision you know like the cream will be used for witnesses not for her parents like she's yeah. accepting she has to let them move move on absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. um Britt mentioned the music band um the final battle uh, has one of my favorite songs from an indie artist called TV on the radio uh, a song called Wolf Like Me and I've never heard it in a movie before. And it blew my mind because it's just, man, Jordan, you got good taste in music, my guy. God, yeah. good. Love it. Great, great, love, great sequence. I even love how Raul is just rocking out to the record player. player and then he notices, is like, oh, shit. And like, my my friend's parents are are getting kidnapped. Yeah. yeah and yeah. just just bolts and leaves. And yeah, the music, the music choices were great. Um, the entire aesthetic of the movie was great. The animation was absolutely stunning. But I do have to agree with Brandon with story wise. It this I like this movie a lot. I love all the aesthetics about it. I love the music choices of it, but the story itself, I don't know. I was trying to pinpoint any criticisms I have, but I really don't. But at the same time, the story didn't even grab me. The same night I saw it, I was talking about it with Fanny on my car right home from my party. And there are parts of it that I forgot. And I don't want to say this movie's forgettable. It's clearly not, just the animation will stick with you for a while. But if you were to tell, if I was to write exactly what happened, I would probably forget a good chunk of this movie, mm-hmm. and it, that's kind of a bummer. Because while I would say it's like, yeah, definitely go watch it. It's a good spooky movie, but it wasn't a spooky movie that really just like grabbed me. You know, does that make sense at all? Am I or am I just rambling? No, no I don't. I wouldn't. I mean, this is a Halloween movie. I wouldn't call this like a, a horror spooky movie. It's yeah. more like. Halloween vibes. Yeah. Spoopy. It's spoopy. Yeah, it's spoopy. There you go. Yeah. Like I I don't think this movie's going out to haunt you. It's a stop motion kids movie. Yeah, I um uh I I kind of I think I think it's you know, I don't want to say that. Um Oh why not? No, I just I don't have a fully formed thought there. Um so like I'll I'll just move on to something that I, I, I think that the 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 names are really cool. I really like uh, the names of, of a lot of the characters and places. My favorite being Bearzebub. I think that's brilliant. That's, 
Whoever good. thought about that? Well done, Henry Selleck. I love it. Yeah. This is the you know, pull the string whenever it talks. Right. That was good. Those cute haunted teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. uh Mike Manberg, who's our who's our uh, uh, Whistler Blade character, with with uh with the sister. That's a Blade movie that we didn't get to see her origin story. Right. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that guy in a wheelchair was real fun. Um. Just collecting demons. Doesn't know that he's stealing children. I'm Anything I'm else? I am super glad this movie gets to exist. I do wish it could have been in theaters even for a limited time, just because yeah. uh, um, movies like this they they deserve to be on the big screen. Should we rate it? Mm-hmm. I believe we Wendell should. and Wild. Mm, I think it's a nine out of ten. Well, wow. Fresh. Yeah, uh, I would probably go with an eight out of ten. Better. I'm. I go a little bit lower. I got to give it a seven out of ten. That's fair. That's fair. I I really like it. Yeah, it's a, it's under Coraline for me, as far as his films go. Uh, I would also give it a seven. Hell yeah. Um, cool. Shall we get Ooh. into our book club? Let's book it. Sparks, are you ready? I'm sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, why are you ask me a question if you're not going to let me answer it? Sparks, take it away. Okay, we're doing um really, really nice little short piece. It's called The Closet, uh, written by J- James Tynion IV, and art by Gavin Fullerton. Um, it is a piece about a little boy who's very traumatized by uh, something he fears, and having his, um, specifically his dad, uh, just not not step up and uh, recognize the issues going on with his son whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a nice little story. Um, really depressing. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a pretty severe way. Um, uh, the dad is a pretty quintessential, well-captured um, character who like every everything going wrong is everyone else's fault but mine. Yeah. Blames everything else except his own. Yeah. I... I, hold on, I took a picture of it. I absolutely adore this. My only issue is that it wasn't longer because I could have used more misery because I misery breeds uh, company or whatever they say. Um, let me see the picture that I took. Oh, it's so far gone. I lost it. <laughs> Maybe I didn't take a picture. Got it. One of the first things in this book, he's like, because uh, he goes to the store to buy tape and he's like, oh, I just stop, I just stop and get a drink first. And he's like, uh, this way, this way I'll come in in the end and I'll tape everything up. I'll be the hero at the end of the day. Uh, to build boxes to move. And the guy's like, you can't big, build boxes without tape, though. And he's like, yeah, I guess not. That's like, that's the whole thing. Without a good foundation for you to help, you're, everything's going to crumble. And boy, howdy, are you a bad dad. Holy shit. I I love this. I love this. James Tynan, everything he's ever made horror-related is incredible. Uh, it's it's probably the strongest stuff that he does. Like, like he does great superhero shit, but like, like with razor blades and like this stuff, like he's, he's knocking out of the park. This is such a, man... It is. It is so. It is so sad, um, and so real. And like, it's not about a monster. Like, that's what I love about this. Like, you well, see. Well, I mean, you, you know what I mean. It's, <laughs> it's. It's not about a real monster. It's about the monster that you that you are. Um, and this is this is the type of story I love in comics. Like, this is a perfect little little three issue thing. Again, I, I I just wanted more just because like I could I could live in this gross world more just because that's I like this shit. Uh, I love this love this short little story. Yeah, so sad. 
Yeah, this is definitely one of those things where I thought I was going to zig, but instead it zagged. And when I saw it, it was only three issues. I was like, okay, cool. Short read. I, there are times it was like, all right, cool. This is good. Um, and then I started getting into it. I was like, what's going on? And then it wasn't until like the final bit where I realized and how the closet and the monster pertains to this kid. And I'm like, whoa, that's, that's deep. I was, I was waiting because I knew there was a connection somehow. I just didn't know how. I knew there wasn't a real monster from from pretty early on i just wasn't sure how it was going to manifest uh and it was way worse than i could have imagined being the actual father hiding your infidelity from your wife in your son's room uh this is the one of the most human stories about monsters you can ever ever imagine this is this is real horror shit this is this is the type of shit that keeps you up at night not like not like vampires like human being monsters um to write this type of thing you have to like have such a craft and like james kind is a guy who who talks about it's like he has depression he knows how to write some seriously sad shit. And like the way he channels characters is is the way he channels sad characters is unlike an, any other author in modern times I've seen. Because uh uh he just doesn't mind reveling in how sad things can be. Where a lot of people like to run from it. And sometimes it's okay to live in the misery, because that's mm-hmm. how life is sometimes, especially when you're an asshole. Uh Brandon. Um, Ben, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Okay. Um I like this. I thought this was cool. I, I, I like the uh, I like how it flows. It's very it, it it's paced very well um, for just being basically three issues of mostly dialogue pages. Yeah. Um, uh, and mostly static dialogue pages like the second issue. Uh, a lot of that issue just takes place in the same space. There's no movement. Uh, it's just two people talking on a car. Yeah, I think it's paced very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I dug it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really good. Um, I I really like the um, main characters that we get to see him really interact with in the second and third issue, which is his best friend, and then the stranger on the car um, who's uh, dying of cancer, and he's like, uh, "You would have known like how how my life is if you'd bothered to ask like once." These are these are such incredibly well written conversations. Like it's it's this is some of the mm-hmm. best like just like oh, human horror dialogue I've read in a long time. Like it is. It's so brutal because, again, like, the dad is just so, just, he just is so, like, he does not view, he does not see anything in front of him. He just never sees what's in front of him. He's always like, oh, like, it's, he's the quintessential, like, bad, bad man. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's so, it's so well realized. And he's always just like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do better next time. Oh, I didn't think about like, like, yeah, it's always an excuse. Every single time you're never going to get better. And look, look what happens. And it's like, Jesus, man. I really like the part of the conversation on the car where he's saying, um, the, the stranger is telling him that, uh, you know, oh, it's really nice what you're doing for your boy. You know, my dad took me on a trip uh, like that when I was little and I was bored out of my mind, but I'll remember that shit for the rest of my life. Yeah, Which yeah. is really, and he's like, what if I'm doing it wrong? And it's like the, the part that you're doing wrong is in the part of like doing the thing. It's just being, being there. there. Just yeah. being there. Um, yeah. And I thought that was just really well executed in all of it. Um, it's really rough to watch the, the child like going through what, what they're going through, like um, trying to scream for help and not being able to and, yeah. and grab by this thing, this monster that essentially does stem from the father. Uh, the art the art is so good and again it's it's a very simple comic but like just focusing on the human the human characters and their faces uh it's it's just real it's real hardcore emotional shit that i just i james Tynan is just such a treasure when it comes when it comes to this kind of stuff he's like he is like the indie darling right now man um go ahead sparks go ahead no please please 
Well, I was going to say that I, I like the idea that this kind of demon creature um, represent what it represents of like how kids in basically unhappy homes like internalize that mm-hmm. um, and, and, and externalize that. Like this kid feels hopeless watching his watching his parents just yell at each other all the time. And like the dad is like, it's going to be better in Oregon. It's going to be fine in Oregon. I'll be fine in Oregon. And it's the same old thing. And that's kind of like the idea of like the closet follows this kid because the, what the dad is running from is following him no matter how many, like he, he says in the third issue, like the guy says, like you can't run away from that. If a fresh start doesn't, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like the, that the inciting incident of, of how the monster is created is it's so, it's so well done. Oh my God. Like I love it so much of, of the, of the dad bending over. And the reason, the reason all this happens is because he tries to hide from his son. So his son doesn't see him. So when like, Oh, is there something there? There's not actually something there. So it's all, it all becomes real. He actually did see something that wasn't there and his father has to go along with it. And you can't sleep in our room. He created this all himself. And it's just, it's never taking accountability for your own life. Yeah. And just like pushing it aside, like, oh, we'll move. That will fix it. We'll get a new thing. This will fix it. Like, you can't fix what's, you can't fix it if it's broken. Right. You have to get a new thing. Yeah, uh, and this man is fundamentally broken. And I he just, even says it when he so talks well realized. To, he even says it when he talks to his, his wife, when, when, because, you know, they walk in and she's looking happy and, and he's, and, and, and he's like, okay, we're back. And, and then things get, get bad and very, really quickly because, like, he says, really, you really want to bring this here this is how you want to start it yeah this is how you want to start yeah. this yeah because he mentions that the movers must have took the bat like his son's back and then she's like i've been unpacking there is no loose suitcase and he goes and he's like oh no and she's like how long have you known about this and then the second he says is this really how you want to start the instant they started yelling yeah and you see jamie upstairs crying and it's like there it is and, that's and the source yeah. No, I was gonna say, and just there's there's nothing more tragic than like that ending, but also like the shot where the dad goes back into the hotel and the kid has the monster on top choking him oh, and yeah. crying for him, and he's just like totally like and it's like oh we'll deal with it in the morning, yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's that's probably the most brutal page. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, or even or even the small shot of where you see tears down Jamie's eyes, but like you don't see his eyes, you just see the tear streaks, and then you hear the dad say I'm sorry, and it's hmm. like yelled at him again. And it's just been a horrible, miserable road trip for the both of them. And then once they get to Oregon, it all continues to fall apart. And it's again, like the dad, like he doesn't have to be so antagonistic. Like him saying, this is how you want to start it is him starting a fight. He could have just, he could have just like actually been real. Like, you know, I messed up. I'm sorry. and And he's so good at that. Like he's so good at being written as this character who, you know, he's, he's being antagonistic, but it's, but he's saying it in a way where he can, he can shirk the blame away. Like yeah. I, that you're putting that on me and that wasn't me. Like the, the, the really good bit where she's like, I can't believe you did that. And he's like, what are you talking about? And, and she's like, he, you, you spun it so that it sounds like it's my fault. Yeah. Uh, for, I think I have it here. Hold on. Uh, you made it my fault that he couldn't sleep with us. Um, yeah. Yeah for the way that it was because you said like, Oh, I need you to do something. So that's why he can't sleep with us. And you made it a, my problem, not your problem. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite issue is probably the second one. Cause it's just the issue of just him talking with his friend and his friend is calling him out and all the shit. It's, I was going to yeah. highlight it's this so because like good. the, the part where he's like, uh, are you just this much of a 
disaster in general he says i am this much of a disaster in general ha 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 <laughs> and then he's like what and he's like you're acting like i'm joking i'm not joking i've had that conversation yeah, with a person 100%. like i've been yeah. in this conversation literally with like words adjacent to those words of like no really like what yeah yeah um, and because again if he's he is not a good enough friend to keep checking to checking on his friend and so his friend at this point is like I'm just going to be real with you because, like, you're not even my friend anymore. Like, who? I don't even know you. Like, you're just an asshole. Are you going to fix your shit? It's not funny. Yeah. Like, you won't, you your... won't, you won't do your call. You won't do any phone calls with me. So I got to just lay it all Exactly. Right yeah. There. You won't talk to me. And yeah. it's like, you brought your son here. It's uh, like, this, like treat your son. It's like this, this pent up, like, uh, aggression that his friend has. Because, like, his friend, like, his friend, it's coming from a place that his friend cares about him, but he clearly sees that there's something wrong. And if the, if the guy had stayed in, in, in touch, it would have been a constant conversation that he and his friend would have, but in a much softer and a much simpler way, much more digestible way. Whereas now the guy's like, I just got to front load all this. This is all that's been pent up. You're getting it all right now. Yeah. Right. Cause I don't, I never get to see you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing how much, excuse me. It's amazing how much three issues can, can achieve. Um, yeah. And again, and the ending being like nothing's nothing it's only gonna get worse for this kid yeah like it's it's it, it's only gonna end with him being choked out by a demon or something like like a, 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 a you know a fake demon or whatever um it's 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 a type of shit like this is like again like there's a comic called the silver coin which is an anthology about a, a little evil coin that just goes from issue to issue mm-hmm. having different people i'm like i just love sm- small self-contained horror stories so much because it's like it is the perfect it is the perfect horror is the perfect medium for short contained little monster stories i love it so much and this is this is such a beautiful little, you get your monsters, but you get your real human monsters too. And you get your drama and your trauma and your, and I just, I thought this was a beautiful little three issue package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I'm really glad that everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. James Tynan. Just, just write more horror mm-hmm. comics. Leave these things. Ben. Yeah. Do you know what your book club is next week? Not right now. Cool. All right. So stay tuned for that dropping on instagram sometime this week probably twitter if i could remember that that app exists um okay next week not sure you heard us discuss willow we've discussed other things we'll probably figure out what we're going to do next week before the episode so stay tuned for that um until then guys like this video subscribe to this channel you can check out all sorts of shows on this channel and if you do that uh you can check out our fakeners watch series hey there's two episodes linked below in the description and or in lord of the rings Andor is going to continue. I think that's it. I think that's the that's the only show left we got doing. That's Maybe not true. We'll squeeze we still, we still have a House of the Dragon wrap House up for the Dragon. season to come. Yep. You're right. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Uh, Basement Arcade. You can check out some of the Basement Arcades. It's Halloween, guys. It's Happy Halloween. It's Halloween right now, uh, mm-hmm. and at least the Western Hemisphere. Um, you can check out probably in all the hemispheres. How does time work? You can check out the Spooktober's, mm-hmm. uh, f- uh, four four Spooktober's: Layers of Fear, Resident Evil, Village, uh, Five Nights at Freddy VR, and the Slender. 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 Uh, you can check out all those in the description below, or you can just you know, check out the rest of the show. Um, Basement Arcade Posman, you got the quarterly in the description, and a new episode. Ben teased the new episode of Basement Arcade Posman. You coming soon. Soon. And but Fakner Book Club and Animation Station are also shows that are on this channel. You can check out if you like this video and you subscribe to our channel. Mag in the chat. Hello, sir. Thanks for sticking around the whole time, my guy. You're yeah. the best. Good night. He says good night. Grayson as well. He says uh, thanks too, so much. Always enjoy listening. 
Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you. Also, yeah. by the way, Grayson Live plays the Invisible Man in D and Dark, which is down below. That's Bye. true. Uh, you can check out our Patreon and our T Public if you like to support us financially. Uh, if you like what we do and you want to see us do more, the easiest way to do that is to buy our buy our merch or subscribe to our Patreon, um, which are linked below, or you can find those on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com, which is also linked below. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show. And thank you to everyone who watches the rewind. We greatly appreciate all of your support. We love you guys. You're great. Uh, you can check out Jamie Bellucci, who did the music for all of the all of the musical themes you've heard here tonight. All the musical themes we have on all of our shows. That's him. Jamie Bellucci underscore Wreck of Time. Is his thing. Is his, his new album is out, right? Yeah, it's out. His album, Wreck of Time. The Wreck of Time band and his album is from Sand Part Two. Check it out. Yeah, they're still they're still releasing music videos, but the album is out. Hell yeah! And you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, on iTunes or Facebook.com/slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Mike Matola, who's done some wonderful collaborations with us, we we love Mike Matola. And uh, uh, he just finished a mummy print. Hint hint. <laughs> um, and did some of our logos for us. We mm-hmm. love that man. You can find him on Instagram and TikTok at Mike Matola. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast. Fickneryguys at gmail.com. If you like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for uh, Screen Rant, Atomic Geekdom, which got a couple of things linked below if you want to check out, and kaijuramamedia.com, who we, we just put up a, a review for Shin Ultraman. Spoiler free. Want to check that out, Ben? You can find me on the internet at Ben Magnet 27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and you can also find me right for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. Sparks, you can find me having a happy Halloween at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Ryan, I only got three words for y'all it's spooky, it's scary, and it's skeletons. At DJ Tony Snark 616 everywhere all the time. All at once. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to our channel. And until next time we see us, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs>